Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 154 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Murdoch. Spend all your money, Petrovic, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And of course, I got my two American imposters by my side. First up, we have the man who self-diagnoses himself by reading online medical journals. Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP. And last up, we have the little boy who takes the fun out of doing Facebook live streams by making people watch him gas up his Jeep and eating tacos before he goes to the fucking dentist. Dreamcast Wannabe 96, a.k.a. Jeremy the Patreon Obsessor. What's going on, guys? You have, you, ha- you have been – no, first of all, nobody's interested. Second of all, you have been full-blown Patreon these days. You've kind of taken it over. <coughs> For you, once, something I could do. You know, to be honest, it's actually – I mean the irony is too thick that we have the Jew dealing with all the money and stuff. It it is pretty (laughs) ironic, but at least he's good at it and he actually, you know, stays on top of things. I mean, he updates that Google Patreon page like instantly, which is great. So if I need to go check to pretty fast, because I can't remember my movies. Yeah, because remember, I would always like, JP, can you up? Can you fucking update the damn page? I don't know what the hell I'm reviewing, but I look today and (laughs) I have like nine movies on there. I'm like, shit. Yeah. So I'm like making out a plan because I always have to map out my week. Well, I wouldn't even have it. I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even have asked anybody for another couple days (laughs) till like the third. (laughs) So but I'm like links for everybody. I got everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all have our role like you. You one of the other things that you do that is helpful is like whenever we get movies that are like not on dvd or like hard to find you kind of find them and get them to us which i appreciate because i hate searching Mm -hmm. and um or if like you have it you rip it and then why are you looking at your armpit hair what's going on here sorry (laughs) that's just so weird (laughs) got a skin tag i forgot is he like oh shit i finally got a couple strands i got i got a skin tag (laughs) did you get your pubes this year Yep, and my Sports Illustrated football phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. nice, man. Nice. I had, the um, fo- I had the football one. No shit. Yeah, that is uh Range Roll 2 reference. reference. Range Roll 2. Uh, no, I legitimately actually had the football phone. <laughs> That's joking. pretty cool. Yeah. I had a Guess what I got, Gwen? Sports Illustrated football phone. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and the football phone. It only lasted like it was cheap. It was really cheap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we each have our kind of role that at first in the early days, you didn't do shit. Yep. You didn't even watch the movie sometimes. Yeah, he even complained yeah. about even showing up to the show. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? It's your only yeah. role. Remember I that? Used, Remember how I used to always tell people that Jeremy loves having a popular podcast, but doesn't actually like podcasting. Yeah. True. I think, we, true. I think we confirmed that today, actually. You know, we we had a discussion. I'm not going to say. Oh my god! Nobody got heated. Nobody nobody got heated. Nobody got heated, or nobody was being an asshole or a dick. I was sweating. Whatever you didn't get heated. Whatever you weren't an asshole. I know. It it was. Yeah, it wasn't you. I was sitting here. So I was drenched in sweat. I was so mad. So we're literally having a discussion about Jeremy and his movie watching, and it all stems from the fact that here on the 22 shots, when we do these top 10 episodes. We kind of we overachieve on them. We like to watch and we as many. promise that we're gonna do we're gonna be the best at it. 
that's that's one thing that we stand but by. But according the to them, I'm clearly not the best at them, even though every time I've been prepared with a list and I was able to talk about every other movie. Let's no, tell the story you. from the beginning. So, yeah, we're talking about that. And Jeremy mentions that he will watch. He will probably come with 20 like he normally does. I was like, that's way too low for this show. I was like, this one is going to be more diverse than than the, any of the previous ones probably because 1982 you look at that year you're like okay i can see the probably the 10 that are going to be That's the most true. popular films i thought so from the beginning and and if you look a lot a lot of crossover in that show same thing with 96 and same thing with that was not 96 76 but this year looking at it it is very diverse in like the amount of films that could because there's not very many top heavy films and there's a ton of like middle ground films that could hit like three through ten like there's like 30 variations to that um so i was saying 20 dude 20 listen we have six months to prepare for this six six months i just have a hard time with the number because if you're gonna watch 20 films and 10 of them are gonna make your top 10 is it like is that like a real true top 10 list, you know? I'd like to no, explore not. a little bit more films. So how's and- it different than me watching 25 or 30? It's not. That sucked too. We just didn't harp on it. How does it much. suck when I was able to talk about every other film that was on everybody else's list? I, first of all, I don't – you keep saying that. I don't believe that was true. You saw every true. single movie that was on all, all, all yes. the lists for 82. Yes. You watched Superstition. Whose list was on Superstition? Moods Let me see. 86. Pro- proved wrong already. Boom! You just got... Wait, I wasn't, on, I wasn't on 86. 82. You just no, said 86. No, that, that was 86. Uh, was it 86? Yeah. But I'm, but I'm positive there was definitely films. But I'm I think, sure but I think there... The, but I think the point Please. is, with a year like 1972, I think there's a lot of diverse films, whether they be... Um, Italian. I mean, there's there's films for everybody on this, and I think watching, you know, a fair amount. You don't have to go overboard like Brandon does and watch like 150 movies, but I think watching a you know a decent amount and making a list from there. I mean, don't you agree though, Jeremy? You think that you know there's a chance of if you watch say 50 movies that your list that could it, be that your list could be different from watching 20. I mean, it's simple yeah, mathematics. Yeah, but fine. I'll watch more. I'll watch more than 20. But, but, I, you say, but I the whole gonna... reason that conversation started is because you said you were watching 20. But yeah. I want you know. <sighs> so the whole point of the conversation was so, this is what it turned into was Jeremy's not putting in the effort for watching, you know, for prepping for a show. Because this is what we, and this, he, is, the, and this is our whole idea. I mean, if you have six months to prepare is... for a show, you know, you technically should be watching, you know, more than 20. I'm not going to put a round bringing number up on the it. fact. Listen, here's what annoys me. He keeps bringing up the fact, well, you've only watched six so far. You've only watched nine so far. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not the one that saying that I'm going to only watch 20. I'm saying I'm going to hit 50. So it doesn't matter when I watch them, but you're the one that's saying you can't watch them now because you have three Patreon reviews each week and three main featured reviews each week. So you only like watching one film a day. You can never go more than one film a day, according to your logic, which even though I know that some days you can watch three. But see, the problem is with this logic, Jeremy, is that we you, I, I think sometimes you forget that we also have those movies to watch, too. Yeah, but you 
you like watching that many those many movies. He and, does. I don't really, but I can do it when I need to. But that's not the main argument. The main argument is that you had six months and you didn't have all those. Uh, but movies. I had six months or four months before, and I was absolutely fine. So why don't you give me my two months and I'll prove you wrong and I'll because watch my said thirty you were movies only and watch be done 20. with that. Okay, so I'll watch should, more and be done I, with it. I think I think you should push for like forty, honestly. How am I going to watch 40 fucking movies in two months? <laughs> in six, in all the other months. shit we're going to watch. In six months. It's but it's not six now. months now. It's not six months now, but I'm saying, why do you do this every time if you're going to, if you if you don't think you're going to be I able to watch? I hate these shows. I hate the what, top but dude, shows. What is six movies a month? Seriously. I don't know how you can six hate the top Six movies a month movie. and you have like 30 right there. Wait, what moods? The top 10 shows are so much fun. They are so much fun. I just don't like the prep to them. But but that's that's kind of that's most of the fun for these for these shows, in my opinion, because it it makes you find all these interesting movies you never thought you would see. Yeah, and you know, and sometimes you discover some. It would be fine if we didn't have to do all these films every week. That was. But here's the thing: you don't have to do them every week. You just wait till the week when we're the. When we're so busy, and then you're like, I can't watch an extra movie because, but you don't realize that you just had a week off of doing nothing, or you know, two a month yeah, off. Yeah, and I watched my nothing. one movie. Hey man, he's been doing a it. lot of Facebook live streaming. Yeah, you know what, motherfucker? Let's see you do it. At least I'm. And when you're with off, fans. I understand when you're working sixteen-hour shifts. Dude, I don't away got time to do the live movie. streams on Facebook. But Bullshit, unless, you drive home from work. You could turn it on. Dude, I, so, I you have so much free time without a job, dude. I like live. I know when you have work, you're not going to be watching movies, but you have so much free time. So let's say I go on, I get a job on that Candyman movie. I'm not going to be able to do this shit. Like, yeah, but you you didn't have a job on it for the past three months. Uh, yeah. That's why we set them true. six I, I months have... ahead of time. If we were going to only prep for two months, we would set them every two months. Which was going to say something before. Yeah, sorry, Mitz. Well, me driving home from work would be a really pointless live stream because it takes me, I think, three and a half minutes from work to home. Oh. <laughs> so that would be pointless. That's, that's the only time I turn it but on I think, but I'm I driving think... from work or driving home from work. Or... So basically my whole my whole point of you know me being in the conversation was watching more films just allows you to make – the list that you could completely be happy with. I'm not saying you can't be happy with making, you know, a top 10 list out of 20 films. I'm just saying, if you watch a little bit more, you, you give yourself, but you that watch all the ch- shitty films. I don't watch all the shitty. I've been, films, so yeah, but even I, I, I avoid most of the shitty films too. Yeah. But you have to, but remember I still though, end up with like 40 or 50, but you have to remember though, too. I've seen probably 90% of the films that everyone's going to watch and prep for these things. Maybe maybe even more than that. So I'm trying to watch some of the shit I haven't. That's why I end up watching the shitty films. I mean, I might yeah, as well prep out. because most likely if he hasn't heard of it or seen it, it's probably going to be shitty. But every once in a while, he probably finds one that isn't. Yeah, there's been some yeah, cases, man. Remember in 96? He watches all them, and then I find the ones that are good, and that's the ones I watch. You know, That's even, what I do, too. I just do it on a larger scale because I'm not lazy. Even if you watch, like, five or six shitty ones and you I'm find that lazy. one that's I just don't enjoy lazy. doing it I just don't like doing it yeah it doesn't I make me lazy if you had no interest in doing something you wouldn't want to do it either listen I understand that you don't 
like watching a bunch of films in a row. But my point is, is that you can, if you space it out properly, you wouldn't have to. That's my point about you being lazy. You wait till the last minute and then you can only squeeze in this amount and you're stressed while doing it. And that's my point. Space them out. Start when you we haven't been spacing the them out, but I don't get like you. That's my argument. I don't care if I have to watch 30 films in a month to, to get my numbers because I enjoy doing that sometimes. Yeah, it's a little it can be a little bit much. It's like, fuck, I gotta watch all these movies. But can you just say last year you weren't going to do that. Yeah. Well, you're going to do it, so you're no different than me, motherfucker. <laughs> I am different than you because I hit higher numbers than you. But you're not changing your ways of what you said you weren't going to do last year. But I'm also not bitching about it. You will be bitching about it when the show and, comes and, around. And you guys don't got to gotta, you know, nudge me into actually watching the movies. Like I'll you, do them on my own. I do them every time. and I, hit, I do do like, them all the time. The you last hit, two, I've you always 40 or 50 movies. numbers? No, but I have my movies watched... You had twenty fucking four movies watched. Wow, congratulations! You yep, watched and guess what? Every single one was on other people's movies. list. So what was the point of now, watching the other I don't believe ones? you. First, of okay, all. go back and look at the list. I think fucking I, Christian only had twenty. You motherfucker. Yeah, but Christian is not a fucking host on this show. But he they knew had about six it. Six months of prep on this show. But He's he not knew a host about it. This, but why would we expect? You know. It's like, why would we expect another fucking? So why does Brandon yeah, do a hundred movies? Because Brandon's time? insane. Well, but because Brandon wants—he's an exception. Wants to do he's it. not the role. Brandon wants, he wants to do to... it. We don't expect anybody to over prep on these shows. Brandon just wants to be like us, like everyone else. They're—they're they're just supposed to be here to make the show more fun. <laughs> We're supposed to be the ones that are really looking at the year and being the best at it. I got Jordy over here in fucking Finish Land or whatever. I'm looking at him. He's on 28 1998 movies already. And that year sucks. Good luck even finding 50 1998 movies to watch. And you're over here on this show saying you're going to do 20 for 72 in six months. What is that average? Like one every two weeks or something? I will be over 20 for fuck's so sake. No, I'll hit 30. Okay. I think the moral of the story here is, is that we all have different means of prep. My motivation is to find that fucking, you know, a gem that I haven't seen from that year. Take 96, for instance. Now, I know we, Jeremy. I did find a gem. I found lipstick. I find the gems. Well, there I you go. I, see, see, that was that was good for 76. Because JP sure showed me I to told watch you. it. I know in 96 exactly. you didn't do the show, but I found the thesis film. And that was fucking worth it, you know? And also another one, Piano Man. Those are two films that... You know, I had never seen before, and I found and they both one that really list. fucking almost made my list called uh, "Reindeer Games," which was really weird, but I really liked it. It's like a Christmas one, also called "A Girl in the Basement." Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> but um, I think that you should just put a little bit more effort in in the six months because you have six months. That was my argument, and you got really butthurt about it. I did get butthurt about it because I've been ready every other time. So, well, I'm, ready just, I'm just saying, why as, as why don't you, dude, any, if, you, if you see 10 films, you're ready. So, d- just That's saying, not you're true. Ready is, that isn't how? true. But, Jeremy, you're we ready pride... if you could talk about every other film on every other's list. But when we, we pride ourselves on, you know, 
the way we do things here. You know, over prepping, a lot of people would say. But we're proud of that. And when you're yeah. under prepping, you're undermining the show's integrity. Boom. Well, that's you're why our Patreon is fucking exploding because I'm, I'm we... just going to say, doesn't it, doesn't this, it's a little bit under, it's a little bit Get uneven. Get it exploding. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a little bit uneven. I, I'm not trying to like, you know, be a dick or anything, but it's a little bit uneven if, you know, if I have 100 films watched, JP has 50 and you have 20. Does, everyone's yeah, going to look 20. at that and go like, what the fuck, dude? You made a top 10 list out of 20 Here, movies? Here's the thing. You Just should at same. least have more than whatever Carly comes up with. But Carly doesn't have another show where she has to watch all these films. So what? She's still watching more films every day than you. Look yeah. at her letterbox. But doesn't She's Carly do a couple other shows? She does, you know, the, well, I guess Netflix and shows one movie, but what's the other show that she does? Shit. Uh, the show with Austin is like two movies. But yeah. here, and she she's been guesting a lot on like Mike Merriman's show and shit like that. But I'm saying she's watching more movies than you in general. She's so watching more than seven movies a week. Yeah, she's she's okay. she has the same amount as me right now. I think like three under. Yeah, because you guys watch everything together. No, we don't actually. <laughs> At all, <laughs> we, I think we watch maybe like you know the ones we go see in the theater. And then I think probably like besides that, like maybe four movies this year, five. <clears throat> I'll be ready. We fucking move on now. Thanks. Okay, but I'm just saying, listeners, right now, mark my words. If if there is five movies or more that he hasn't seen on list, he will never fucking live it down, and he will need to watch like fifty every other show that we do because of his bet against. Uh, saying that he'll I never be bet you. He'll, you're saying you'll be ready. I'll that's be ready. Okay, so you're gonna see at your every film that's on the list. You're gonna have seen, or if I can find least, it, yeah. Or at least everyone that moods and you and Carly and Brandon have rated above a seven point five average. Yeah, I'll see them all. There's no way you didn't even see that for the other shows. I didn't even uh, see that. Dude, you know what is crazy? Like, I have, I don't know, 27, I know 28 have, watch for 72. I have them all downloaded on my computer right now. It's because I haven't been watching a lot of shitty movies, so all my ratings seem super high right now. <laughs> but, yeah. And there's old, some that you give eights that Carly gives fours. So average that out, but I'll believe your word, so I'll watch it. A four? Yep. Yeah. I, I saw some of like Carly's what? Ra- ra- ratings were pretty weird. Uh, the one with the Satan... Uh... I'll have to find it. Give me I think a Brandon actually mentioned that too. He's like, Carly has really low ratings on her movies. I got to find it. But yeah. Uh, but I mean. Try and stall for a minute. I like how you don't get nearly as mad when we're on Skype. We just uh, said the same stuff. Because you're a dick. You no, didn't. You saying, don't trust me to do fucking the work, and I'll do the work. I don't so trust I you sh- when you say I'm gonna watch twenty movies. Yes, to me that's like bullshit, and I'm like, yeah, that's a fail. That's what you said. <laughs> it's not that I don't even, like. I I feel like you would you can do it. Listen, but- here's here's the example, moods. Right, last week when we were on the show, right, we asked how many movies did you watch for seventy two. He said zero. Yeah, but what no, happened no. within the next week? He has three watched now. 
Yeah, because is that not because we motivated him? No, because I know that it's starting to come up. How many more weeks would you have waited before you started? I would have started on Saturday because I know it's two months away and I'm going to get fucking bitched at if I don't watch the movies. So that's why I watch the movies. But and guess what? I'm getting bitched at. So my prediction was right. The hardest problem wrapping my head around here. You say over and over again that. You know, you don't like to watch that many movies. You don't get nope. enjoyment. I mean, you're on a podcast that reviews fucking movies. Not fucking, yeah. not fucking movies, but you Do you know, think I enjoy movies? Do you think I enjoy watching uh, Night of the Dribbler and They Don't Cut the Grass Anymore? Or, <laughs> you do that to yourself. <laughs> or, you got Night of the Dribbler? <laughs> or, uh, or Solo. You really think I want to watch Solo? Uh, you do that to yourself, though. We've already talked about that. I'm actually quite times. surprised somebody hasn't Patreon that to me. I've had that movie in my collection for years, and I still haven't watched it. Isn't that weird? Oh, you're getting it next month. I got it this April. month. You know, it, it, you know that, that's probably some motivation right there. I just, honestly, dude, I have this weird thing. Hey, hey Jeremy, did you watch Friday the 13th Part 3? Nope. <laughs> Why would I watch Part... That, uh, was on, it that was on my list. Enter the Devil. Moods gave it a 7, and Carly gave it a 4. That was on my list. There you go. That yeah. was the one. Yeah, so. four, four is pretty damn low for Enter the Devil. Super, wait, Superstition was 82, you fucking liar. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say Carly probably watched a really shit transfer of it. So that's two that you didn't see. You fucking liar. <laughs> Man, you fucking like liar. 20 minutes of fucking Jeremy. Bench. You lied. Why are you lying? You're like fucking the family in our featured review. You fucking liar. No, I just I don't murder a little boy, so. But you lied. Why is she watching all these Master of Horror movies? She bought them recently. Oh. Okay. Fucking liar. Look at this fucking liar. All right, man. I fucking lie. Go fucking suck a dick. Did you lie? Oh, yeah. You should see the new uh, uh, biography that Jason Price wrote. <laughs> This is a fucking commentary on the Facebook page right now. Yeah, Don't it's a read. brand. It's it's a brand new novel called The Man Who Can Write Something. Is it chapter two? Is it chapter yeah, two? it's chapter two. The Man Who Writes Something in Eight Paragraphs That Could Be Answered in Two Words yeah. by Jason Price. Chapter <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, shit, that's funny as hell. Um, but yeah, so. Getting back to the actual show here, uh, episode 154, it's a dub, dub, dub show. We haven't done one of these in, I don't know. Re- five, I want to say. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done one of these. I feel like it's been probably like 30 episodes at least. I feel like it was, it's been 30 at least. Dude, it's been, it's been a grip, I think. Yeah, it's, you know, we generally... It's been a grip? What the fuck does that mean? It has been, actually, man. Can't you say it's been a while? We do. Why do to say it's been a grip? What the fuck does that mean? I you know think... what, do you know what slang is? Yeah, but I've never heard the slang is, Dude, it's been a grip. 45 minutes out of Chicago in a white suburb. A really nice white suburb. Probably like an hour outside of Chicago, really. Yeah. It's actually not a really nice white suburb compared to where I used to live. <laughs> but, yeah, but that one's still pretty white it's nice. fancy. Yeah. Sure. But, but anyways. Still um, a little bit nail 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 nail. In some parts. Yeah, so I feel like it's been a while. I mean, <laughs> we we actually have done more top ten shows and franchise shows and in between a dub 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 show. 
this is volume six. Our last one was one twenty eight. Oh, so I, I was pretty close. That's almost thirty episodes. Yeah, that was that was twenty six episodes. That's pretty close. That was just a random guess because I have no idea of twenty two shot trivia. You could ask me anything, I wouldn't. Yeah, you're not like Derek. No, I'm bad. I'm bad. Who knows what episode trivia. I rub my Listen, ass on? I, I I still want to do that. I have somebody who w- wants to participate in that. It's me, you, and Jeremy versus Derek <laughs> in twenty two uh, shots trivia. See, Derek Derek's impossible to beat at trivia because he actually like retains everything that's how his brain works like he has i want questions like what was our first og versus remake first og versus remake would be my bloody black christmas Black because we've actually never done that (laughs) that's not even an episode thought we did black christmas my bloody valentine never done an og versus remake did we do black christmas We've, We've never... reviewed Black Christmas, both of them, but on separate shows. Oh, whatever. I was fucking did, did close Did we do enough. an OG-verse remake on My Bloody Valentine? Wasn't that the secret episode? God, we're terrible at our own trivia. No, so the first OG we, the first OG-verse remake planned was what? Oh, Maniac versus Maniac. Yeah. Which, oddly enough, is going to be a show that we're finally doing. I do know that because that was... Yeah, but was, the first the actual four, yeah. OG vs. remake was the Toolbox Murder. But actually, you know why we never ended up doing Maniac vs. Maniac? It's UFC. Because of fucking JP and his UFC obsession. So we actually, we basically well, I did bought two... a pay- $60 pay-per-view. We, we had technical issues that lasted two hours before we could start recording. Yeah. And I needed to be gone. So Yeah, so we basically yeah. recorded two-thirds of a show. It was like our shortest episode to date. And it was, it's not even a titled episode. It's just like when a the podcast. When the fuck is this? It's like So podcast. can I ask you what episode it was? <laughs> episode just... four or three. Correct. See, you would get us four. a point in trivia right now. Because, yeah, but... yeah you're right. But there's it's not too much. Four. But I, I will literally throw out some random shit. I'll be like, Derek. I don't I, remember that. I will do this. I'll be like, Derek, did I review this movie on the podcast? And he'll be like, yeah, you reviewed that on episode 68 and you gave it 9 out of 10. I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Like, it's one thing to remember the rating, but the episode and everything. I'm like, God, damn, like, I, it's the quickest way to find out information. Like, what, what episode? What, incredible. Director, what director had four different titled episodes? Eli Roth? Uh, Argento? Argento. Really? It's not Argento? We've only done three Argento spotlights. Four episodes. Or have we done four now? We've done four. Okay, so then there would be two people. The other one was Jorg Berkerite. We've done oh, four. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, they're foreign directors, man. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, let me come up with one more. Right. <laughs> I got half that right anyways. That was impressive. Which episode featured our first guest? Which episode? Dude, I don't even remember who the guest was. <laughs> Children Double of the Corn. Children of the Corn. Kyle. Episode right. number. Kyle, that's, that's good enough. Kyle, was our, fir- Kyle was our first guest? 
Yeah. Holy. Is that right? See, I would have never even thought that. Like, I would have assumed that Kyle. And it wasn't until episode 56, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, see, that was when Kyle was cool and before his pants got no, so wasn't. tight. His he pants got so tight. The whole episode. All he did was say, uh. Yeah, his uh, pants got so fucking tight it cut off the circulation to his fucking brain. Eh, he sucked that episode too. He didn't say jack shit. I honestly don't remember. I, all I remember is that episode was oh, long. He, yeah, that, was long. no, that episode was epic. <laughs> it was long. That it was, was like one of the epic, most hours. epic episodes. I mean, up to that point in the show, that was definitely our longest episode by. F- I mean, it's like ten movies, right? So nine. Was it nine? Nine or whatever. Yeah. What Four was our hours. season one finale? Season one finale. Uh, that uh, would be wait let me think night of the demons no nah, that was too season one finale sleepaway camp uh mr jones no nope, it was sleepaway camp it's was close. it really sleepaway camp what was the what was the first episode to feature only two of us Oh, dude, I know, what, I know what it is, too. Everyone up to episode 72? <laughs> or, nope. or 60, every episode up to 67, where I left? Uh, that would be... It's the, I know, I can't think of what the movie's called. I know what it is, man. It's, uh... Oh, it's the, the Squad. I wasn't on the Squad episode. Nope, it's Mr. Jones. Damn. Which one was it? Uh, Mr. Jones. That wasn't on the squad. That was the first episode you hosted, I think. And then it was always you. (laughs) What what episode was Mr. Jones? 21. Wow. Yeah, that movie sucked. (laughs) That was directed by Mark Jones, right? Or whoever did. Name, name one of the two directors who have had spotlights, had more than one spotlight that wasn't included in Italian Month. Uh, that would be Adam Green in the Hatchet trilogy, and then we did Victor Crowley on one episode. That's that doesn't count. Episode. As it be a director spotlight? Yep. Director spotlight. Oh, man. E- I don't know. I don't know. I know Eli Roth. We did two. Yep. That was one of them. Oh, okay. What's the other one? Uh... <laughs> Frank Hennenlotter. Oh, Hennenlotter. <laughs> totally. I wasn't on that episode. Totally. I wasn't even thinking Hennenlotter. Yeah, but I... Yep. Episode 77 and 78. Frank Hennenlotter specials. That was that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. When I think back to the days of just me and you here, that was one of my funner two episodes. Yeah, Those were fun. fucking stroll down twenty two shots trivia lane, and we would be losing by Derek by a hundred to seven. Right oh, now. he would have had all his answers right away. Fuck. Here's a question: Who brilliant. has guessed it most besides Derek? Unlike this top tens count. Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon. Has to be Brandon. Is it is it Brandon? Yeah, it would have to be, right? I would yeah, I would assume. O two ninety six eighty six eighty two seventy six. That's five. Plus he did I know one of the Italian months with us. He did the he did a Falchi episode, because remember? He's like 
Fauci's in this bad movie? worm placement. Yeah. You know what? I love the fucking <laughs> funny two shots of moods and horror episode 73 thumbnail. That might be the best thumbnail ever. The Valentine day thumbnail. That's just yeah, that's funny as fuck. That's, no, that's when you cross my name out. <laughs> yeah. Cause you were off the show. That's, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> that shit's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Kyle, I don't know though. Kyle was on a lot of episodes. Yeah, he was on see, Howling. See, but we were discussing this he was not on too Children long of ago, the Corn. and I was like, Kyle was on that many episodes. I don't even Tales remember doing Halloween. shows. See, I don't remember him being on Tales from the Hall- Halloween. Uh, probably stung. That sounds like Matt was Ilsa, on that episode. <laughs> Howling. Man, and so, then I think Redson Tat was he on Redson? I thought he was. Somebody was on that one, I believe. I think Kyle might have been on six episodes, plus that other one that he was on recently. And it's funny he but, might he might have the record besides Derek. Well, Brandon's coming. He's going to be doing well. He's definitely going to be the leader in that one. I mean, Jeremy has guessed it on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bam. Can't you give me credit one, that I've been way better this time 100 to like around. 154 he's been. <laughs> Can't you say that JF2 era was better than the JF1 era? I'm waiting for the fucking better JF3 era. When's that start? Oh, come on, man. I've given 110% every time since yeah, I've come back. Came yeah, back. you definitely came back. You definitely came back films. a different person. I would... I. In my yeah, but before I wouldn't even watch twenty films, nor would I watch eleven Hellraiser films, thirteen Puppet Master Dude, films. You didn't even watch all the main Dude, reviews. You watch one film called Beneath on the I episode. Know. It's called Beneath. He didn't even watch Torture Chamber. There was lots of episodes you didn't watch the fucking movie. I know. Well, my, you know Talk one of about my ruining the show's the integrity. Episode, <laughs> one of my favorite movies we ever did on this show that I did not expect to like. He didn't even watch, and it was The Doctor and the Devils from 1985, episode 35. That was one of my favorite episodes, like, featured reviews. Like, did I actually watch the movie and was just, like, super into it? Yeah, and you know know what's kind of ironic about that? Is that Jeremy probably would have liked that movie. Yeah. Hey, you should have done it now. Maybe not. He doesn't like period pieces that much. Nice fart movie. Oh, maybe. Oh, it's the chair. It's all fucked up. Hey, but I care now. I've watched all the franchises, everything, and I've cared. So fuck you guys. The effort has been, I wouldn't say maximized, but, but it's there. It's there. Talk a lot more. All right. Well, I kind of yeah, have to. Let's, uh, let's fucking move this, uh, this show dub, along dub, here. Dub. No. No. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's get into <laughs> JP, let's get into some news. I haven't actually paid attention at all this week, so as well, usual, everything will be a surprise to me. But JP, the news. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! 
live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. All right. First up, um, back in October, AMC had a TV series um, called History of Horror with Eli Roth. That is now on Shutter. But not only is that on Shutter, but Shutter released all of the interviews um, that Eli Roth conducted in audio form in form of podcasts um, called Eli Roth's History of Horror Uncut. Uh, the first episode being a like 40-minute interview with Stephen King. Uh, so that's really cool, actually, that they – Shudder thinking outside the box. Like what You would never get that, right? You would never get a TV network or anything like being like, oh, look, here's all this extra content. Let's use this in uh, a cool way. You know AMC owns Shudder? Yeah. Oh, okay. So what are you saying? I'm just I didn't I didn't know if you said that or not. I was kind of spacing out. I didn't say that, but I, I thought it was common knowledge. Okay. Um but yeah, so uh Eli Roth's History of Horror. I really I watched like the first like couple episodes. I really loved it, dude. I, I thought people were bitching too much that it wasn't like, oh, I didn't learn anything that new. It's like who cares? Like what I like about it isn't necessarily learning stuff. It's hearing people involved or not involved talk and explain why something is great. Because frankly, they do it better than any of you fuckers can. And it's more interesting hearing it from them. So fuck off, you haters. Because uh, I actually really like the fucking show. It was pretty good. I liked it. I watched it all. I have no. I haven't seen it yet, so I got. I got. No it's on Shutter. Check it out. Like you're not gonna learn anything. Yeah, it's like the Giallo doc. You're not gonna learn anything. Yeah, but, colors of the Giallos. Yeah, that was. Like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed that documentary, but you know, it's it's definitely a documentary for people that want to get into. You know the what genre. documentary I was super disappointed with? Mm. That fucking Hellraiser one and two documentary. Really? That oh, shit dragged yeah. for so long. It's so fucking long and it's, I don't know. I didn't find it that interesting. I liked it. What, Leviathan? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It's okay. How could you have a documentary without Clive Barker or the main Is Clive Barker not part of that documentary? Nope. nope. Not sure? one inter- not one interview with Clive Barker. No, but they show archive footage and stuff though, don't they? Okay, but you still would if you have a five-hour documentary about fucking Hellraiser. Shouldn't you have Clive Barker talking about Hellraiser? Well, maybe Clive Barker didn't want to participate. Yeah, because it isn't very good. <laughs> I thought. It was well, good. that doesn't make any. Sense. How does he know? I learned a be... lot from that. I remember. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, it's been a while since um, I checked it out. But... All right. Uh, next up here, Warner Brothers pushed some dates. Uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong is now going to be in March instead of May of 2020. Um, so they moved it up a little bit by two months. And then Annabelle was going to be July, and they moved it to June 28th, so like one week earlier, Annabelle 3. So Going back to the Warrens with that one. Yeah. Wow. After that? We have uh, a announcement that John Krasinski will officially be directing A Quiet Place 2. At first, he wasn't; he didn't want to direct it. And then after he started writing it, he was like, yeah, I actually kind of like this. And he decided that he wants to direct it. 
and Emily Blunt's going to be in it, so that's good. I think they signed the two kids, too, so it seems like the entire cast is going to be back, so that's good. Damn it. What? I wanted to, hopefully they just die right at the beginning. That's (laughs) that's how I wanted it to end. Um, What, them all coming back? Hope he strays away from fucking childbirth in this one. Yep. Dude. (laughs) Oh my god! I heard. It, I was listening to a podcast and they explained it so well why it makes sense. It, but man, I haven't heard anyone say this makes sense. It just does it, to me, it man. Doesn't, it just doesn't. Not, not given the situation you're in, dude. D- didn't people always have children in shitty situations? Yeah, but they were allowed to make noise. <laughs> what about when they're like in caves hiding from like saber toothed tigers and shit? <sighs> Dude, saber tooth tigers saber doesn't tooth hear everything. <laughs> they don't hear everything. <laughs> That's a little bit different. What about in like Nazi Germany? At, at, like Jews hiding in like basements. They had kids. I read stories. Yeah, I'm Not sure. Me. That, I'm sure they did, but they didn't have to be fucking deathly quiet. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they had to be quiet, but not that fucking quiet. Like you couldn't even you couldn't even drop a pin. You couldn't even do this. If I'm a Nazi patrolling outside in a neighborhood and I start hearing babies crying in a house that I know doesn't have any babies, I'm gonna capture some Jews. <laughs> Fuck six. That's so wrong. I'll let you go. What else? There, there's probably a million situations in history where people have had babies where they definitely should have. I mean, look at it this way. All these goddamn babies that these crack mamas are having, they shouldn't be having them. Yeah, yeah but, but they're not allowed not to make noise. But again, it's the whole noise factor. There's a, You're right. There's a million situations where people probably shouldn't be having babies for show. And... But, and they do. But the... But the, the they, the at difference the end of the is, day, is that they, they shouldn't can make be noise. having babies. But, but the difference do. is they can be they can make noise. I mean, if you can get killed at the drop of a dime. But here's the thing: they figured it. out the noise. They did. They already figured out how to stop the baby from making noise and shit. That wasn't even anything that had to do with their demise. Well, they couldn't write that into the story because that would have been fucking ridiculous. If they ended up getting killed because they had a baby, it would have been like, well, why the fuck are you having a goddamn baby? Exactly. In so a, they in didn't, a silent, they didn't. silent environment. Man. Because they were depressed. And what if they just accidentally did it? You're just never going to have sex again either? Hey, man. They had stairs in that house. They had coat hangers. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> be taken care of. It's no worse than you saying that you would saying, rather be a Nazi trying saying, to find there, the Jews. There is arguments for this. For the quiet place thing, you know, of course, they kind of figured at a moment where they might have been the last people on Earth because they weren't contacting anybody. I get that. Their goal now is to repopulate. Yeah, I would do it. You know, for two reasons. Obviously, because they lost a child and also because, well, they might be last people. We might want to put some more people on here so we can, just in case we come across, we have more people to breed and and create another civilization i get those ideas plus think about it if you really run into trouble right and there's things what's the best way to get out of there throw something noisy at the creatures like a baby yeah i mean it it makes (laughs) yeah like the baby exactly yeah that's that's a perfect decoy 
Um, but I mean, I, I, I always felt like it was just more selfish reasons. I think it was them leaning towards the fact that they had lost a child and they wanted to replace that. I mean, it's, it's natural for parents to do that. Replace them puppies. Yeah. So it happens, right? Like you lose a child, you get over, you don't get over it, but you know, that's what people do. Sometimes they, they have another child and stuff, but given the situation where you got to be super, super quiet, man, I mean, they didn't know at the time, right? When they're pregnant, they didn't know how it worked. Therefore, you're putting yourself in a very compromising position considering a child really doesn't listen or until, you know, they're five or six, when they're old enough to realize they can't make noise, let alone a fucking infant. It's insane mm-hmm. to me. It's it, The idea is insane. I've had this conversation with lots of people and everyone, like, you look Even at it from both. thought it was retarded when she saw it. Like, you hear everyone's <laughs> points and stuff and you can't logically come to the explanation of this is a good idea. Because not only, I mean, I would yeah, rather but nothing. Nothing's really a good idea. Well, the thing is, it puts your whole. It, 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 in theory, it puts your whole existence in jeopardy of having the selfish idea of ha- bringing this newborn into a world where, essentially, that new baby can risk all your lives being taken at any moment. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the the bigger idea here is to survive, not to risk your place in the world. And I think that's what it does. I'm in a situation where I'm presumably one of the last people on earth. My entire existence is revolving around ensuring that the human race survives. Mm. That's what's in my head. See, that's where I, you know, that's the flip side of the coin. You know, it's like, okay, well if we are, but then you cut, you come into the point, like if their family is the last ones on in the world, but they're not, I'm just saying, they're not, say hypothetically they were, you know, and like, and your idea was to have kids and repopulate. It's like, well, that doesn't really work like that because you guys are all immediate family. You can't so? start populating. I mean, you so? can, y- y- you might have some Jeremy's. Isn't there, yeah, no, but isn't there like DNA pr- issues then? Well, that's what I'm saying. Isn't there like incest DNA problems? Yeah, it sucks. But how do you think that it started? Yeah, but I mean... You know, you got four or five people. I mean, you don't want to start a civilization like that with. I don't want to be rude or anything, but I mean, it, mental retardation is that's the end result a lot of the times. Wow. Not every time. Wow. It takes sometimes it takes like, not every time, but it is it is common in inbreeding. So, so that kind of throws that theory out the window. JP knows he's a, a little bit in that topic. I mean, do you risk it? I mean, you're risking two things. Yes, you you're, risk everything. You're risking having a child that can't have the mental capacity to survive. And which, again, if that child is born like that, you're at more of a risk because they, Dude, they, they won't learn. I've, I've literally... I, I, I've See, literally he's an expert. people that are fucking... An I've infant? You can't met, tell I've an infant to stop met, crying, man. I've definitely met people. But... um. No, you can't, but you can lock it in a box where the things can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> like See, they but do it's in like, the movie. I know, but that, that's the after idea. Like, I mean, yeah. when they're pregnant, they, they don't... They planned it out really well. They had nine months to prepare. Yeah, but they also started preparing after they were pregnant, too. They were being selfish. They're like, hey, we need to replace this child that we stupidly left walking fucking 20 meters behind us. 
with a fucking airplane in a fucking situation <laughs> where they can be taken at any second. It's like you can let your kid walk down a busy that's, freeway. That's a high Probably fucking not. Probably that's not. A high are stress you, environment. Are you gonna let your kid to you know try and cross the freeway? Fuck no. Why Probably. would you let the kid walk behind you like that? There's a lot of things a, in the movie. A that high stress environment because you're fucking probably on edge from being hunted. 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the past. But even years. more of a reason to have a close, have that child closer to you. Given the situation, man, that they could be take like, I mean, people, people make mistakes. Kids get eaten. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, man. I don't think you've ever met the reliever. These guys are way better parents than him. <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> All right. Duck duck yeah, in. yeah. Fuck. Moving on here, uh, Escape Room has officially got greenlit for a sequel, coming out in 2020, April 17th of 2020. Uh, Same director. We're supposed to be seeing an Escape Room 2. Escape Room pulled in $118 million worldwide on a Damn. $9 million production budget. That's insane. The movie yeah. was not great. It was good, though. You know, I think I honestly think the movie suffered. I think the movie suffered from being PG thirteen. Clearly, didn't. Yeah. Well, I meant I meant for enjoyability. I I, honestly, the movie was entertaining for what it was. I I liked it. I thought some of the rooms were kind of cool and stuff. But honestly, dude, when people were dying, like it was just so PG, and I was like, oh come on, man! None of the deaths. Really, it's not really that type of movie, though. In a sense, it is because going into it, you know, every room there's going to be one less person that makes it out. That's not true. There was rooms where they all made it out. Yeah, the first couple, because you know that's the way it has to go. You can't. I mean, that's just. I guess that's the way they did it, but. But you know what I'm saying? It got to a point in the film where every room they got to, a person dropped off. And none of the, and none of the deaths were overly that great. Um, yeah, yeah, but I didn't expect there to be Me any neither. deaths. Me neither. I liked it. Just because I knew it was a PG-13 film going in. Yeah. And it's like, I... I well, I did I too. It was I did cool too. Movie. I just think it would have been better if they had a little bit of, well, you know... Whatever. But isn't that always the case, though? Not Can't you always say that? Not with PG-13. Th- I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's obvious, there's obvious cases. Fine. I think there's film, only, think there's only where one there will instance. be a body PG, count. PG-13. Not necessarily. I've rated our film. I mean... There's one there's instance other that comes to do. my mind that... What? Drag me to hell. Yeah. It could, couldn't have been better with the R rating? No, but that's like... That film has a I, level of okay. Okay, Final Girls is my choice. Final Girls, that's different though. Suffered. Any, I said any film that has a body count, you can say would be better as an R. Sure, any film that has a body count. If it's a body count film, it's always going to be better if if it's an R because you can kill people better, and that that's half the fun of body count. Especially, especially, my God, I can't talk. Especially in a movie where you know. Going in, like, that people are going to be getting picked off, but they're not. Are they getting yeah, picked no, off though? It's just, yeah, they or are. It's a, essentially the decisions that are causing them to get picked off. It well, doesn't I, matter. They're still getting picked off. The design is the design is there. Else. The design is there for people to yeah. die. Right. It's the final point destination. Is, it, it essentially is. You know, it's like slasher films. Are the ultimate subgenre. I don't know. Film you know me really with PG thirteen horror films. I don't like them. But I like that one. I you know, like there, there I is honestly, I think, I don't even remember if I did uh, honestly, a top 10 PG-13 list. Honestly, I can't PG-13 even say it list. was good. 
There's lots of PG-13 films that are good that I that I feel don't need to be amped up, you know, and shit. It just depends what type of film they are. Giving a body count film, I think those films just are better as an R. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's ghostly films. There's certain films that are PG, PG PG-13. I like a lot of PG horror films in PG-13, you know, but they're. Are the Insidious films PG? Yeah, they're not body count films. Yeah, those are great. Exactly, they're not body count films. Final Girls is always the film I come back to. That's R though. No, it wasn't. No, it's not. It's PG thirteen, and that one's because it's a. I know it's a. It's a fucking. It's a spoof. It's kind of a satire and slasher genre. Blah blah blah. We know that, but it's still at the end of the day a type of slasher film. You know, I'm not even going to get into the Happy Death Day thing because that's just... The Final Girls or just Final Girls? Final Girls. Brandon's favorite slasher film of all time. The one with Abigail Brenson? It wasn't his favorite. It was like his number 10. Whatever. It's up there. It made his top 10 in the slasher genre. <laughs> it's because of how gay it is. That's why he likes it. I think so, man. It, it, honestly, that shit was shocking as flying fuck. That a grown-ass man... Would like Final Girls that much? Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Brandon. I love you, but come on, dude. That's just it. It, it really was bizarre to me. The Final Girl rated R. R. That's R, the R. Final no, Girl. Dude, this was, is Final Girls. Final, Ab- Final Girls. Abigail Brenson. The one where they get stuck inside the movie. Shit. The one with the dude from like Workaholics. No, the Final Girl, dude. Those are different fucking movies. There's the Final Girl, and then there's Final Girl with Abigail Brenson. Yeah, there's Final Girl. Is the one with Abigail Bronson that Brandon likes, and that one's rated R. No, it's not, dude. Rated R, motherfucker. It's dude, the final girl. The final girls from 2015, starring that fucking what the hell's Abigail it? Brenson, rated R. Says right there, motherfucker. Look on Skype on my screen. Rated well, the R. final girls. You're looking at the fucking wrong movie, you moron. You said 2015. That is from yeah, 2015. The Final Girls from 2015. Directed by Todd Strauss Schulen, or Schulson or whatever his name is. Dude, this was a... You haven't okay. seen this fucking movie? This was yes, like... When this movie I came, haven't. Yeah, okay. This When this movie came out, it was all the rage. Yes, yeah, I know. Everybody was talking about it. All right. But... In those in those specific years, fifteen, there was like three or four movies released with Final Girl, The Final Girl, Final Girl. Fuck, there was so many of them. There was multiple movies with multiple titles like that year. I yeah, remember. I know. There it's were other so the TV sh- the TV show on Fox. It wasn't that the Final Girl, the Final Girls. They got to stop making these movies called that because none of them are good. Yeah, the so- one with uh, Emma Roberts. I mean, this that movie was wasn't course. horrible. I think it was just a prime example of a film that actually probably would have been. I I liked it. I just yeah, I, I didn't mind it either. I thought Brandon some, some gets of it really worked. sucked into like the gay backstory of it, <laughs> like like the, what the like the director's relationship with his mom and making the movie for it was stupid. I don't know, but that's what Brandon likes about it. Yeah, <clears throat> but um. Yeah, the, so the Escape Room, I personally, like, I wouldn't necessarily call it a good horror film. I thought it was fun, and it was cool to look at, but it was kind of stupid. What did you think of the ending? Of, what did you think of the It's stupid. It was super stupid and, and convoluted. Like, 
it, it definitely is super convoluted, but I, I, I said to Dylan right after we watched it, I was like, kind of saw some crazy shit like that going to happen for sure. And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I just kind of figured it was going to be something like that. And they fucking showed it. I was like, what? I was actually quite shocked that they showed it because it just seems like that type of film that you can set up in a different way for a sequel. Right. Oh, they're going to set it up. So I guess we'll see what's going to happen. What was it's, the Candyman news that you uh, uh just that the, they found a uh the actor from uh Aquaman. Is it the typing. guy from Get Out? Well, I have to type motherfucker. Uh Aquaman actor. Oh man. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that shit. Ayu Abdul Mateen 2, the second. I guess it means the second. In talks to star a new Should Candyman film. <laughs> It says I two. I know, but it's the second, right? That's just if you okay. It should be junior. There ain't no second. Isn't isn't talks it's junior than the, the new, third, bitch? Isn't talks to star in the new Candyman film? It was announced last November that Get Out filmmaker Jordan Peele will co-write a sequel to the 1992 horror movie Candyman. The original film starred Tony Todd as a hook wielding supernatural blah blah blah. Uh, Abdul Mateen. The second played Black Manta in Aquaman, and um, yeah, no I thought they were Tony doing Todd. the. Uh, I thought they were ta- talking about doing the guy from Get Out, the like, oh yeah, Greenskeeper or something guy. The studio is touting the upcoming film as a spiritual sequel to the original. Okay, return, down. It will return to the neighborhood where the legend began, the now gentrified <laughs> section of Chicago where the Cabrini Green housing projects once stood, which is true. Nice. So, uh, it's Candyman a- expected to hit theaters on June 12, 2020. Project- production expected to begin next spring. So, it's a sequel. Yeah. Spiritual sequel, which means it's, it's par- partially reboot, probably. Yeah, it's a, that, yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards that, too. So it's not going to be probably like direct, direct sequel, but it's not a remake. Like, cause they, they're acknowledging the Caprini green, all yeah. that. So it'll probably be. So it's the same story. But Jeremy just set was in a bitching about, yeah. Jeremy was bitching about something. What was your problem with this? What the fuck is this? Jesus. That there's no Tony Todd. You wanted Tony Todd to play Candyman? No, I think that that's probably not the best idea if you're trying to reboot a franchise to have your main villain play the same fucking character. I never said that that was a good idea. I'm just kind of pissed that they're probably not going to include him in it. Well, I really hope they give him another role in the film, but I don't think that he should play Candyman right now. Because no, here's the thing about t- Candyman. Tony, Tony Todd is too old to play. I mean, honestly, I think it works better as you know given, given the backstory but given so. the backstory of Candyman and stuff i think it works better Candyman is a tortured soul as a young handsome man Can- Candyman is a tortured soul who is trapped in the essence of when he was killed so having an old man version of that doesn't make sense for the story exactly that's exactly what i just alluded to He's got to be I never was. Com- I never bitched about it. No, w- 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 but we're talking to the listeners too. Oh yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, so that's why I'm fine with having Tony Todd not play Candyman because that's not what Candyman. It like Candyman doesn't age. He's a ghost essentially. Yeah. Uh, 
Like, it would be different. Like, I could see Freddy Krueger being played by Robert England still because he's behind all kind of makeup and, like, you know, it doesn't really matter if he's older because his burns are, you know, I, I don't think it would matter as much. Um, or, like, Jason or something. But, like, Candyman is, like... His backstory, he's, tra- he's you know, his life ended as a young man. Yeah. Right? So, he's yeah. got to stay young. Can't be old. I don't know. I, I am I, so down with the Jordan Peele Candyman, though. Super down with I, it. You know, honestly, man, I want to see us. Me too. You know, I want to see how he does. Because Get Out was really good. It's a good film. You know, I want to see what he does on his uh, on his sophomore effort. effort yeah. You know, but the Candyman, he's not directing. He's says co-writing. Co-writing, actually, yeah. So, but, I, I mean, I... I have faith in I think I have faith in his writing more than his directing because I think the best part of Get Out was the writing. You know, it was directed well too, but I'm I'm am very curious to see what he does with us because that'll be the true in my opinion, you know, like where do we stand with Jordan Peele is was it a lightning in a bottle situation or is he really on that level? Um so yeah, us is very important film for for him. Uh, but I think that I'm just going to take a guess here. I think that Jordan Peele may do a Children of the Corn film one day in some capacity. Just call it a hunch. Where does oh, this hunch come from? Derek's going to remember this. I can't now. tell you, but I just have. So from your butthole? Nope. I just have a feeling. Failing. Okay, that's very strange. <laughs> so uh, I, the only other thing that I could think of was uh, last week. Did we talk about this? That um, Blumhouse was potentially talking about yes. doing a Scream Five. Oh, not that. No, about. no, we definitely didn't talk oh. about and, that. Or and or a Hellraiser reboot. Oh. <sighs> Don't do Hellraiser. Yes, absolutely do Hellraiser. Why? What's wrong with the way they were going? The well, last first one was, of all, the last one was gonna, it was decent. They're not going to continue. No, I mean if they're going to pick that up, man, they're going to they're going to have their own vision, and you you got to do your own thing for sure. That got. I mean, dude, that that thing was hobbled together just like the one before it. But then yeah, again, it was good though. But then again, you know, I mean, you know, you could say. I can see the reboot in the Hellraiser franchise, but why the Scream Five? Why not? Is that? I, I said the, sa- I said Scream, the same thing. Scream I did five. say the same thing. That's I did funny. say the same thing. Think about the culture right now, the horror culture, like all the like pretentious art housey stuff, and all like the. Uh, so you know, so let me it, guess. So 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 let me take a stab here. <laughs> stab, get it? Scream. Um, God, that was Good really one. bad. That was really fucking. I, that, that was totally by accident. I'm not really that clever. Um, but uh, so is Scream Untouchable for remake, as a remake? As a remake, then because it is. I hope so. It just so, doesn't need. So that's why it. Scream Five just comes up. Like we can't actually remake the staple of you know the horror renaissance or the re- resurrection of horror well it's to me it's like one of those films where it's like you will never do it as good ever it's impossible 
it was too genius unless you do like shot for shot or something but i don't understand like scream you the story and the twit like i don't think i i don't think you can do that again no you can't you just can't can't i don't think it would ever work it wouldn't it's a product of its time yeah. So why make a Scream Five? There's not a whole because lot of movies that you can say that about. Scream Five can be something different. Like, like I don't um, really care. for example, I don't like all the social, the social conscious uh, state of horror. Like that's something you could tackle in a meta way. There's so much out there right now that if you get a really smart writer behind it, it could be really cool. And plus, here's the thing about the Scream series: is Scream. Four was originally supposed to be the start of a new trilogy. Like Kevin Williams and Wes Craven were going to do a trilogy out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. It's kind of interesting that the nineties might even have two kind of very untouchable films for remakes. Might be going out of limb here, but there's not a whole lot of films out there that you probably. Couldn't well, what remake? do you think are the most untouchable films? So I, th- you know, honest, even though it has been remade, which completely didn't work, is Psycho. To remake <laughs> that is ridiculous. And I think he could. I don't. I mean, like but, uh, with but, uh, yeah. how they but yeah. scream yeah. as a story, as a story. I mean, you can always remake anything if you yeah. change the stories and shit. But I mean, the, the, the solid thing about Scream is. About the exorcist. Is the story. The um, exorcist is one, and the other one is Jaws. Those are untouchable to me. I No, you can remake. I mean, you can redo Jaws. I think you totally can. But I think Scream is a tough one story-wise because that meta-ness and, and just the way the story, the twist, like everything about it. I mean, you can – it seems modern enough anyways. But the Blair Witch Project. Like you can't – you can redo that movie. They kind of did. It is technically a sequel, but it's technically a sequel, but it just doesn't work because it's a product of its time. I mean, you go back to everything associated with that movie and you just, you could never capture the campaign of it. You know, there's this, there's, you could never redo that. It's crazy. I don't think there's a lot of movies out there. They can recap. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I would be totally down with it. I've been saying Hellraiser needs remade forever. I think that's the number one horror film that that could use a remake, a complete restart. Because it's just, like, it's so far away from the source. It's just so far away. Like, I like a lot of the sequels and stuff. But, like, to get back on track and truly be with the source. See, I don't think, think, when I think of Hellraiser, I don't put quotations around in capital letters need to remake i don't think hellraiser needs a remake because hellraiser is a good film i think there's films but you out can't there. do a sequel really yeah i mean in what way where if you were going to do a sequel like where would you set it like after part three like after part two after part one like what no i'm bring just I, i'm just saying just fucking leave it alone man i mean i don't ah, fucking never leave anything alone i want a million of everything why not it's cool to see right like it gets you excited like but i, I want to see but i always think like when i when i associate so the much... word need a remake when you associate the word need 
with a I'm film. saying if there is a film that needs a remake, I think it's Hellraiser. If if you're gonna pick one film that needs one, is it because the the story is unique? Because enough? of where the franchise is and the fact that there's so much rich ideas in the Hellraiser world to do a big budget because you're not gonna get a big budget out of these direct. If you do another sequel, it's not going to be big budget. It's going to be another direct to video sequel. Mm -hmm. If you do put some, a little bit of money behind it, some actual talent behind it. And you know, you do it justice. I think that Hellraiser could be really fucking cool and you make it hard R and you, 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 you do it big. You do, you do it big. When's the last big Yeah, I'm not saying it can't be really good. I'm just saying, when I associate the word need with a film, I, I look at films that, you know, I, I look at the movie, you know, a certain film and I'm like, man, that movie has so much damn potential to be fucking amazing. That movie needs to be remade. Okay. You know? Well, I'm not necessarily but when I watch hell. Ra- I'm, I'm just saying, saying this is how I franchise is in desperate need of some help. Yeah. Well, I agree with that, you know, I, and yeah, this, they're 10 films deep. You know, I, I, I like think at the, I think at this point, I mean, you know, the safe bet to do is to remake the film and then start a new franchise, kind of like Puppet Master, I guess. They already did do that sort of. Well, they did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, that kind of worked out for worked out pretty decent. I just think that Hellraiser is such an interesting concept, and yeah. I feel like even the first you know two or whatever are like awesome movies for their time but i feel like it just barely scratches surface of what's possible in that world so like you know once the cenobites come around what do they really do nothing they just like yeah you come to hell with us so you're in this you're in the same thing you're in the same you're in the same idea and world as me right now you know, you you see the potential in the story, and you want to expand oh, upon that. On. So, what is yeah. this episode fucking sixteen right now? Type I'm in sorry, my phone vibrates. I Jeez. can't fucking. So watch this. He's gonna pick it, it up and start talking on. He's not gonna mute his mic. No, I, <laughs> what? I what do you mean you can't handle it? Put it on fucking silent like everybody else does, yeah, dude. I don't think I've had the sound of my phone ever on. I can't. It'd just be going off all day, but. But you know what anyway, I'm saying? But yeah, yeah I, that I makes sense that, because you agree. Like, I mean, there's a core story. There's so much potential within that movie. So your idea of, you know, needing a remake, that that works for you with the Hellraiser. See, when I watch Hellraiser, I'm like, yeah, you know, I never think and associate the word remake with it. I don't know. But I'm not I'm not well, opposed I to know, it. I'm, I'm not opposed I'm, to it. I just wanted to say, you know, like, I, I remember watching Blood Beach back I'm in the day and being like, that like a fucking movie could have it has so much potential to be so awesome. And it's like, man, you could do so much more with that movie. And I'm like, that's a perfect remake right there. Remake that shit. Well, I'm not saying, like, the original Hellraiser isn't good enough. I'm just saying the franchise is in such a fucking weird spot that so your idea I think the only yeah, way to, to get it. out of it is to, it needs a remake. Just to, just to, get to start over. It. To start over. Yeah. And then um, Scream 5, like, I just... I would just be down. I don't know. I don't know how it would look, but you know, it could be complete. I don't know if you get Nev back and all the crew or you just fucking, I don't know what the hell you do with it. I'd just be curious to hear what their ideas were. I think it's but so yeah, far that's removed. Like, I mean, if you want to start bringing back original cast members and shit, like everyone's going to be old and gray and fat and shit. And 
Well, I mean, that's fine. I mean, what, Scream 2, 3 this- came out in, like, what, 2001, and then the next one came out in, like, 2010? So, like, it's been about that Yeah, that but now again. it's been 10 years since, Older. since they were already 10 years, or 14 years, so... They're fucking old and shit. Yeah, but that story lends itself to that because those stories are real people like in real life, you know what I mean? It's not like a fictional like it's not like a superhuman killer or anything. I wouldn't it's be just, opposed with the part 5, you know. I just think that Scream is one of those films if you want to remake and I'm not talking like rebooting or re something shit. I'm like remaking. I don't think it works. No, it's a bad idea. I would be very against that. Um, but yeah, the only other final thing here is um, Alien is hitting 4K. And the cover is pretty sweet. Hugh Jeremy. Yeah. Hugh Jeremy. He has all the information on it. No, I don't. I just know that it's the original 4K. theatrical cut and the uh, director's, director's cut. cut. And it doesn't have a Dolby Fission soundtrack, which is super gay. It's a 5.1 soundtrack, which is lame, which means they didn't do a new soundtrack for it, which is shitty. That's like the best part of having a 4K is the upgrade to Dolby Fission audio, and this one doesn't have it, so they're gay. But I've read people who've seen the transfer, and they said it's like pretty good, so I'll buy it. April 23rd. I think the cover is like one of the coolest parts about it. I just really like the cover. Ah, alien fans, nerds, they're definitely all grabbing it. They're like Halloween fans, man. I'll probably. Well, Halloween is like a significant upgrade if you watch it. Like, it is an upgrade. I like Alien enough to grab a 4K version of it. I'm just going to wait for the 8K version. Big box. My set. 4K collection's getting pretty big. I got four titles. Got, they already announced it's actually going to have a piece of John Carpenter in it. I think I just passed 40. Yeah. This guy's got I have titles four and I, I have four and I don't even have a 4K TV yet. I literally have none. I got 40. One. Well, two of mine were. That must be all of them. No. It's gonna, I it's don't gonna, have it's gonna, be like, it's gonna be like HD DVD. In like two no, months. No, dude, it's doing really well. <laughs> it's been around for three years. It's doing well. It's been around longer than that. I just know that it's selling pretty well. The players aren't, but the discs themselves are selling well. I feel like Blu-rays will be done pretty soon. I think no, because here's the problem. Here's the th- I mean, I like so. never. If DVDs are still around, man, Blu-rays. No, will Blu-rays still will be gone before DVDs. I don't think so. I do. I, no, I, I honestly it, truly don't. I think everybody that. at this point has Blu-rays. Because what the fuck is the point of having Blu-rays whenever you like? You know what I mean? Like every 4K high comes def. with fucking Blu-ray. Yeah, but anyway. Blu-ray to high def is or to 4K is the same shit from don't, DVD. Don't, to exactly. So that's why two formats don't say that. exist that are the same. You don't know that because you haven't seen anything. No, no, no. I'm not comparing the actual quality. I am. And what are you comparing? The the distance and quality. I'm comparing the distance and quality. It I'm saying what movie the, you I'm watch, saying the like difference between 4K Blu-ray. and Blu-ray is not significant enough to keep both formats around. Okay, you DVD said... 
and you know yeah but that makes more se- it makes more sense that the dvd would go away because why would people still buy dvd if you could buy blu-ray why would blu-ray and 4k exist at the same time well i mean i'm not an expert obviously on the pqs and shit but i mean they're better dvd better. dvd to blu-ray i mean yeah there's there's a big quality jump there i'm just saying why would company like obvious i'm not talking like right now but from like, what i'm obvi- hearing i'm talking I mean, about a few years from now i'm saying that why would they keep such a insignificant space and keep both things is what i'm saying if they if they keep selling that's really what it comes down to i don't really think they even i don't think they would pull shit that's not selling or that's that's selling yeah obviously dvds obviously dvds sell better than blu-rays though they definitely do there's still primarily more dvds in walmarts than there are blu-rays yeah because they don't come out on blu-ray or walmart doesn't carry the blu-ray so of course they're not gonna so why why don't they carry it because people don't buy it no that's just walmart no, I'm telling Walmart still- is the best. Walmart is the best judge of physical media the because re- that's what most people buy. The it. reason why a lot of movies are put out on DVD because it's cheaper to do. Yeah, it's cheaper and people buy them more often. No, it's because they're not willing to take those big gambles on putting shit onto spending the money on pressing. Dude, I'm Blu-ray telling you, when, I'm telling you right now, I will take a camera to all of my walmarts and show you the spot the space with blu-rays and dvds of the same film the dvds are always significantly more sold yeah because people are buying the 4ks it's because they're cheaper (laughs) it's because they're. i'm just telling you i had to go to three walmarts people like the cheaper thing i had to go to three walmarts to find fucking overload overlord so people are buying that shit but all 4k is gonna do here man is eventually lower the price of blu-rays and people will start buying them even more well, no, what's gonna cheap. what's gonna happen is 4K is going to for the 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 what's gonna happen is 4K is gonna phase Blu-ray out by being the same price. That's what's gonna happen. You're already starting to see it sometimes. 4K is coming down, and Blu-ray is staying the same. It's they're not going down. Blu-ray is not going cheaper. It's still twenty dollars for a new Blu-ray, but 4K. I is don't think enough. Pe- I don't think enough people are gonna upgrade into 4k just because i think that blu-ray is going to be around for as long as dvd is around well all it takes dude is for the next person to get their next tv because they're almost all going to be 4k in a few years yeah and then once everybody has 4k tvs why the fuck wouldn't they buy 4ks it, it just takes time for the the technology like the tvs to become the norm once the tvs like Everybody's get everybody has an HD TV now, right? Like nobody has a, a regular like old tube TV now, right? But like back in 2010 when I got mine, it wasn't like that. People still had them, and so once 4K now that now 4Ks are so cheap that anybody who's getting a new TV is gonna get a 4K TV. If you go to upgrade a new, your TV, like let's say yours, you have to look now. for a 1080p. <laughs> yeah, it's harder to find them now. So yeah. your TV breaks. I'm not, I'm right not disputing now. that too, but I mean, you know, for you look at all these fucking niche companies and shit that we're buying. Yeah, they're gonna still release Blu-rays for a while. Kino is be- starting to release 4K, bro. 
Yeah, but it's I'm gonna, just, I'm just it's gonna be like three five years, into years this... before they're able to fully yeah. adapt. But they will. Because the cost it, is for... it's significantly higher. That's why I've, I mean, yeah, so you can still have this four K TV and shit like that. That's fine. You know, um, you know, it is what it is. But it doesn't still it doesn't matter. You can still watch your fucking Blu rays and shit on there. I mean a lot of these fucking companies, man, it's gonna take even if they ever start putting out four Ks. Because I they mean will. We, we've they read will soon. It's it's just the technology is still a little too expensive to well, that's to that's what I'm saying. That's why you're not but gonna once see... the technology gets cheaper, which it will because it always does, that then it's, look, it's gonna look take back years. in the day everybody only put shit out on DVD for the longest time. For the longest time it was it was it was DVD, DVD, DVD. Like even the niche companies were mainly doing DVD. Scream Factory, when they came around, like, yeah, there was some blue undergrounds in Synapse, but they cracked the fucking door wide open on that market. Once Scream Factory hit, that's when everybody started releasing mad Blu-rays. So it took a while for them, too. That was only, like, seven years ago. And, uh, you know, I think that once, you know, you start seeing Kino maybe do it, I, I'm, I'm sure Scream Factory is not far behind. And the thing is, it's not, like, with DVD, right? If you don't have a H, like if you don't have a master to use to make a 1080p transfer, then you can't put a Blu-ray out, right? You can only put a DVD out. But if as long as you have it, you can do a, a, a 4K transfer. If you can do a Blu-ray, you can do a 4K. So once the the you know technology catches up to where it's a little bit cheaper to manufacture the discs and stuff on a smaller because right now companies like warner brothers who are putting out alien they can crank out thousands and thousands and and get them for cheap but a company like scream factory that might only sell you know ten thousand of something you gotta like they can't afford to put it on 4k's discs right now and you gotta think like some of these shout factory releases are already 4k 4K transfers that are downgrade to fit on blu-ray so things like halloween 3 which is a 4k transfer it's just but they've got to be still so, weary on the on the so market, like though. So like that, man. the thing. I mean, if, is if they 4K. were confident confident in this, man, they would be dropping those four K discs. It's I mean, just too the big, expensive. The right? bigger, com- that, the bigger it's, companies it's, are doing it, but it's going to take years and years and years before. Who knows? Some of these smaller companies might even be phased out by then. Who knows? Just in yeah. it, just in physical media in general. I just think that the fact that Kino is doing it is a good sign that. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take off. Kino is one of the than- bigger fucking niche mar- or niche companies though doesn't matter they're still doing it well, once scream factory one does of the it ones. that's when when scream factory starts that's when it, the ball will really be rolling and then i see that i would assume that every one of their rele- releases would be 4k as well it just get it, it, it i think that well, within the next t- i mean they should they should have been doing it by now i mean scream factory is obviously I mean, I just, they're, think, they're I just like, think right now that even a the small cost company. of making the discs are, is too expensive for them to do it right now. Just, That's the problem. I mean, it's it not that the is. transfers are hard. It's just that the the cost of the manufacturing is still so high because it always is at first. Dude, and they are I putting they, out like 20 oh. fucking five movies a month. These guys have the cash flow to do it. Yeah, but the, yeah, but I if nobody's buying, nobody's going to buy them yet. People got to buy them. 
and people are not caught up enough yet. It's getting close, but it's it's definitely not there yet. JP said he's going to upgrade. Well, yeah, that's why, that's I, mean, why, why, that's why I figure that Blu-ray TV that I get is going to be around as long as I think. You know how DVDs hung around with Blu-ray for all these years. I think the same shit's going to happen. Once I if, don't. Though, I think Blu-ray. I think Blu-ray is going to be around in the same way and competing and coexisting with Why 4K. Why do you think that though? Why do I think that? Because these com- this is what their bread is. These companies right now. This is what has created these companies. Is but is the Blu-ray market? If the if 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 4K's cost comes down, what what would the purpose and people start upgrading their TVs? It doesn't necessarily like, guarantee like that said. these companies are going to start doing them. Take Vinegar Syndrome for instance. Like, is there any guarantees that they're actually going to start doing that? I mean, I, I don't I think they sell. I don't think they takes, sell enough. All it takes, dude, is. Like he said, go, go find 1080p TVs. You're, you, they're 4Ks are everywhere, and they're just well. There it doesn't is, matter about the TV. I mean, you can still watch cheap. your Blu-rays on those on the 4Ks. It's not that big of a deal. I know, I mean, but the, once you get the 4K TV, I mean, that's like why would you buy Blu-ray when you could buy 4Ks? I mean that, but that's that's you though too, right? I mean, I think it it's, it's it could be a cost thing. Why not get it in the best version possible? It's because the price isn't that much different. It's like three dollars right now. You know what I mean? Like that pet cemetery one, I pre-ordered it for like twenty-two bucks. That's like what a Scream Factory is. Twenty-two bucks, American. Yeah, every four K title here is like thirty-eight bucks. Yeah, no it just no, hasn't no, got up into no Canada super well yet. You should just tell your buddy at his shop to look for one for you. But you know. It, Look, it's gonna. It, I'm not saying the Blu-rays are gonna go away overnight. I'm just saying there's more of a reason. I don't think they're the gonna DVDs go away. Stuck, the I DVDs stuck around. Away. Here's the thing, dude. A DVD, certain titles can't be put on Blu-ray, right? That's one reason DVDs stay stuck around. If a title can be put on Blu-ray, it can be put on 4K. So it almost makes Blu-rays obsolete at a certain at a certain stage because it's like. Once everybody's caught up to the market, DVDs still have a purpose because certain films just can't exist in an but, HD but transfer. It's, but like it's come, it comes down to the cost efficiency of these smaller companies, though. They might never get into that market because they can't afford to do it. I mean, if people yeah, still well, support the, the Blu-ray, come down if, to Blu-ray costs. If, if people, yeah, but I mean, it's easier said than actually done. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Right. It's only going to be time we tell. I mean, if these people are, I mean, if companies like Vinegar Syndrome are making just enough, they're just doing enough by selling their Blu-rays and their DVDs and shit. What? Well, it's do you not, think they're gonna a company risk like going Vinegar Syndrome isn't going to go to 4K and make the leap. The leap is going to be forced upon them. That's what's going to happen once it becomes. I think there's the always going to be a market for it, though. There's always going to be people that are. I mean, you look at Mikey, man. He buys strictly DVDs. You know, there's still a huge market for VHS, man. I think people, I think these formats are still alive because of the people that support them. I'm just saying that in terms of a technology aspect, 4K, 4K, it, Blu-ray is the most pointless out of everything. What it once all formats are equal. 
in terms of cost. See, I don't think they're Blu-ray, ever going to get to that equal, though. I think too many smaller companies just will never have. They'll never have the overhead. To, they'll never right. have the overhead. They'll never have the cash flow to do it. To well, be honest. It, it, well, I'm telling. Uh, what I'm saying is, it's not going to require extra cash flow eventually. That's what. That's my argument. That'll be the same price as Blu-rays. Yeah, but yeah. by then, but by then, are people really going to? I mean, if it takes seven, eight years, I mean, and Blu-rays still around at that point, I mean, who cares about 4K? But it's not going to be that long because it's already been three years and we're already seeing the price going down. So, yeah, but that's all techno. Everything does that though. If everything if 4K starts high, it's, it doesn't even matter. DVD or Blu-ray. If 4K can equal Blu-ray, it will. Like I can't imagine it not phasing. When Blu-ray DVDs out. came out in '97, by 2000, they were so much cheaper, man. They were already yeah. gone down super much, man. And and VHS was still fucking. They were big companies were still pumping out that shit. You know, it's just the way the market works. Everything starts high, it has to go down. And that's what that's what gets people's attention, man. You start high on shit. I remember fucking back in the day, dude, when CDs, not when they first, I mean, we're talking like the late <clears throat> 80s and shit, you know, the late 80s. And I remember seeing prices on those of like $34. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's insanity for a fucking CD, man. Crazy, but you know, within three or four years, the shit had dropped drastically. Tapes were still being fucking bought like CDs. Vinyl was still being pressed, you know, before this. I mean, in the major companies. So, that's just the way technology works. Everything comes out with a price. Everything comes out and it always drops. But, I mean, you look, you look at today's world, not just of collectors and just the way things have gone we we're, we're sitting in a in an age where it's very bizarre because we've gone through these stages where VHS had you know completely kind of went away you know cassettes you know the major companies weren't pressing vinyl anymore um i mean if you listen to hip hop it was always being pressed so it never went away to me so that's like a totally different story but i'm talking like major companies but all that shit's back man and that's why i think Living in this time right now where people are still buying DVDs, buying Blu-rays, 4Ks and shit, you can still, these TVs can support all these formats and shit. That's why I don't think it's going away. Especially with I just don't these think companies. there's enough to keep it around. There's no uniqueness about it. Like a DVD is more unique. Vinyl is more unique. Like Blu-ray and 4K it, are basically the same thing except for one's a little bit better picture quality. Even in and, a few years, I just think it's going to be so hard for companies like you know again you know the masker videos but and, let's and the, just say let's just companies. say for sake of argument that it's the if cost it does become becomes, the norm is this not a problem though because the, see the problem i have with it though if the 4k does and the, the technology doesn't drop enough for these companies to survive are we going to start losing all these fucking companies that we buy from like these no because companies. if they, if this is an argument only if the technology becomes cheap enough because why wouldn't they just keep doing blu-rays no, no, like people well, are still going to buy movies that are only on whatever what way that they can get them. The I'm saying for sake of argument, if the technology comes down, what would keep Blu-rays around? What is what what reason would they still exist? See, no, I get what your argument is, but I'm just saying, <clears> is it going to come down enough for these smaller ass companies to even make that jump? They can afford to do the Blu-rays. It did for Blu-rays, right? Like, Blu-rays were really expensive, and none of these smaller companies were doing it for Blu-rays. And then they did. I mean, to a point. 
they, you know, they still struggle with it. Which though. which company is only releasing DVD only? Nobody. I mean, it's just been recently some you know companies like Masker Video. I mean, even like Black Fawn. Like, I mean, there's companies that are just starting to release Blu-rays. It's kind of crazy, actually, when you think about it. That's why I think that the 4K yeah, thing saying, is good. Like, Wild Eye doesn't do Blu-rays. But right? these, actually, I'm, they do. Those aren't they cult do. films. Those are fucking new indie garbage films. I'm what saying like Wild Eye released on Blu-ray. I don't know nothing. Exactly nothing. But they don't. Re- they release new films though. That's what I'm saying. Like. I'm saying like these markets no. that are released in like cult films. They released Force of Lost Souls on Blu-ray, which is totally not a wild eye film, but they released the Blu-ray of that. That was in my top ten last year. Yeah, I know. It was in Brandon's and everything. It's fucking excellent. But I, the point is, you know, that's I think that might even be one of the first ones. I don't even know. But I'm just saying some of these smaller companies are just kind of getting into that. And the fear I have is, you know, I mean, if the four K thing is gonna you know, it's never gonna hurt I don't think it's going to fully hurt them at all. But if it did, that's a bad thing. Where if these guys could never afford the technology to start doing that. It, the only thing that's going to hurt th- any of those companies is if people become uninterested in buying cult movies anymore. Which I personally don't see happening. I mean, I mean, there has to be an increase. In sales in these companies. I mean, you look at Arrow. You look You look at when Arrow first started back in like 2010, 11. I remember reading Whorehound and them being featured in there. And they were like this cool new hip company from the UK. And I was like, holy shit, look at this artwork and stuff. They've come a long fucking way. Trash. You were like, holy shit, look at all this trash artwork for years. Just trash <laughs> after trash after trash. No way, man. Actually, one of the very first artworks Dude, I Arrow's ever... Arrow's artwork sucks. Like, a lot of it sucks. Dude, it's I'm not so defending. I'm not defending. I mean, yeah, but a lot of Screen Factory, every company has trash artwork. I know, the, but Arrow is like the king of trash artwork. They've had more trash artwork than like that. They, that one they announced was really cool recently. There's they they hit a couple good ones. I very seldomly ever use commissioned artwork on any release. I like original artwork. That's just me. But I will say. What caught my attention back in like 10, 11 was their artworks for Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Pieces. Those are fucking stellar, man. Those are great. But they had like a different one, art. Silent Night, Deadly Night, like the one with the titties on the cover. Yeah. So, but they had a yeah, different They had art. a few good ones. They had a different, well, they had different artists working back in those days. I mean, every company changes their artists and stuff. But, <clears> but I'm just saying, you look at Arrow, you know, from where they came from and and all these kind of smaller fucking companies that are just kind of getting to that point right now, and then this new format's coming out. I'm like, man. But it, I think, but I but but I also think though that sales within these niche companies has has gone up through the years because look how much these companies have grown. Look, well, yeah, look, because look when Vinegar or, Syndrome first came out. Obviously, companies have to start somewhere. They started out releasing these kind of small films, like a film here and there, and then oh, we're selling, you know. And now look what they're doing—big fucking things. Yeah, it's it's because of this right here. The culture, the culture has changed in the last ten years. Yeah, there there was no communities. There was no Facebook groups of horror people. Mm-hmm. That that didn't exist ten years ago, dude. That's why sales have went up mm-hmm. because of the community. Truly, yeah, it's it's you know the, the it's, just, it's it's being YouTube. able it's being able to have access and yeah exactly and creating communities for sure for sure. Well, I'll tell you right now, if but I, I think wasn't that's going to help anybody it's who's help into this too. stuff, 
if I wasn't, you know, part of any groups or anything, I wouldn't buy and be into as much as I am. I am because everybody else is, and it gives me something to do. But if it was just me, I would buy like some here and there, but I wouldn't get crazy into it like I am. I don't know. I have a. It's 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 hard to say though because when we for, when we first started on YouTube in what eleven or twelve when we started 12, be, I started in twelve yeah beginning of two thousand twelve there was no horror groups we just started on a fucking whim you know it was just let's yeah but some I mean videos. even that's you know and that was part of why I got really into it was because other people were mm-hmm. on YouTube it but like all, it even snowballed more now yeah. like than it was back then. Yeah, it definitely but, helps. Yeah. But 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 then again, you know, the short and long of that is that these things are not going away. You know, I think there's enough people out there supporting all these formats and things. I'm not saying 4K is a bad thing at all. I just do worry that, you know, if it became the norm, which I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to diminish these other formats. You know, if it did, it's a problem for these smaller companies. Like I said, you know, if they're it just starting be, to do this shit, it won't it's be, be a though, because when it becomes the norm, that's because it's the norm point. That's what makes something the norm. But I mean, because t- time comes... is time is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, it can take years for it to to happen. It's going to take years. I it's mean, we take... see the prices dropping on the 4K right now, but we don't see these companies announcing and putting out 4K titles yet. Either, it's so. close. It's close. But I guess only time will tell. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, I just personally think that you know, DVD survived as long as it has. You're you're also coincide with blu-ray from, coming years. from the camp where you don't want to upgrade right now either so of course you don't want to be like i'm, oh, more, I'm more fucking <laughs> i mean th- no the reason why i don't want to it has nothing to do with the 4k format i'm always sh- i'm always bugging the shit out of jeremy because i think the 4k thing sounds kind of funny but it's because i have fucking a tv that works fucking fine i just don't want to go and buy another tv and then what am I going to do with the sell for ten bucks? Exactly. So kid. right. So right now, if like let's say tomorrow, Scream Factory was only announcing four K. Fucking Synapse was only announcing four K. Blue Underground was only announcing four K. That would bum you out because you don't have four K. Yeah, but I know for a fact that's not going to happen. No, <laughs> I, I know said, it's not going to. As happen. I said, the fact that Dawn of the Dead gets announced on four K and Boots doesn't upgrade. That's why you know he's never going to upgrade because he's not going to st- fucking You can upgrade. still buy a 4K, you know, release and and not No, have... I said I said I'll still support that of course, but I mean, the thing is, you know, I've I've had this conversation with lots of people and they're like, "Man, I get this whole 4K thing, you know, but my shit works good still." What the fuck? No, that that's my biggest problem is yeah. I have only bought my TV like 2 year 2 or 3 years ago. I'm not, I don't, it's definitely not even close to dead yet. So I feel like I don't want to buy another TV right now. And that's why I've been putting it off. Is there a, is okay. The deal with the 4k (coughs) players. I know we probably had this conversation before. I don't remember, but what's the deal with, uh, you know, 4k region free players. They're all region free. Every 4k is region free. That's another, it cannot play region free Blu-rays, but every 4k disc is region free. Okay, that, so that's so the so the region problem. free or I mean so the 4K players can play region B Blu-rays. No, no, no. 4Ks are not region locked. locked. Is what he's saying. So you could buy a 4K movie from anywhere around the world, and it will play on every player, okay. but it will not play region B Blu-rays. Yeah. So 
so essentially for a lot of these collectors. But you could buy, you know, hacked 4K players that was region locked for Blu-rays. But yeah, but find the hat. That's yeah. I know. But but I mean, again, you know, coming back to the whole collector type that, thing and stuff. I mean, we we've have so many releases from around the world and shit. We need the players to be playing these things on too. Yeah, but you also still have your player. You know, it's not like you're throwing your player away. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. That is a big difference for the future of 4k not being region locked like that is a massive advantage i'm a little bit confused on this because we know you know we know some things about why things are regional it's it's rights you know you have the rights for this region and that's why it's locked blah 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 so how does it work with 4K that all these discs are? I guess all they region? just don't. They no just idea. Don't care. Yeah, it's no not, idea. I don't know because There's the no, right the rights don't change with uh, new formats. You know, no, you know what I'm don't. saying? They don't at all. So, but I don't know who regulated it on DVD and Blu-ray and why they don't on 4K. But it or seems maybe like, it just hasn't passed yet. Or something. I mean, that just seems very odd to me. To retroactively go and start locking players would be weird though it would be impossible yeah yeah that that is strange but it's more about the movies themselves yeah you could put a code on the movie yeah well that's remained to be seen in the future like how yeah. like how the uk could sell like if they have the rights to this movie and then we can just buy it and bring it over here like that's fucking weird that's why we have region locks who yeah. knows? I just know I'll be so, watching Dawn of the Dead sucks. 4K in the summertime. So. I don't know. That That's an interesting conversation right there. I'd like to actually hear the answer on why it's like that. But Don't let them know. <laughs> they, yeah. they don't realize it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, interesting stuff. But So that's the news. It wasn't supposed to be that long. Okay. Right on. All right. Let's talk about some children murderers. Hey yo, we got them dope rhymes, similes, and verbs. Ready to spit movie knowledge to all you freaky horror nerds. It's your boy Moods representing the 22 Shots crew. We about to hit your ass up with a bonus review. Yeah! Alrighty, yeah, let's move this uh, along and get into the bonus, bonus, bonus review. What are you, Ernest? For bonus? The, yeah, <laughs> dub, dub, dub show. Uh, coming from our boy, Mark Leham. Leham? Leham. Leham. And this Leham. is, this is, Leham. Leham. yeah, this is kind of interesting, actually. It's a documentary. We've never mm-hmm. actually featured a review with all three of us of a doc we've talked about documentaries but we've never actually done this before in my famous horror segment horror 101 plus three and horror 101 plus four that's right worst segment ever that's right uh and yeah this particular documentary is from 2012 and it is called the imposter now i got like five minutes into this documentary and realized i had seen this before Okay, so I got about this was on five Netflix into this documentary, and I had realized that I didn't. I knew the story. I had heard this story before. I don't know if it was featured in like a true crime. I, w- I watched a lot of like true crime stuff on TV. Did you maybe bypass it on Netflix or something like that? I never seen this. I never seen A&E. this, but I'd seen yeah. the story on something else. Like they talked about the story on something else, 
And um, so I knew exactly where this was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually watched this with Carly, and she she said she couldn't stop thinking about it the next day. Um, oh, man. It's, it's a wild one, man. But You uh, know, honestly, man, I have been watching some insane documentaries lately, and, you know, this one just, again, you know, how this sh- – Shit happens. You know, as a fictional writer, it's hard to make this shit up. I mean, this no, one's you, a little no, bit more believable than you would make this up, right? If you made this into a movie, right? You just made this movie. Yeah. People would be calling bullshit like crazy. They'd be like, dude, there's no way this guy would be able to, th- this family would be this dumb. Th- there's no way that th- everybody would be calling mad bullshit on it. It's so crazy. Okay, it's so, so crazy. a quick little synopsis on this documentary. <laughs> the Imposter 2012, a documentary centered on a young man in Spain who claims to a grieving Texas family that he is their 16-year-old son who has been missing for three years. Now, right away, you're like, what? How the fuck does this happen? Yeah, well, guess so what? It, it does. It, it opens with this fucking people who call 911 in Spain. And they're like, yo, there's this like kid like crying, like, y'all should come get him. They come get him. He won't say who he is or where he's from. Yeah. He somehow convinces them to leave him in an office overnight with computers <laughs> because he promises that he'll tell them who they are, who he is tomorrow if he just gets to stay in this office by himself. <laughs> he gets on the computers and calls all across the country in the United States, the different police stations in the middle gets of a the description night. of a missing kid says, yep, that's, that's the one we have here. And they're like, really? And he's like, yeah. Okay. So why does he not have blonde hair or blue eyes? Why does he have brown hair and or black? That's the most retarded well, well, no, no, he, he found out, after what the what the kid looked like and he's it wasn't like wasn't until the FBI sent that fact yeah and then and then yeah. and then he started to freak out a little bit and he's like well shit he's like wait a minute I don't really have blonde hair blue eyes so now I got to fucking you know I have to actually look like him and he went out of his way and you know I will give it to him man you know for a compulsive liar and so I mean this is what he does for a living you know basically he tries to impersonate people and shit and he's done it for years he was one of the you know he was very very wanted in in Europe and shit for doing the same shit but you know he I will give it to him he's a little bit smart because you know he went on dyed his hair and you know he came up with this crazy ass story about his eyes and stuff but he went as far as to actually tattoo himself with the same tattoos yeah. and shit I thought that was pretty clever but how this whole thing comes about is just fucking beyond me that you can call up these American places and, you know, and get all this info on these missing children and things like that is just fucking crazy to me that they'll handle this information. Well, I mean, it's, it's public information. So like you have to hand it out, Um, you know, missing posters and stuff like that. It's, it's for the benefit, typically. <laughs> I don't think you get many imposter cases, but well, I mean, um, I guess it does make sense though too because he was he was basically pretending to be a cop there, right? Yeah, he's like, we got yeah. this kid, you know, like I need some information and stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess it would be a little bit easier to get that information out of people giving. You know, really, that's that, what you were mind boggled about. I was mind boggled about so, how the so fuck the, this twenty-four-year-old no, Spanish there's, there's lots accented. Of shit. Or French accented 
dude from Spain with black hair and brown eyes basically goes to this family like the fucking accent like if the if the if you believe the story about the the eyes being dyed and just wait till you hear about the accent how the fuck are you gonna explain the accent well they do they said that that he he was getting beaten by the army because they weren't allowed to have an american accent yeah so he but, changed um, his entire voice in three years. That's some bullshit. I'm saying, like, in what world would you ever be like, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that happening. Well, you know what, like, man? You can't change your accent. It's inherently in you. Yeah. Well, that's how they caught him. Well, it is actually kind of interesting because he was claiming that, you know, he was over there and he, you know, kind of inherited this, this accent and stuff, which is actually not – that inaccurate you can't inherit accents but you can't remove hints of your american accent completely yeah like you can pick up certain things from and add to your accent you know your your speech but you can't get like it can't sound more natural than fucking no 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 for sure no his was like completely out to lunch like how people were actually buying that shit was fucking beyond me but but yeah no i actually know people that like I had a buddy who went to Australia and he sounds Australian now. It's fucked, man. It's actually crazy how much he's picked up and how much of the accents he's picked up. Well, I, I've seen people who are from like New England, Boston area, who has like the Boston accent, who have moved out and, and lost it. But you can still they can still do it. You know what I mean? They can still mm. talk like that. Yeah, yeah. This guy can't couldn't talk American. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what that's I'm saying. That's why it, it, so, it was so hard to believe. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying the first part of the story where he was saying, you know, I was over there and you know they kind of picked up this accent, blah blah blah. I mean, it's possible, right? Yeah, but it's like, he, what kind of army is this? Just what kind of army is this that they do all these horrible things to fucking children? That's some well, bullshit apparently too. Apparently, it's the kind that is not very known because they're secret. Yeah. Well, that—that's—I mean—that's the thing that you have to investigate when somebody has a crazy ass story like this, where his story was that he, you know, basically got abducted and you know woke up in Europe, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, when you're hearing well, the, the story for the first <laughs> time, you're like, you know, it—it it possibly could happen, but to get someone, you know, into a country without a passport. And, you know, and him not remember going like in plane. I mean, if you're traveling that way and shit. Yeah, but if you're military, like you can do that shit. I guess if you're military. Yeah. But but here's the here's the thing. Oh, yeah. I'm just I, bringing I all these boys over. I don't know what kind of military. But that still is. flying any aircraft internationally and stuff still has to be documented, even military and shit. Like people would fucking know to a certain degree. So the, the story is super far fetched. In general, yeah, it would but, make I more mean, sense dude, if you were on like, the same continent. How do, how do they get all the guns into different countries and shit? Like, there's there's ways around that. Yeah, well, they're called criminals. But, yeah, which also would be sex traffickers. I think those would be classified. But as I'm just saying. But he's well. claiming this was actually military. Right? Yeah, like military sex traffickers. Yeah. Well, they should just build a the wall military. around Europe, and then maybe but, they won't have any sex it, traffickers. It, it, it's you know, I mean, all that story that he's coming up, like, you know, the what did he say about his eyes? That uh, 
the reason why his eyes were brown his eyes or bleach or some shit yeah Yeah, they well they were doing they were doing experiments on him and it actually changed well they changed his eye color so he would not be recognizable which again you know actually is not a bad lie because i mean if you were trying to hide somebody that you have abducted and want to keep alive I mean, yeah, change, but I don't appearance. think that's a real thing that you can do. Yes, you actually can do. You can do that. Yes. You could change the color of your eyes. Yes. yes How? I don't I know. Apparently, you, apparently, you can do that. Okay, but I mean, could you do like I? I mean, that's the benefit of saying the military captured you because mm. they would probably have technology that's not on the street. It was, the, <laughs> so it was that German it technology. Man. It was all that German testing on the yeah. jews man that's what they were using so but even if it wasn't possible to change the roots of your hair color to where it always grows black mm-hmm. the military you tell somebody that the military captured you and you're like well maybe they could do it i'm sure they have technology they don't let us know about yeah even the u.s <laughs> military which is this has to be the u.s military because he fucking got captured in the u.s so what other military would it fucking be mm-hmm. yeah but um, don't you think the fbi knows what kind of equipment the u.s military has well possibly oh there you go it's some fucking bullshit there (laughs) well the whole thing is bullshit i know it's just you know it's even the fact that like this guy was able to get out of spain is is fucking insane to actually get a passport just to convince (laughs) this family that he actually was their son that was alive well, the fact that they wanted to fingerprint him, and then he was like, "No, I'll tell you who I am. Don't fingerprint me." And they're like, "Oh, we should totally listen to this but guy." See, this is what I don't understand <laughs> about you know the authorities in Spain is how do you not identify him, or I mean, do those things like fingerprints and you know just well, to make sure. Here's why, but he just to said, make sure. Here's why, because he said, "No, I'll tell you who I am tomorrow. Don't fingerprint me." And that's work. why. I know. And then but, he pointed out the people in the pictures, and then it worked. Yeah, yeah. But, but still, though, anybody. But, oh, and by the way, as an authority, in this office with no fucking with computers, please. But as an authority, <laughs> but as an authority, you can't just take the kid's word for it. You know, you have to do your job and make sure you're doing the right thing. That's what I'm saying. Right? It's ridiculous. But that's and what ludicrous. I'm saying. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. How how he even got out of Spain is like, I mean, the authority there was so fucking retarded. Like, this could only happen. In this day and age, too, now they have to truly believe he was a kid. Yeah, it's crazy because that's the only way you don't take that even more reason. But even more reason to isn't he like thirty five? Even to properly no, he was twenty three at the time. But even to properly identify him being a kid, you got to because here's the thing: I don't don't know about I don't know about Spain laws, but you're not really allowed to just fingerprint somebody if they haven't committed a crime. Like becoming yeah. a U.S. citizen? Yeah, no, but it's it's, but dude, if he was claiming that he was all alone, you know, he was this lost shot. Like, I think there's probably ways that you can, you know, go about legally to identify this kid by doing things like that. For sure, mm-hmm. there's got to be ways. I mean, I mean, well, it, most kids' fingerprints are not in the system. Unless you've been jailed, you're not going to have your fingerprints in the system. Like, if Jeremy got fingerprinted true. right now. Or if they he broke into something and they took his fingerprints, yeah. they're not going to get any hits because he's not in the system. So maybe they just figured, you know, he's a kid. Why? Why would his finger? Yeah, but I it mean, doesn't make a ton of sense. But I yeah. mean, there's a l- little more leadway there, I guess. But 
Um, my big conclusion with this thing about, you know, a good ways in, I think once the, the woman called and said, Hey, like there might be a situation in where this isn't your brother. And then she came and picked him up and acted like nothing was wrong. I just said to myself, Oh, well, they killed her. They killed the son. She tried to, but you know, that's why they're acting like, isn't this. this whole scenario so bizarre though? Right? Because, okay, so if it turns out that the family actually did do something with their son, with the the boy. Well, let me ask you this. This whole what situation, percent- that, uh, like, what are the fucking chances out of all the people in the world that, that this chance, this opportunity to totally play it off like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, use this as a le- leverage, you know, to pull off your fucking, you know, your murder. I don't know. In order it's to just, figure that out, I would have to know what percentage of missing kids was actually killed by their family. It's, and it's, we won't know that because they wouldn't be missing if we knew that. But it's just... But it, I bet you it's a high percent. The ideology behind this percent. is so insane that if the family actually did kill their own family member mm-hmm. and this just kind of lands in their lap is in beyond in fucking insane. It's not mm-hmm. that insane if like fifty percent of their families ki- of missing kids are actually responsible for their death. You know, it's too bad that they didn't get more of the family members to actually talk on camera. They just had the girl, the sister, and the that, mom, and the mom, and the mom that actually. So the sister, she, the I mean, she plays it off like I mean, she's kind of believable in the interviews that like, you know, she's explaining. You no, know, like once we found out that this I, could be, this could. I be didn't my believe brother, him at the end. Well, I'm just so saying. let me let me ask you this: What do you guys think that they killed little Jacob or whatever the fuck his name was? Yes, they killed Barkley. Well, I think that it's possible that the yeah, I guess it would have been the brother. He was yeah. a drug addict. Yeah, I think that he may have had something to do with it, but I don't think that the sister. Like, why would everybody be in on it? I mean, we obviously don't know all the facts behind the whole bro, family and stuff. Well, I just but, think it's the bro, mom and the brother. Family is so thick, man. It's so... if, if But it seemed if, like they were a little bit disconnected, If somebody in my though. family killed another member of my family, I might cover it up. Like, that's just... I just... I'm just like... Like, my family is very important to me. So... I just don't but, think they I were mean, that close, though. I just don't think that they were... I think something happened. I just, I just think that it like, dude, I don't know, man, like around here, like blood is so important. Even if you don't fucking like your family, blood just is so important around here. So like, I don't know, like, I don't know how other cultures, other places in the country, other places in other countries are, but I know how it is around here. And like, I've seen people do stuff for their family that they don't even fucking like. You know what I mean? Because simply their blood. I think it's just so, hard to judge this family based on not having all, you know, the history. And, and we don't know, like, the motivations and stuff. You know, they don't really give a lot to the backstory of the child. And they give a little bit, you know, with the brother and the drugs. And, you know, they the mom were, like, just some bits and pieces here. But where's the real motivations? What's What's the motive for killing this kid? Right, like if well, you, it, it could have been it could have been an accident. It could have been he was high and and pushed him down and killed it him. Been, it could it have, been, have been anything. It could have been. You know, if he runs up to his mom and sister and says, "Oh my god, I accidentally killed fucking dude," yeah. like you know, I fucking hit his body or something. Maybe they'd be like, "Okay, like it was an accident." Like, 
we're not going to go to jail for this. Like, we'll figure it out. You know, I can see that happening. But here's the thing. Where's the police? I'm like very sure that they had something to do with this kid's disappearance. That is the only explanation that I could come up with, with why they were so cool and turn the blind eye to this. Because you think, right, if you killed somebody and then somebody comes and pretends to be that person, I'm willing to turn the blind eye to that. Because that means that if he's here, nobody's going to be looking for the one that I killed. It just makes so much sense. Oh, no, and for sure. Like I said, like I said, the opportunity the once it presented it to it for me was yeah. whenever the woman called and said to the sister, hey, this is probably isn't your brother. And she's like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. And then she came there and acted like nothing happened. And I'm like, oh, that is 100 percent. That is 100 percent weird nobody would do that unless they were hiding something i'm 100 percent convinced they and, have unless they're do. just really fucking retarded people you know i mean you got to look at the flip side here too i mean low, assuming Texas. that they didn't have anything to do with the kids disappearance and murder right and as a family as a grieving family i mean you you know after three years your son is most likely dead he was probably dead after 24 hours is the way the facts are. And there's always that that percentage, that small percentage inside you that believes that he's alive. You get Yeah, this- and there's probably even a smaller percent that wants to believe that this kid is your your brother because it, it's well, easier. Even, that even besides that point, you know, you get this call and you truly believe in your heart that he's alive. Are you not willing to actually take that chance? You know, those initial phone calls from Spain. But I'm saying once somebody tells you this isn't your brother and you're like, oh, geez, oh, my God, how did this happen? Assuming that you're still in the mind state that you truly believe that this is your brother. But that's not what happened on the phone. She was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. How did this happen? And then the woman says when she got there. She acted like that conversation had never happened. Yeah. That's the scene, the most important aspect of this, that proves to me that this person is 100% aware that this isn't their son or their brother. I don't think they're just faking it at that point. I mean, it's so hard to say, though, man. I mean, you don't do that. There's no situation in which you would do that because it's. Somebody just told you that they're not. But I mean, and if you have, if you have your mind acting, made up, if you have your mind but made she up, that, didn't, that though, that's the thing. According to that woman, the conversation did not go like, oh, no, it is. It is like it went like, oh, my God, this is crazy. How did this happen? I can't believe this. Like, blah, blah. And then she showed up and was just like normal. That's where it's super confusing because it's like. Why? Why on what like yeah I, why I, would she I get it it's but like weird, you know at the man. same time you know I mean you do react to certain situations maybe the way you sometimes you would react differently I don't know I mean you could never prove that you could never actually fully one hundred percent prove that I mean people react to shit all the time in in ways that they probably wouldn't in other situations. Who knows? I'm not, I'm not trying to defend the family. I'm just kind of looking at it like I just saw this family as being like retarded. 
I saw them as killers. Me too. But you didn't. They up fucking and, but, killed that but, kid, damn it! And they hid the evidence. They're fucking liars. But and you, they know it. But you didn't. They up know and, they're But fucking you liars. didn't up until the point where it may have been what happened. Like right from the start of this shit, were you getting that? No. No. Once they put that I, idea, once they put that idea, once they presented that idea into the documentary, then it no, was no, 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 it no, no, was no, no, a no. switch for I, sure. I, 100% called it before then I was like wait a minute I was like this doesn't make sense they're hiding something I leaned over to Carly I'm like what if they fucking killed there's there's there one of their family members killed him or had something to do with his death and th- that's the only reason that they would still be playing along with this I swear way before the documentary ever even brought that up as a situation I said it you can ask her. I, it was that. I was like, "What?" It's like this at this point. Like something's weird about this. Oh yeah, for sure. The whole thing was definitely strange. But I kept, I kept just seeing the family as being like the stupidest people ever. I can I, listen. I'm. I believe that families are stupid and naive. But I'm saying the what, what's shown in this film is that they're aware that it's not. At a certain point, mm-hmm. there's no denying it. At a certain point, yet they're still cool with it. Not not that they want. Well, it's it, like they're cool with it. And the, I'm saying, in order to be, what what's the reason that you would be cool with it? And it's like, well, because probably It's almost like, oh man, I don't know, dude. Like I get the idea that they're grieving and blah blah, and they just want it to be true so bad, but. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There, there's something fishy going on here, man. I mean, there's two flip sides here, right? I mean, you can totally go with the theory that they did kill the kid, and this was like the perfect cover-up. Having this kid show, you know, just landing in your lap by chance is like it's like the golden ticket. Because if you have a kid there, obviously there's no investigation. It's insane. What about the fact that the but, brother said that the kid <laughs> tried to break into their house like a couple months later? What kid? His brother, the younger brother, the one that went missing, the older brother said, called the police and said that he saw his younger brother breaking into the house. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- what reason would you and and this happens a lot. What reason would you say that if it wasn't true? The only reason is because he's actually dead and you want people to think he's still alive. So they're not looking for somebody dead. Well, of course. That's it, don't you think that's a little bit fishy? Do you think that brother really was trying to break into their house? No, because why wouldn't he just knock on the door? Because that would be saying that he's alive. Yeah. And if he was alive, don't you think he would have shown up somewhere? Oh, for see, sure. that's super fishy. That's fucking super fishy. Yeah. And it, actually, and the other part too, where I guess the the brother showed up, or was it the brother? Yeah, when he when he met our imposter here for the first time, he just kind of went up to him. He's like, "Uh, yeah," and then walked away. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" That was that shit. I mean, if yeah, because he knew that that wasn't his fucking brother because he yeah. killed him and buried him out in the desert or in the backyard. See, I, I wish the story was more expanded and you had a little bit more story to it because it, it's you know. The way we get to perceive this story is like, what are the, I mean, 
if it was an accident, yeah, I can see accidents and people want to cover it up and shit like that. But th- there had to have been a motive there. Like, I don't think it was an accidental death. If it, if the family is responsible for the death, I don't think it's accidental. I think there's there's a reason why they did it. But what's I the mean? Fucking, but what's the fucking motive though? These thir- these kind th- of drug addicts can be kind of violent. Oh, for sure, for sure. But it's just, it's one of those situations where it's hard to fully judge given what we're presented with. I, I would don't like, know I would like how to believe... he died, why he died, yeah. but I am very confident that one of those fucking people had something to I do mean, with at the end of the, at the him end of the day, dying. It's the brother. At the end of the day, it is insanely hard to believe that only after three years of being away that you would take one look at that at our imposter and be like that's my son that's my brother like it's hard to believe it's only three years removed well actually technically four years i think it was four. he years. looks nothing fucking like him yeah i know I, I mean nothing at all not in the slightest bit i know Right, it's just it's absolutely insane. You to have me. to see it to believe it. That's why when you put that into perspective, it's like, man, you know, they had to have known, you know, kind of thing. But you know, going back to the imposter, we didn't really even talk about him, but this dude was a fucking ballsy man, ballsy. I mean, there was so a lot. There was a lot of stupid. There was a lot of stupid plays and a lot of mistakes made by authority him. that allowed. It's him also to- made by him. He fucked up a lot. He shouldn't have got involved in the media for one. He thought that it would help his case. Yeah. But it didn't. Oh, of course, man. I mean, what I was most interested about was why was he still fucking calling people from jail? Like, what was he, what was he getting fucking calling parents and stuff and lying no, about that? How guy? in the fuck does the system lock somebody up that's <laughs> known for taking identities and then allow him to make calls for 24 straight, 24 hours straight? What did yeah. they say? He made like 700 calls or some shit? I'm like, how does he have access to a fucking phone? Like, who are these authorities and what jails are these, man? This is ridiculous. But Yeah, usually phones cost money in jail. No, you're never in a jail with a fucking phone and you can start making calls and shit. It was insane to me. But, but man, like, he did, he brought up a point, though, when he was, you know, when he was sitting there waiting for his sister, quote unquote, to come pick him up. And he was like, actually, no, when he got there, he said, it started to run through my mind, like, what happens if this kid is still alive and he shows up one day? <laughs> Did you fucking they talk imagine? about that? Yeah, that's fucking. That's actually a crazy thought. Like, here I am trying to, or I'm supposed to be him. Yeah. And there's a possibility that this kid might actually show up one day. I mean, you know, it's slim to none kind of thing. But there's always that fucking idea. It's in the back of your mind. But what an insane story that you know. Listen, man. This could actually I, I wa- ever happen. It's crazy. The watching abducted in plain sight in this you know in a close proximity to each other which yeah. i believe all three of us did was yeah. just yeah. something something well, they were know. more retarded and abducted in plain well, sight. well here's but. the thing about abducted in plain sight i ha- have the same theory about these people these parents and abducted in plain sight were not that naive one the fucking father was a closet homosexual and he was attracted to dude and didn't want anybody finding out. So he turned a blind eye. The mother was in love with the fucking dude and she's fucking him and she's turning a blind eye. They knew what the fuck they were doing. They knew that he was molesting their daughter. They just didn't care enough to intervene because they were worried about their fucking personal shit. They try to play it like they oh I I didn't know like I they fucking knew they just didn't care. Well, enough. I mean, I you know what, man? 
No, I mean, fuck that. Those no, people no, did no, they knew, man. No, they no. fucking knew, dude. Of they let they... her sleep with it. Dude, they let her dude, I this know, guy but kidnapped you... her and then they let him her go with him again? Dude, Come they're naive. Dude, dude, you gotta understand. No, you gotta, no, you gotta understand. You gotta understand something here, man. This dude was a fucking master manipulator. Amazing. He had this thing planned from the start. He had his eyes set on the girl, and he put this plan into motion, which is amazing. I can't believe you're defending those piece of shit parents. Okay, you're just you. You don't be close-minded here. Come on, it's ridiculous. I'm pretty open-minded. I'm not defending them. I'm telling it how I think it is, man. So, this guy has a plan. He has a side set on this girl. He knows Ooh. what he wants his end result to be with her. Yeah. So, he figures that, you know, since he's so good at what he does, he can manipulate the mom into mm-hmm. basically, you know, giving herself up to him. Yeah. And so, he does the same thing. So, he goes, once he gets her, he decides, well, fuck, dude. Might as well get the guy. Right? Can you be and, manipulated into na- giving a dude a hand job? Dude, some people can, man. Honest can you? Dog. Well, I couldn't because I'm fucking strong willed, but there's dude, <laughs> no, there's, there's you're weak... not gay no. and you're not dumb and you're not an idiot. Dude, you'd be surprised. Not... But you have to you have to remember, man, like there's there's people out there that are just Dude. They do shit. You, they do shit, man. They really do. You're this guy constantly is wanting to be around your daughter. This guy is saying that he his therapy needs him to sleep with your daughter. Six this times. This guy takes your daughter for weeks, marries her in Mexico, marries her. Yeah. And I, you're telling me you're not going to think that she's he's probably trying to have sex with her in private? Dude. After he married her? Dude, okay, all this stuff happened after. He married her, after, dude. After all this stuff happened after he seduced the wife, basically seduced no, the no, husband. No. He did not seduce the wife before he married her. He the wife the wife started fucking him after he married her. No, daughter. no, but they but he had seduced her. They had made out before he had made out with her. Yeah. But, he touched this, her but breast. This, but this is my point. This is my point. So he had done this thing with the wife and she knew this was completely against her religion and she can't let this out. The same thing happened to the guy. He knows they're embarrassed. They want to conceal these things because they're these super religious people. They can't yeah. have everyone knowing about this shit because it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable to the people around them. It's not acceptable to their Wait, God. Wait, guys, what happened to people acceptable. don't know what this story is? How it's, the hell are they supposed to know what we're talking it's about? It's not acceptable to their fucking, their families, to anybody. So yeah, what happens so they're is, willing to let their daughter be the fucking scapegoat it's, so that they don't have dude, to have the, their fucking problems they're the out. biggest fucking piece of shit parents in the world they knew exactly what was going on once the neighbor had taken the daughter to mexico he knew they the parents know but they're willing to cover it up because of their own guilt that's my argument that admissions. they're pieces of shit yes, fucking but I'm and just, they knew and they like yeah they might have been naive at first you know that they, they probably thought he was a good guy and but stuff like that. But it's the whole religious like factor. Nice it's the whole religious factor here, man. They basically said, no, nothing happened. They took him. We gave him blah, blah, blah because of their own guilty admissions. They wanted. Yeah, he they blacked didn't want that sh- him into it. I'm going to tell everybody you're a homo if you don't fucking sign this paper saying yeah. that you gave me permission to take your daughter but to at Mexico. The end of the day, but at the end of the day, he didn't even need to do that. They weren't going to fucking – they weren't going to allow that shit to get out anyways. So he he didn't sign the paper though. What do you mean? 
he didn't sign the paper to allow him to get married in Mexico. You don't have to sign a fucking paper. It's legal in Mexico. But he wanted to come back here and marry her, and he wouldn't sign that. Yeah, right. but he, but well, he fucking what? It, what, it may have been back he, in those days, but he let the FBI. They fucking put a statement to where they dropped the charges with the FBI. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Dude, well, fuck those two idiots. Like when that dude was sitting there crying, like it was the worst thing I ever did. I was like, fuck you, dude. The worst thing you ever did was not jerking off that guy. It was letting your daughter get molested for fucking 10 years. Yeah, that's that's that, the worst thing you that, ever that, did. That's what happens when you're fucking, you're that wrapped up in religion and shit, man. You know? Just be That, that be was okay. the way they just dealt be, with it. Just stop being fucking afraid to be gay, dude. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, defi- okay. they're definitely fucking pieces of shit, those ones. For sure. Oh, man. I was, I couldn't believe, the worst parents in history. But then, you know, not only did that happen, they send her away to this fucking girl's school and then she gets yeah. abducted again. It's like, it, it's, the, it's the fucking most insane story ever. No, she does, she she runs away. Well, she yeah. She runs away and he puts her he, in yeah, the Yeah, he puts school. her in the girl's school. Because the, these fucking school is retarded too where they're like, oh yeah, you're in the CIA. I understand why we can't have any kind of social security numbers yeah. or anything like that's that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right that he put her there to, yeah, to he keep her there. And then honestly, he knew where he like, was. I don't want to talk shit on the abused, but man, like that alien shit was pretty dumb too. Yeah, but dude, you can brainwash people though, man. I mean, look at all the cults. I'm just people saying, get brainwashed all the time. That shit. I know, but like, th- but that's you though. This is a fucking super super naive girl that's probably taught. She's told all the right things. I mean, this is yeah, what this guy did. Her parents are he fucking was, dumb. He and never a, said, he "Hey, was, like, be careful, dude." Like. That's people religion. will try to trick you in life. That, that's religion. They don't talk about shit like that. They don't. I understand not talking about the sex stuff, but I'm just saying, like, in general, like, be aware that human beings are bad people and there are bad human Dude, beings out there. You'd be surprised the shit, not even that is even spoken, man. Because everyone is good in their eyes. You know, it's really fucked up, man. It's that mentality. It's really scary, actually. Too trusting. But. <laughs> Ratings. No, it was in in the seventies. It was a lot more trustworthy, and I agree with that. You know, even in the nineties, like we used to leave all our doors unlocked and stuff. We don't do that anymore. Um, it's just different now. And even the nineties weren't as chill as the seventies. So I understand that. I'm just saying, there's <clears throat> there's too much in this. Too much. Like one thing you might be able to excuse, okay. A second thing you might be like sleeping in the room before there was any allegations or whatever. But you got other people saying that he uh, assaulted their daughters and shit, and you're Mm. still letting the fucking dude come around. Like, there's some, there's some fucking. Yeah, that's fucking. I cannot believe these crazy ass people came on a fucking documentary and talked about it either. Jeez. Well, they wrote a book. It's, she wrote it's a book. fucking. It's people that are. You know, it's when you Nothing, get that wrapped no, up in this shit, man. What I say. So. You know what? If she did. She did one, write a. She did write a book, man. If there's one fucking cool thing about this thing, is how this woman who was, you know, unbelievably abused their whole childhood, bounced back from it and kind of took the power away from that guy in the end. That was pretty amazing and good for her to be able to get through that traumatic event because it seems like she was pretty well 
held together all things considering i was pretty impressed by that he did he gave her the uh, ticket though man you know to to finally you know kind of snap out of that fucking you know out of that brainwash though remember he said something on the lines of you know when you turn 16 like you know your family's gonna die whatever the fuck he's whatever he told her but then when she turned 16 she realized like what the fuck like the world's not taken over by alien like my family's still alive oh yeah and then she's like and then she she says in the interview she's like well i kind of like started to think (laughs) you know and i was like yeah you know like did you really think but that's brainwashing though right but it was it was Fuck it was it was the too. ticket. It was the gateway. Yeah, Weirdos, motherfucker. That dude need. I wish somebody would have beat that. As dude bad as that ass. guy, as bad as that guy was. I mean, you know, master, master ma- manipulator. But you know, the parents are the fucking. Oh, that's just so bad. You know, but that's the, the mind. Worst. That's the mindset that people get into, man. When they get involved in that type of shit, you know, it's like. I don't even feel bad for that dude who's become a meme. Yeah, dude, that's oh. the reliever. Oh man! When, when he said that he he leaned over and masturbated him off, I I actually laughed. Come on, man! It's just kids stuff. You know, I couldn't believe it him. when that happened. I was like, oh fuck! I was like, dude! I was <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, I couldn't believe it when that was playing out on the screen. I was like, I, I was like, this. And as it went on, I was like, this is a fucking work of fiction, right? Like, somebody wrote this, like, because this is the most twisty turn bullshit ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Well, I mean, it's, you know, going back to the imposter, it's the same type of thing, man. It's like, it's stranger than fiction, man. Yeah. Well, I think both, I think fucking both teams had ulterior motives. Um, but I give the imposter. I would like to think uh, that because that's actually the better story. To be honest, but you know, I just I just need the evidence. You know, there's definitely there's definitely some shit in there that leans you towards that for sure. I mean, I'm not saying I would convict them of a crime because I like if I was on a jury, I would be like, yeah, there's nothing here. But and I'm I do strongly believe in the, like shadow of a doubt thing. But I'm saying if I was a betting man, I'm like 80 percent sure that they fucking had something to do with their son's disappearance. At least one yeah, of them did. It, it's fair enough. Huh. It's fair enough. I just, you know, as a, it's hard to rate documentary sometimes, but, um, as a documentary, I thought it was pretty well done. You know, I, I wish uh, that they had a gotten more of the family the, members the to talk. One interesting thing. I I thought the one interesting thing about the imposter was that they let you know what happen from the very beginning like they let you know he's not their son and i thought you could maybe tell it in a more like revealing way later on like you know they found their son they bring him home he was in spain he's in school this that and the other and then they slowly start revealing i i thought it was an interesting way to just flat out but i think that the narration of the dude was so good that they just decided like Let's just put all our cards well, out I, on the table. I think, you know, the way they did it was actually nice. The way yeah, they did was it was good. good. But it's also called the imposter too, right? So you already know that there's something wrong there, you know. But it, it's well done. It's almost scary how good the guy was in the documentary. It's kind of crazy. Isn't it fucked up that he's, like, 
married. He's very charismatic. He's married with kids. Now, yeah. Like, he lives like this normal. I'm like, what the fuck? This is crazy. So crazy. I love when he talks about going back to school. (laughs) Because he's, like, so into it. He's like, I got to go and be a child again. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. 23 years old. And yeah, I get to do fuck. That's I would like to do that. I'd go back to school again right now. One thing I, I one fun. thing I don't like, even though I, the filmmakers definitely wanted to utilize him. I guess it wasn't him too, but like, I'm not a big fan of reenactments, dramatization, dramatizations in documentaries. I'm not either. I hate that. And I wish they hadn't like, that was kind of the downfall for me just a little bit there. I was like, I but that's a TV things. thing. It's a TV made documentary. So it makes sense. I know, but you don't have to have that though. Well, like, I've always hated dra- it's, it's dramatizations so in documentaries. Yeah. I, always hated it too man i'm down with it in like other true crime stuff like forensic files and stuff but i don't even like it in anything i don't like i don't like to see i what you're telling me is good enough i don't know it's something weird about that i just never really cared for Uh, definitely i definitely need to have some dramatization yeah fuck no i'm good um like unsolved mysteries i couldn't fucking there would be no way that show would be good without dramas dramatizations Oh man, Robert Stack's voice is just scary enough, man. <laughs> uh, so, Imposter, I gave a seven out of ten, and Abducted in Plain Sight, I gave an eight. Are we giving a rating on that one too? Uh, I mean, we pretty much fucking reviewed it. <laughs> yeah, too bad you didn't tell what the story was, and nobody had any idea what was going on. But unfortunately, whenever I brought up an idea, no one answers me. So, everybody's seen it, dude. It's it's about a girl that gets abducted, brainwashed, and yeah it's yeah simple. we pretty much said that didn't we it's pretty simple yeah jeremy what do you give it uh eight to both i don't remember what i gave abducted in plain sight i think you gave it a nine something yeah i think it was nine point five. yeah it was just like shocking i i kept saying to myself the whole time i was watching i was like what the fuck man this kid can't make this shit up man this is crazy no it's it's really fucking good i think i'm like bitter at the people and that affected my rating <laughs> but i like the way i like the way that documentary was done too like it had you know the parents like, it's crazy that the parents on there but you know the girl herself like there was just a lot of really good interviews a lot of good insight and stuff and it, it was done well it was really done so dude you know who you know who else was a piece of shit in that documentary Jesus. the fucking brother the brother was a piece of shit. He's like, yeah, man, he's always been attracted to young girls. I thought it was pretty weird myself. And he's yeah. like, I turned him in. I was worried he was never going to talk to me again. I'm like, who gives a fuck if he ever talks no. to you again? He's a fucking child molester. No, the fucking, the, the brutal, after the, the first, or whatever the fuck it was, he's like, yeah, he came and worked for me, sold some cars. And like, he can really sell somebody on some shit. And I'm like, Dude, he's a master manipulator. That's his fucking life. That's his job. The worst thing ever was when he said, like, yeah, I knew. I knew right away because he was always attracted to young girls. I thought it was weird. Oh, I know, man. I'm like, dude, you piece of shit. I know, man. I I thought the exact same thing. That's fucking. It was like everybody I was meeting in that fucking documentary was a piece of shit. (laughs) That thing, that thing made me so mad. I was sitting there fuming. Dylan even commented on my thing. He's like, that was the most frustrating documentary I've ever watched. Yeah, I did. I gave Abducted in Plain Sight nine and a half. I thought it was just really good. I give The Imposter probably eight and a half. Um, yeah, the reenactment. I think I might have liked it more if I hadn't 
already known the story. The one thing that I didn't know was that I that, that, that they because the thing that I saw they never talked about the fact that maybe that the people killed the things. So that was a nice touch, but anyway. That that was actually a good film for a featured review, like for a documentary. Mm-hmm. There was a lot that unfold with that. Well, every documentary is like that, especially Crime something like especially something like that where you don't really know because the body's never been found. You don't really know the story, so there's a lot of hypothetical and you know situations you can come up with and ideas. Yeah, man, but. that's fucking crazy. <gasps> I can't believe that dude got away with that. Well, but yeah, I he will didn't say get away, the, but he was yeah, he was the very first person in American history ever to uh accomplish that to take the identity of a missing person. It's pretty interesting. Only in America, man. Only in America. America. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> and he wasn't even American what, to do what, it. What <laughs> what law did he because like he he didn't he only got like six years and i think most of it was for like coming to america uh, it's, <laughs> illegally it's no. wasn't that what, what most of the charges was it was like coming to it's america basically, illegally? it's basically fraud it's like um stealing like stealing someone's identity identity is a crime right so i can't remember exactly what they call it but but that's all they can really get him on they're yeah. the ones that let he him only, in the he country. only got six years for it yeah that's why he's married. Seemed like, seem like worth a yeah, shot. Yeah, but does he get deported or is he a U.S. citizen still? Oh, fuck no. He's definitely deported. No, he's he was Yeah. He was never a U.S. citizen. No, that was revoked. <laughs> Once he lost that uh, blonde hair, blue eye identity. But yeah, that is uh, The Imposter from 2012. And abducted in plain sight from 2000. <laughs> I, I guess we'll throw that in there. That was definitely yeah. in there. So, we have a bunch more reviews to do, too. 27. So, so stay tuned. <laughs> so stay tuned for some dub, dub, dub. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. All righty, getting into the dub 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 portion of the show, which is what we watched. Jeremy, that was a great fart. I enjoyed that. That was awesome. How, how amazing was it? Did it pick up perfect? <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Dub, dub, dub. Who wants to start us off this week? I will go first. And the first film that I'm going to talk about was actually a weird pick, man. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, and that is The Batman versus dracula from 2005 which is a batman animated movie involving the caped crusader what taking fuck? on dracula it's the same guy who gave you your pick which is awful in my pick yeah well this isn't awful yeah luckily so uh it basically follows the joker and the penguin who are breaking out of arkham because they know where some secret treasure is and 
they break out. They go to this cemetery where this treasure is supposed to be buried in this tomb. Batman interferes, captures the Joker, thinks he kills him by dumping him off like a bridge or something into some water and he gets electrocuted because he had like a hand buzzer thing and then uh the penguin opens the crypt but cuts himself on his blade umbrella drips a little blood into the coffin which happens to be the coffin of dracula he comes alive and he's like yo this is in transylvania and they're like well your body must have been moved after you died uh so he basically you know starts infiltrating gotham and he calls himself Alucard, of course. Uh, Batman eventually figures out, like, wait a minute, Alucard? Fancy. That seems like Dracula spelled backwards. So um, he, be, you know, gets onto uh, Mister uh, Alucard or Dracula. And meanwhile, Dracula is sort of like turning people into vampires, and he hypnotizes the Penguin so that he's on his side. So he got a little henchman, uh, and. One of the um, one of the cooler things is that the Joker ends up coming back and he gets turned into a vampire. So you have like a vampire Joker, which is pretty cool. The only thing I, I don't know which series this came from, like which era of Batman, but I do not like the look of the Joker. He has like dreadlocks or something. It's a weird version of the Joker that I, had, I don't think I had seen before. Um it's not like the Mark Hamill one from the original Batman series that I watched. Um, I don't know which version it is, but I, I don't really, I didn't really like the Joker and Joker's like my favorite character. So it was a little weak. Um, but one cool thing is like, obviously like Dracula, like, ha- like is kind of like a bat, you know what I mean? And Batman. So like the public assumes that Batman is doing all this stuff because of the bat thing. And then you also find out Dracula had a wife and he's trying to bring her back. So she, he's like taking this reporter thing. Batman creates like a serum. Um, and that, I mean, that's the plot. I don't really know how to review this other than just give the plot, but I thought that it was actually pretty entertaining for a Batman movie. I was like, Oh, this is, this is, I've never watched a Batman animated movie before. And I was like, okay, like there's actually, a little bit of darker stuff in here with like the crypt and you know the blood and you know turning people biting people and Damn, stuff dude, like there's that r-rated batman movies now bro yeah i know i heard yeah. but um this is uh more of like the kid yeah friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i'm just saying <laughs> yeah um it was cool cool to kind of a cool villain to bring into the batman universe um and yeah that's about it it was it was all right uh i wouldn't it's not really my i'm not gonna watch a bunch of these they just don't interest me that much but for like a one-off thing it wasn't too bad i gave it a seven out of ten so dracula versus batman seven out of ten damn you recently watched another movie with a character called al yukard dracula 1972 yeah johnny al man yeah Dracula they do backwards. that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. It works. Seven, right. seven out of ten. I'll go next. Wow. All right. You're talking about the 1963 black and white exploitation film titled "The Sadist," also known as "Sweet Baby Charlie." Uh, this film is a favorite of Joe Dante and uh, a bunch of other directors really likes this film. Sorsese is a huge fan of this film, so um, 
quite a interesting film for 1963. Uh, one of the first kind of exploitation films to come out. And we follow these three school teachers who are going to a Dodgers game. And as they're driving along, their car breaks down at this, it's kind of like a rest stop garage kind of setting. And uh, one of the teachers starts looking at the car and notices that uh, it needs, I forgot what part, I think it's a fuel pump. So they're looking around this junkyard kind of um, place and they come across uh, Arch Hall Jr.'s character with his girlfriend. And they're like this, um, you know, the runaway Bonnie and Clyde, dirty, gross kind of characters. And they're basically just holding these three teachers pretty much for hostage and, you know, toying with them and having fun with them and trying to make them uh, fix the car so they could take it to get away and to go down to their next place of crime-ridding fun. And it's basically just them. It's a, it's a character piece, character study between these three teachers and this uh, dirty guy and his girlfriend and... Um, one of the teachers who is a uh, female, you know, she, she gets down and dirty, not that kind of way, but she's in the dirt and she's rolling around and getting physical with Arch Hall Jr.'s character and things like that. Pretty uh, revolutionary for the time. You know, I give this broad credit. She really, she really gets down and dirty and gets in the dirt and gets all dirty and things like that. Um, it's an interesting film, I have to say. You know, it's a film that is uh, based around characters. So, uh, you, you know, they have to be somewhat interesting and and, and uh, uh, wanting to be around. So I think, you know, who the cast did, did really well and everything like that. Art Charles Jr., who's, you know, a legendary character actor, does a fantastic job in this role. He's definitely the highlight of this movie. He just has a kind of look to him that is, is a great villain, dirty bad kind of guy kind of look to him and you know the movie has some blood and you know people get shot in the face and it's effective and it shows stuff pretty graphically for a 1963 film so um i really liked it you know this is a film that always was a public domain kind of film so it never really had a good release um until recently where co-read released the blu-ray under the sweet baby charlie title and yeah the reverse artwork is actually the sadist yeah unfortunately i had to watch the shitty public domain version because i couldn't find i couldn't find that transfer anywhere which is unfortunate because i heard it's a completely different looking film but oh, it's amazing i have yeah it. yeah it's really <laughs> but um you know i'd be curious to pick it up if i come across it for a good price but with the way code red is happening right now i don't know if that's ever going to happen but you know what uh, it unfortunately just went out of print yeah yeah so i give it a i give it a seven out of ten i don't love the film as much as moods oh i love it but so good. i still think it's a really enjoyable early exploitation american exploitation film so yeah i think if you come across it and have some time check it out pretty revolutionary film so the yeah. sadist yeah Archall's uh, performance is amazing in this movie. It just yeah. he pulls it off so good. Totally amazing shit. Still alive too. Is he really? Wow. Yep. Crazy. Crazy. All right. So first up tonight is a Patreon pick courtesy of the homeboy Mikey Fisher, and he's usually pretty polite to me. He doesn't give me the worst shit in the world. Oh yeah, that one is from uh, Tony Hart. 
There you go. Uh, this one is coming from the 90s, a film called The Invisible Maniac. Now, it's a movie I'd actually never seen before, and Mikey obviously pays attention because I don't know how he f- manages to find these movies that I've never seen before and give them to me, but he does, and that's impressive. So, But uh, I'd heard of the film, never seen it before. I actually always thought it was like a straight-up comedy. It, it more or less is. It's, it's a comedy horror film, obviously, by the title. Um, it's basically about our main character, which <laughs> his fucking name, man, Kevin Dorwinkle is like, <laughs> it's, it's like so perfect. Cause he's such a fucking dork. We get a little of a, a little bit of a glimpse of him as him as a child in the beginning of the film where, you know, he's essentially a peeping Tom. He gets busted by his mom, peeping on the neighbor through his telescope and shit. 20 years later, it cuts to, and, uh, he's now a scientist and he's, sh- He's uh, in this room where he's going to, you know, basically show his uh, colleagues this uh, this formula that he's come up with to make himself invisible. And, of course, he, you know, he's showing them this invisibility, um, you know, formula and stuff. And it doesn't really exactly go as planned. It doesn't really work that well. Of course, they all laugh at him. He snaps and kills all of them. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, of course, he gets put away in the nuthouse. He escapes later on uh, and becomes a school teacher. Becomes a school teacher where now he's perfected this formula to make himself invisible. And now he's just on a on a quest to do deviant things like peep on naked teenage girls and shit. Um, it's actually a really really fun movie i had a blast with this really what sells this movie is the main character played by noel peters man like <laughs> as a teacher it almost should have been called the laughing maniac because this dude's laugh and cackle through the entire movie is like beyond ridiculous like you know you know when you hear somebody laughing it kind of makes you laugh because you know they're just you know laughing a lot and shit well that's exactly what's happening in this movie he's just fucking howling through the whole thing and it just it kills me but it's a very typical sh- typical shit you know it's like you know, this guy peeping on teenagers is lots of lots of nudity, uh, some ridiculousness that's going on. And what's kind of cool about this movie is that it, it's got a really fun ending to it. Uh, directed by Adam Rifkin, actually directed this one. This one film by Adam Rifkin I'd never really seen before. Uh, he's, of course, noted for directing probably one of my favorite, favorite not. That's dude, that, that's his laugh through the entire movie. It's literally that. It's literally that. It's so funny. It's just it. it might get old to some people, but he's just, it's funny. Uh, Adam Ripkin is probably most notable for directing Detroit Rock City, which is a fantastic movie. Oh, I love that film. Yeah, and, he, you know, he you know he did this one in 1990. It was one of his first movies, and he, he directed the sequel to Psycho Cop, which Psycho Top Cop Returns is, oh, it's goofy like this one, man. It's definitely in the same type of realm. Um, then he went and did, you know, of course, Detroit Rock City, which is amazing shit. And then he directed the Wadzilla segment in Chillerama, which is... You know, okay, I guess it's kind of gay, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it definitely shows his uh, you know his filmmaking skills right there. But the Invisible Maniac actually kind of a damn fun movie. You know, it runs. Doesn't st- have a release, right? It doesn't. It's straight on VHS, and it's uh, pretty self-explanatory, man. It's about a dude just doing ridiculous shit, man, because he's invisible and. Some of the scenes, the way they're shot when he's invisible, are so fucking funny, dude. I, I literally was pissing myself through this whole movie. It's like, I don't know. Some people really get the comedy in it, but 
it was highly entertaining, highly, highly entertaining for a movie that, you know, was pushing 90 minutes. It kept me entertained through the whole damn thing. But, you know, it's a horror comedy film. It's It's got its moments and shit. And I'm going to come in about a six and a half out of ten. It was definitely worth the watch. Again, Mikey, thank you for pointing out a film I'd never seen before because it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. So, All right. <clears throat> so uh, next up for me is from Gino Cyber. And this one, uh, I always wonder like why they pick them. But it's Hollow Man, more importantly, Hollow Man, the director's cut from the year 2000. I had to go find the director's cut. Um. I always wonder, like, wonder why this person wanted to hear this film from me. You know what I mean? Is it just random? Who knows? Did they just want to hear somebody talk about it? Or is it, like, more specifically, like, they wanted to hear me talk about it? Well, you've talked about it, to me at least, about it before, I remember. Maybe he's just, like, a really big Kevin Bacon fan. He's like, I want to hear someone else talk about Kevin Bacon. I mean, just just in passing conversation, I think we've talked about it before. I don't ever remember talking about it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Hollow Man. That you've always liked it. You know, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Maybe it's because he... He knows that you like this era of films? I don't think... Uh, no. I mean, I, we've talked about this specific... Anyway, go on. Sorry. Uh, Hollow Man from the year 2000 uh, basically follows a research team who are, you know, funded by the government in, like, a secret lab under, like, this, you know, just sort of warehouse industrial section of this, you know, blocked-off area, military-type stuff. Um, and they're researching, you know, this ability for invisibility and, um, they test it on animals, you know, dogs, cats, gorillas, and they've perfected the invisible aspect of it. They can make things go invisible. What they're trying to do is make them come back from invisibility. And it's led by Kevin Bacon. He's like the genius behind it. But there's other scientists. And What's with this invisibility shit right now? I know, right? That, that's weird. Um, that's why I picked this one next, actually. <laughs> about. Um, but so, you know, it, he, he's the head of this thing. But there's all these scientists. And um, subplot involves him and another scientist who used to hook up. But he's very arrogant. So they broke it off at some point now she's dating secretly another scientist so there's that subplot that comes to a head later on in the film but essentially they eventually figure out how to bring the gorilla out of the invisibility so they want to test it on humans but the government kind of shuts it down they're like nah nah but kevin bacon like all scientists don't give a damn and uh you know all great scientists and he's gonna test it on himself so he goes invisible uh, messes around with it a little bit. They try to bring him back and can't. He almost dies. So they're trying to work on a new version uh, of the serum to ma- bring him back out. Meanwhile, he's going like mad. And they don't necessarily say it's from the invisibility or just because he's kind of a douchebag. Um, but it's probably a combination of both, like the power of invisibility. Dude, this movie is really underrated. Like the this film goes in places where you would just never expect it to. Um like there's like early on, like not even long after he's invisible, he's already abusing the power of it. Like he sneaks out of his room and there's like kind of a girl that he doesn't get along with, you know, kind of cute. 
and she's like sleeping she's supposed to be guarding the thing and he just walks up and straight up takes her titty out and starts playing with it while she's sleeping and you're just like yo <laughs> like this is kind of <laughs> fucked up you know and then i won't spoil it but there's like a really fucked up scene later on and i just forgot how far this film pushes that aspect and um i really like that about it it does not hold you know hold any punches back like it it it's like the ultimate peeping tom shit man yeah yeah no it is and then it's interesting because it makes you start thinking about stuff that you would do you know Mm -hmm. and um like i i don't really think about i I don't really think about defiling women (laughs) i mean i don't think about you know molesting someone but at the same time like i can't say that i would be morally like perfect like that is a lot of power to be invisible you know you can steal shit you can walk up behind people and whisper shit in their ears <laughs> like they say and like the one guy says yeah. you can walk into the girl's locker room you know what i mean like what what you like to think that you're a good person but what would you do you know what i mean it's kind of it's it's a it's a very serious like thought like i would probably get rich yeah that'd be my goal man you could totally fuck with your friends so bad though right yeah like they call you up one day like yeah man you want to go out with us saying like nah man nah like you just and then you just are there you just have a hunch that they've been talking shit about you behind your back and shit and you're like nah man i'm cool i'm gonna stay in you know eat some fucking popcorn watch a movie and shit no they go out and you're right there with him. You get to listen to everything yeah. they're saying and shit. <laughs> yeah, and he does do that. Like he'll just be it's in fucked the up. Be talking about him, and they won't know. Yeah. Um, Kevin Bacon does Amazing a great man. job playing this guy. Um, I honestly, like, I'd always liked this movie. Like I'd seen it when it came out, 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. I remember being a kid and my uncle renting it. Um, and I'd seen it on TV one or two times. I'd, I always heard like. It was like almost like people talk bad about it or like they didn't take it seriously. Like, oh, that Kevin Bacon Invisible Man movie. But, dude, this movie kicks ass and it should be respected as the best Invisible Man movie since the original. And uh, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. I've awesome. never seen it. I have it. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Oh, eight and a half. You got you, you haven't seen nothing, man. Invisible Maniac, dude. Come on. <laughs> I had that Mill Creek double set with the second movie. Yeah. And that is the director's cut, so. Nice. Hmm. Might check that out tomorrow, actually. Watch Invisible Maniac. <laughs> I'm up. Uh, okay, I'll just go down the list. This one's from Jelly Bane 801 from the year 2002. And it is called Scooby Doo. All right. <laughs> Scooby I didn't Doo. watch that one in prep for the O2 show. That one kind of fell under the radar. Scooby yeah, Doo oddly enough, it fell off my radar too. That's weird. Written by James Gunn, early James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, I know his original script was supposed to be more darker and more uh, uh, different compared to what actually ended up being on the screen. Now, I was a Nick kid. Scooby-Doo was past my time. I didn't really watch Scooby-Doo growing up too much. I'm familiar with it, but... I wasn't too into the cartoon, so I'm not as familiar with the uh, source material as I should be, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Um, This movie just 
does not age. You know, you watch the movie and it just oozes the year 2002 with all the fucking wardrobe and the music choices and the pop culture references and everything like that. I mean, you just it just oozes uh, the early 2000s. So we follow, of course, the gang, Daphne, Shaggy, Felma, Fred, and, of course, Scooby-Doo as they solve the famous uh, freaking um, Withers uh, mystery at the beginning of the film, Old Man Withers. And they pretty much break up because they're not getting along. And one day they all get invited to this spring break theme park island in the middle of the ocean where all these spring breakers go and um something weird is going on on this island um you know people are coming and well all these teenagers are coming and they're basically uh turning into like robots emotionless kind of creatures and the scooby-doo gang have to come and solve the mystery and save the day this movie has so many hot women in it. It's fucking insane. Like, they casted the hottest women in this movie, and all their fucking tits are low-cut shirts and things like that throughout the entire fucking movie. It's actually pretty It's pretty humorous when you really pay attention and you, and you look at all the female actresses in this movie, and they're all wearing low-cut dresses and shirts and everything like that. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny. Uh, like I said, the movie doesn't age that well. Uh, some of the dialogue is... It is what it is, you know. It's a kids' movie, so it's going to be goofy. A lot, a lot of fart jokes between Shaggy and Scooby, and of course Scooby's CG. So that's going to be a thing by itself. But um, uh, the the way that the movie's shot and everything, I think it represents what I know about the the source material pretty well. I think everything like that works. Uh, the mystery and everything like that is pretty well done, and everything like that. I'm not a fan of the dialogue and the script writing. I mean, I, it, it's funny for me, maybe if I was a little bit younger, but now, you know, which I still like fart and burp jokes, but these are, you know, targeted towards kids. So it, it's not as funny. And I think these, these Hanna-Barbera animated films, like, I know JP likes this movie, like the Flintstones, and I know Garfield isn't Hanna-Barbera, but Garfield and these live-action films that are based off cartoons, they don't age very well. And, they, and you know, they don't as, – as time goes on, I think uh, less and less people are going to appreciate them. And I think this film is definitely the case. It's a product of its time. But it's well-made and everything like that. Uh, it's well-acted and, and stuff like that. So I just give it a 5 out of 10. You know, the film isn't written for me or anything like that, and it's not targeted towards me, but I appreciate it for what it is, and I'm pretty, it made a lot of money, so. Fucking <laughs> like uh, Mark McGrath is in that movie. <laughs> yep, Sugar Ray. That's <laughs> ah, fucking funny, dude. <sighs> Pamela Anderson's in it, and she has a little cut dress on, and um, yeah. everybody else with their titties hanging out, but um, yeah, it's. I think it's a pretty accurate um, description of the cartoon, and sh- and uh, Shaggy performs this theme song, played by Matthew Lillard. Oh, no, man. no, 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 not that Shaggy, the rapper Shaggy. Oh, really? Fuck, man, I haven't seen this movie forever. I don't even remember it, man. I was like looking at the <laughs> cast: got Sarah Michelle Gellar, 
Fucking Linda Cardinelli's in it, man. Ilsa yep. Fisher. Fuck, she's hot, man. Oh, she's so it's hot. It's got fucking movie. Miguel Nunez Jr. in it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep, like I said, very Hawana Man. I remember That's kind of random man. casting. Rowan Atkins is... Oh, fuck, this is crazy. Yeah. And, of Hawana. course, the Hawana fag, man. The fag sucks, himself, but... Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, yep. man, so bad. He plays Fred. But, yeah, um, that's poor casting. Like I said, I mean, but for 2002, that's pretty good casting. You know, it's a lot of popular people from the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of well-known pop culture people there. So it makes sense for the time. Now we just look at it and we think it's fucking funny. But it, it like I said, film of its time. I've never seen, I never seen it, but I always was like, oh, dude. Matt, Matthew Lillard is Shaggy. That just seems right. <laughs> like I never seen it, but I just it just feels right. That's actually I mean, not he's, bad. He does yeah. a good job. Like he's good. He's they're all casted really well for for the source material. I'll just Scooby as a fucking CG is uh, and he's and he's fucking annoying to be completely honest with you. But um, interesting film, and I'm I'm kind of appreciated that I had to review it because I probably would never watch it. So. Um, Hopefully, I don't have to do the sequel next month. But for this time, it was okay. Fuck that. Give him the sequel. (laughs) Uh, I'd watch it. At least, like, all the cast is back and everything like that. So, you know, it should be the same. Nice. Nice. Okay. Next Patreon pick is coming from the homeboy, Derek. A film from 2009 titled Dark and Stormy Night. Now... I didn't really know much about this director, Larry Blameyer. Now, what he does is he basically does kind of uh, throwback-type satires to certain eras and shit. And this movie itself is kind of like a satire on, you know, 30s and 40s, you know, dark house films. So, basically what we have here is this family kind of gathers in this in this castle for a will reading. And... Um, it doesn't go as planned as everyone starts getting picked off one by one by a killer in the house. And meanwhile, you have like these two kind of reporters that are kind of scrapping for, you know, the, the, the story, the main story in the film. This is a really interesting film, you know, shot in 2009. And man, I got to say, man, he did a really good job of, you know, doing a parody of, these films from this period in the thirties and forties, these dark, these dark old dark house type films, these mystery type films, um, it's shot in black and white. I got to say the aesthetic and the, the wardrobes used in this were fantastic, man. Really? The costumes were really well done for the time. But, but the thing is that really kind of sells this film is the dialogue and the acting the dialogue is so perfect for the time. You know when you watch old 30s and 40s films and shit, the dialogue can be kind of up the, out there and the actors are definitely overacting and shit. It's perfect. These guys pull it off perfect. The overacting, the the dialogue is really kind of cheesy and, you know, of the times it really is. Cinematography is fantastic, but, you know, setting the sets that they built for this are fantastic also. For a low-budget film... I was really kind of blown away at how well this was done. Um, And it's got a great mystery. It really does. It's a simple premise. You know, we've all seen the premise done before where a family shows up 
and you know people start getting picked off one by one and who's the fucking killer you know it's the whole clue thing and uh this one does it really well it does it really well you actually have no idea who the killer is and uh it's got some twists and turns towards the end that are actually really well done also but um i gotta say man it's a really great parody of the old dark house type films it's got all the tropes in there all the tropes that were set you know made from those times and shit done very well now you're probably thinking is the movie really really goofy it actually isn't i was surprised i thought going into this it was going to be a lot more goofy than it was i thought they were going to really try to exploit the the comedy elements of it and stuff but no the the dialogue and the jokes and stuff are actually really really damn smart there's a lot of throwbacks to classic you know films and shit i'm not going to give those away right now but there's quite a damn few in the film so if you're familiar with films from the 30s and 40s and all the tropes of those times and shit they're all prevalent here they're very well done. I was quite shocked at how well this film was was done. Um, and Shell Factory did a good job releasing this. Like, the DVD looks fantastic. I was really taken back by it. I was like, damn, really good stuff. But, um, yeah, overall, completely interesting film. Characters are awesome. Uh, eight and a half out of ten. You know, I don't want to give too much about it or away from it, but uh, you definitely got to check out Dark and Stormy Night. And it really makes me want to check out more films from him. Because, again, you know, he does these type of films for different eras. I know he's done one for the 50s and, and things like that, too. So, But uh, Dark and Stormy Night, awesome, awesome film. Give it a shot. That one sounded pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like the idea of that. Yeah. Uh, so moving along here, uh, I got a film from – who the hell gave me this? Um, Rob Hankins. This is another good pick. This is I love when they give me shit that I either could have seen or like should like should have seen or just you know a, a one that is I'm gonna enjoy. You know what I mean? And uh, that is the case with this one. And we have uh, Calvary or the ordeal, depending on what title you go for uh, from 2004. Um. Where's this film from? French or Belgium, I think. Belgium. <clears throat> Belgium. Uh, and it basically follows this guy who is um, a musician. He's like an artist, if you will. And he is traveling from one location to another location where he's going to be performing on Christmas Day uh, or Christmas Eve. I can't remember. And he's driving his van down like a dark and stormy road, like uh, back like countryside practically references the last movie I reviewed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Practically like, you know, just backwoods. Like it's not backwoods to, it's like what backwoods in America would be, you know, but like countryside, some weird area where he's at. And he basically breaks down. He meets this weirdo dude in the woods. (laughs) Dude just rolls up on him and he's like, have you seen my Bella? which is his dog. And then he's like, no. And he's like, I saw a sign for an inn. Do you know where that is? And he's like, yeah, but be quiet. Cause I'm looking for my dog. So he starts taking him through the woods <laughs> and he's like, so is it cool that I just like left my van out there, like on the road? And he, <laughs> there's like a really smart ass line. He's like, um, I told you to be quiet for that to happen. It means that your mouth must be silent or something. And I was just like, okay, this is getting weird. Um, so he goes to this little cottage 
And this guy is like this innkeeper, you know, invites him in and gives him a room. Next morning, he pulls up with his van that he, you know, towed with a tractor. And he's like, I'll fix it. But, you know, first, let's uh, get you some breakfast or something. He's like, I got to go. And um, he basically decides to chill for a minute and then let this guy work on his thing because the mechanic's not around right now. So he, you know, decides to wander around a little bit. Then we follow this weird innkeeper dude who's throwing off these weird vibes right away. And he starts going through all dude's stuff. And you're like, okay, this is obviously good. This screaming horror movie, you know what I mean? Like, this is bad. Um, and this guy doesn't want to – you could get the vibe that he doesn't want to let him leave. So he keeps making up reasons why the, you know, car won't work or, you know, the mechanic ain't around or whatever. Um, and while he's walking, you know, through the village area, like the woods, he happens upon, I couldn't tell what it is, but it looked like a group of dudes fucking a pig. I couldn't tell if that's what was happening or not, but, and he's like, Oh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. So he runs back to the, <laughs> so he runs back to the, uh, um, the, the, you know, in, and, uh, it basically gets really fucked up after that and super yeah. depressing. Um, I'll say I absolutely loved the setup to this film. I thought even the way it was shot when he's driving down the, the, you know, rainy night, it's creepy. And I was like, Oh man, it really does feel like he's in a very secluded area. And then when he happens upon the inn and like the, the, the architecture of that setting is a beautiful, it's just old and, you know, not American looking and it just looks creepy. Um, the village and all, all the locations around like the farmland around him. It just feels so secluded and like what we would refer to as like hillbilly or backwoods in America, but obviously not the same from, for cultural reasons. Um, and man, dude, it's like, it's, it gets really weird. The only thing I don't like about it is the very end. I just didn't understand what they were trying to say in the ending and, um, the way the character acts at the end and i was just like this is kind of weird I, I don't think i like that it actually hurt my rating i went from like a nine all the way down to an eight um but yeah i mean the it was it was really really good up until that point um i was sucked into this movie immediately it's set on christmas too there's even a christmas tree so that's kind of cool uh, great location and weird characters and good good casting and shit on this one great great movie though Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still I have. I have all. a copy sitting right here for you. I was actually the showing, I was, like, I was the showing one the guys like seven years old. I was showing the guys the other night on just before you got on there. <laughs> I have fucking this copy of fucking Calvary for you. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I picked it up like last year or something like that. Did you say you seen this, Jeremy? Oh yeah. Long. I I thought I reviewed it on the show. I've seen it a long time Man, ago. dude, I, it's a movie I got to revisit too because I I, yeah, remember, I don't remember much about. I remember it, certain I, scenes, but the ending, I've honestly I don't remember at all. So yeah, I reviewed it on episode one hundred and twenty-three. Oh, that wasn't even far away. That's not even what. You reviewed it on one twenty-three. Yeah. I don't even remember the review. Umberto Lenzi's director spotlight. Oh yeah, it so, was, a, it was a fucking... not this Italian horror, but last year's Italian horror. Yes, and I wonder why I don't remember. It was a year and a half ago. Was that a Patreon pick? It definitely, no, was. pick of the week. Oh, why did you watch it? Because I had it on the shelf and I wanted. It to It was watch just it. a random watch, huh? Yeah, that is pretty random for him. 
What did you rate it? Seven and a half. And you gave it what, JP? I gave it an eight, but I was like in the nine range before the ending. I have to rewatch it. I remember it being depressing and bleak, though, at the end. Yeah. Well, the whole, like, once shit starts going down, it's really depressing. Yeah. Yeah, I got to revisit that one, man. If if you if the listeners out there have never seen it, man, give it a shot. It's it reminds me of like just you know the good type of movies that you hope for, like uh, especially from that era, you know, the foreign horror that was really good at the yeah. time. Yeah, good stuff. Yep. All right, next up, it's finally happening from James Cox, Vince Vaughn Nation Boys, nineteen ninety eight. Psycho, directed by Gus Van Sant, starring Fence Fawn and Julian. Uh, it's Hall, so Edel sucks that Gus Van Sant directed it, because otherwise, you know, pretty good director. Oh, amazing director. The problem with this movie is that the thing with Psycho is it works so well for a film made in 1960. The audience of that time, uh. It's a narrative that works for that kind of time period. But when you take the same exact story and you place it in a film that takes place almost at the 21st century in 1998, it just doesn't work as well. And it just doesn't hit the beats of a narrative that us watchers of modern times are used to seeing and, uh, you know, watching. And I think that is a huge problem with this movie is just the narrative did not age well for a modern audience. And that's the big problem with this film. Um, because basically it's the same movie, shot by shot, same score, everything like that. I mean, some changes were changed. You know, the murders was a little bit more bloody and things like that. But, and of course, the dream sequences during the. Isn't that scenes, the biggest but, problem, though, that it's pretty much the exact same film? Yeah, but it's not the fact that it's the same exact film. It's just that the narrative does not fit modern times, and it just—it's boring. It's I disagree with but, but what? You, but like, seen it work. And I have a hell. hard time with what you're saying right there because if you're watching Psycho, the original film, for mm-hmm. the first time in 2019, don't you think it would work? I mean, yeah, but it's like when you take all these modern actors and everything like that, put it in color, add the the things that we have in 2019. Because when you watch that film, you know what you're watching a 1960 film, and you know that things like when we talked about last week with the, with the thing from Another World is they didn't have certain techniques and things like that that they could use at that time to make that film maybe more a little bit more uh, modern and more extreme. But this film had, you know. 38 years worth of development and technological advancements and things like that. And it's just not a, a modern feeling narrative when you watch it and you, you, when you have the mindset of all, this is a, a modern film. Like I said, I think you have that mindset that it's, Oh, this is a, this is a 1916 film. I have these expectations when I watch it. I just don't feel like in a modern narrative, it doesn't work that well, in my opinion. Hmm. And I and, see. And I, I don't think. I don't think. Like because in think my about opinion, it. If it's a shot for shot remake, why do so much? Why do so many people hate the fucking movie? 
And why do so many people shit on the movie? Because it's a shot for shot remake. Okay. Well, that's the biggest, that's the biggest reason. Why why wouldn't they like it just as much if it's the same exact fucking thing? Why isn't it the same rating as every, it's it's essentially, it's essentially pointless. It's almost offensive. Oh, okay. So it's pointless. Okay. But I mean, but, honestly, like, dude, like, but that doesn't change I, I'm anything. A, from... I'm not a remake hater. We've discussed this millions of times. But when you're gonna shot for shot a film and just modernize it, to me, it seems pointless. Mm-hmm. Remake... It's like the one time they've ever fucking did it, and it's and, it was, not... dumb. and yeah. it was an experiment, and it clearly didn't work. So that's yeah. why they've never fucking ever done it again. Yeah, and I'm glad they just... haven't. I'm glad they learned. But there's lesson, a, but there's I, there's I, a I, fact to, like there's a point why they didn't do it because it was a total failure on every exactly. fucking yeah so, and yep. and here's the thing as well and i don't think that it has as much to do with what you're talking about with like it being um mo- a modern you know story it, it's, it doesn't fit for the modern story or whatever you're saying i think mm-hmm. it's more like you're taking a film that was shot in the 60s and you're shooting it like it was shot in the 60s but you're presenting it in the 90s, the late 90s. Thanks, Moods. Vince Vaughn Nation, <laughs> so, straight up. And honestly, at the end of the fucking day, it's just because it's shot for shot. It's annoying. I've made the argument that if the original Psycho didn't exist and this came out, people would probably think it was pretty good. They'd be like, wow, that was a damn good movie. Like they, That was a great story. Never saw that before. But because it's a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho, it just is. It's almost impossible to review without taking that into account. You have to, because mm-hmm. that's why it's bad. Because you can Hitchcock's is so good that you should be able to just make an exact duplicate and it still be a good film because it was so well made. In so the 60s, but it's not well made in. So the modernization of it is actually the the problem then. Yes, but I I don't know if that's true i don't i don't but i think that's the major factor here because if if it's essentially the exact same team or film color modernized you have all these new techniques study cams cranes all this other shit that you didn't have too easily in 1960 it's i just don't think audiences are going to be interested in watching a fucking colorized 1960 movie with new actors new modern actors and I don't. I don't think it has as much to do with that as just the fact that it's the same thing. I w- you know, it's funny, but I lesser because it is lesser. The acting is lesser. The, uh, you know, the casting is lesser. Dude, um, what are you talking about? Anne Hayes kills that role. She's like amazing in that movie. I've only seen this one time, and I <laughs> listen. Here's the thing about the I'm not psycho. On, I forgot. I'm not on camera. Shit. The the thing about the Psycho remake is I saw it before the original Psycho. I didn't even know that it was a remake. I saw it in 98, you know, as like seven years old. You didn't know you're watching a remake of Psycho? No, I didn't even know what Psycho was. I'd never heard of Psycho. But my uncle came in. He's like, what are you watching? I'm like, wow, I'm watching this movie. It's really good. Oh, I guess you would have been seven years old at that time. Yeah. Sorry. And he was like, like, oh, he's uh, the mom isn't alive i was like what do you mean he's like they've done there's another movie like this and i was like what do you mean he's like yeah it's the same thing it's the same thing he's like it looks exactly the same and i remember being like confused and being like no this is new like i i was trying to explain to him it was like new it was like a brand new movie like it just came out and he's like no no this has been around forever i seen this when i was a kid and um 
I don't think he made the connection that it was a re. I don't even think he knew what a remake was. Maybe you know what I mean. He thought it was the same movie or something. Didn't guess he didn't notice it was you know black and white. Probably saw it when he was a kid and never seen it again. You know, and um, so I do think that it works as a good movie. Had Hitchcock's Psycho never existed, but once you compare it and see that, it's so pointless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why I made no money. It's notoriously known as one of the most failed film experience experiments ever made. It's so. weird. I've only ever seen the movie once, and that was in the cinema in '98. Yeah, and what did you think about it back then? I didn't care for it at all. I, I, yeah. I, you know, obviously I was 18, and you know, thinking to myself, why am I watching this exact movie? <laughs> but you know, it's funny. I never even, I never owned the remake to this day i still don't even own it i've seen it once, I own never it on it. vhs crazy. yeah i don't have any copies of it i know screen factory you just put it i've never seen it since yeah it's like the weirdest thing yeah so i gave it a three and a half out of ten it's still watchable but it doesn't mean it's good <laughs> three and a half wow that is crazy low see that's the thing though are you basing that on the quality of the story, the quality of you know the f- the film, or are you basing it on the fact that it's a shot for shot remake and it's stupid? But JP, how do you rate the film though? The later- I don't know. The- I've never watched it and done that. Com- I never had to. When we do the Psycho show, I'll find out. But I I don't know how to do it because as a film, it, it is a hard one. It's to not rate, a though. bad movie. It's it, te- it, it can't- listen. If you're doing the same movie as Hitchcock, it can't be bad. Literally, it can't be bad if you're only taking it based on film, the filmmaking alone and the story and everything. How could it be bad if it's Hitchcock and it's Psycho, right? The only way it can be I bad guess you're is judging you on acting and cinematography and the subtle changes and stuff and just yeah, the moder- but even then it's still not that much less, right? Yeah. It can't be. So I mean, Vince Vaughn's kind of sucks have, to be honest. Well, you have to let's face do it, it fourth dimensionally, let's where you have to it. take into account the other shit. I feel like that's the that's where the review comes from. The it's Vince Vaughn nation is not only, real. These guys, the, I don't give a shit what Marco says. Fuck these him. guys fucking hate Vince Vaughn. There's no way this is real shit. The the Vince Vaughn nation is a nation to celebrate, quote unquote, and I'm being sarcastic. Vince Vaughn, but I think in reality they have to hate him because Vince Vaughn sucks. It's, it's like a um, he's terrible. Like nobody likes Vince it, Vaughn. What's it called where you like something that sucks? Like you just champion it because it's like funny. That's phony fucking phony. phony oh yeah um i don't <laughs> i don't even acknowledge them so i wish you guys wouldn't i don't acknowledge them either to be no, honest i mean for like everyone takes this shit serious i'm like there's the no way joke. there's no fucking way these guys are celebrating vince i just Vaughn don't get shit. it i just don't get it it's because vince Vaughn sucks so bad that they made a joke out of it and people kind of i think it. and then then you have andrew there who's like actually being serious the whole time <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, if if the Psycho remake came out in 1988, 10 years earlier, he would have hated it because it's not a Floating Heads film. It's not from that era. This isn't really a Floating Heads film. Well, you know what I mean. I meant from that era of Floating Heads, right? He loves movies from that era. 96 to like 2002. His top 50, there's like 49 movies from that era. Was there even 49 (laughs) movies made in that era? Come on. Mm. But <laughs> 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 <Come on. laughs> what? Ah, fuck. 
he, he, he always gets so butthurt when we start dissing Andrew. But... No, I didn't even. I didn't, wasn't even here. <laughs> I just went and shut my door. Um, but I was just. Wait. I was just thinking about Psycho. It's like such a weird thing to try to tackle in a review because, like, I don't understand it. Well, I mean, I guess when we all watch it and we're all fresh on it and shit, we'll discuss. Yeah, it just can't be bad. Technically, technically, it can't be because well, it's an it's exact not copy shot of Hitchcock. Bad. The story's not bad, but you can. The story's judge- great. The story's not only not bad; it's great. It has a great story. The Psycho remake has a fantastic story. But you because Hitchcock did it. But how do you watch it and not say, "Oh, this is a shot from shot remake"? That's how do you what I'm not saying. have that? I think you have to factor that in, but that's yeah. a X factor which you normally don't do with reviews. You normally don't take into consideration I don't stuff know if it's like an X factor. I, I mean, it's still a factor. It's still there. It's, it's still prevalent unique, as something you need to at least not acknowledge. No, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind experience. Yeah, exactly. It's uniqueness in reviews. You will not find a situation. You've, you will not find yourself in another situation exactly like this with is a there, review. Is there no other movies that are shot for shot? Like... No. Not not well, like I mean, that. There like, are some like I mean, let the right one in, let the let me in, pretty similar. Uh, but like shot, for, like they actually looked at, like they attempted to get it framed exactly the same. You know what Hitchcock I mean? Hitchcock like, remade everything. his own. Even Hitchcock remade his own movies and didn't even make it shot for shot. <laughs> That's weird. So you done, Jeremy? Yep. Three and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're sticking with? Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Maybe I'll change my rating when we all talk about it, but that's what it is now. Yep. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, so next up here is a Patreon pick coming from Muscle Dude. A.K.A. <laughs> 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 hey, Vinny. Uh, it's a movie from 2000 called Now Eat. Oh, Lordy. Like, I have no idea if Vinny likes this movie. And I do understand why he got me to review this movie. Because this is a movie starring Brother Lynch Hung, who is a rapper from Sacramento, which is where our giant gorilla friend Zach resides. And, of course, Vinny resides also. So it does make sense. They are both fans of this person because he's kind of a local hero. Um, so anyways, in 2000, he'd been around for a few years, decided to make this kind of low-budget horror film called Now Eat. And it is basically about, he plays himself. He plays himself in the film. He plays brother Lynch Hung uh, as Lynch. And, you know, he's got his whole crew in there. He's got his brother Six in there, Loki, Art Battle. Like, all these guys are prevalent in the film. They play themselves. So they are gangsters. And they do a lot of bad shit. They kill people. And there is a witch that has got wind of this gang who ruthlessly... Is it the hip-hop witch? <laughs> yeah. Is it, fa- is it Vanilla Ice? Yeah. It's this, like, random witch. Anyways, she gets wind of, you know, this gang that's going around robbing and killing and stealing and shit. And she kind of wants to put an end to it. So she puts a curse on the gang so every time every time they murder somebody, they have to eat what they kill. So essentially it turns into a, a cannibal film. Oh, Lordy. Now, this is beyond low budget. 
like insanely low budget. Now, if you know anything about Brother Lin Chung's music, he is kind of a he's kind of a horrorcore MC. I mean, he started out like that. He would talk about this type of shit and stuff. So I was expecting the movie to reflect his career. So he's like, as, ain't the chosen one. I'm just joking. Yeah. No, Brother Lin Chung's <laughs> early stuff is actually pretty decent. And even, even the music in this movie is actually pretty good. That's probably the best thing about the movie is the music that plays through it. Yeah. Um, but as for everything else, though, it's so low budget to the point where they're literally playing themselves, but they're trying to act, if that makes sense. And it's like, it comes off as the worst shit ever. Now, knowing Brother Lynch Hung's history with his, you know, his hardcore lyrics and stuff, I thought the movie was going to try and, portray, you know, portray some good effects and, and, you know, things like that. But man, dude, the kills and the effects in this are so bad. Like, it's to the point where it's you can't help but just snark and laugh and like it's really really fucking bad really fucking bad but there was a lot of scenes in this film that had me laughing i I was definitely entertained through the whole thing i don't know why because maybe because it was so damn bad that it was actually entertaining it was definitely one of those type of films but it's very repetitive too it kind of does the same shit over and over again even to pad the fucking time in this movie they have a cipher in the middle of the movie. It's like Brother Lynch Hung, his brother Six, uh, his whole crew, they just start rapping and there's like in the circle, they're ciphering and shit. I'm like, oh my God, like this has nothing to do. It's like they shot this footage and just decided to incorporate it in the middle of the film. <laughs> so it sounds like the hip hop, which. It really is, man. It's kind of like offbeat and shit. And oh, man. But there, I have to say, there is this one funny ass part, man, in the end of the film where. He's brother and tongue is he's barbecuing up his you know his body parts and shit and <laughs> he's doing it. I was fucking, I literally was floored laughing. It was I was pissing myself. It's hilarious, um, but really not a strong movie in any aspect. I mean the acting is atrocious. Like I mean fucking bad to the point where it seems like they're even reading off the very minute dialogue that they had off cards. Right, it was that bad, and I'm like, these guys are mostly for the, you know, the rappers. They should be able to remember their fucking dialogue and shit. It's some of the other characters in the film too. Really, really bad stuff. Really, really bad. Um, <laughs> it's just so fucking bad. Like I said, the best thing about the movie is probably the music. Um, but oddly enough, it was entertaining. If I had to rate this one, oh man, dude, I'm coming in like a two out of ten. It is. It's, and that's solely for the music. That was the best thing. Everything else, everything about it is just trashy. It kind of plays out like a really, really bad music video. Like a like an 80-minute or 90-minute music video with gore. It's terrible. Honest opinions, Vinny. I always bring them. <laughs> I don't know. You never did tell me if you liked the movie or not. So I can't wait for the one down the line. Th- those are my, on in the show. Those are my opinions on it. I thought it was atrocious. And it's too bad, man, because... Brother Lynch Hung is definitely a Sacramento legend. Like, this guy, everybody fucking knows. He's a West Coast legend. You know, it's too bad that they didn't try to put a little bit of budget into this. Because, honestly, the storyline isn't great. But you could have made this better. You really could have. You know, and it's a weird thing, too, I think. Because his brother Six is in this film. And I think right after this this movie was made, he went to jail uh, for murder no Don't be racist no it's just of course you would say murder no actually for fucking uh being a pedophile 
Ew. pedophilia yeah he was oh, like oh that's way worse than murder. yeah he was like molesting yeah. his girlfriend's kids or some shit like that and i was like what the fuck crazy i remember that story back in the day but anyways he's in this movie it's like the last thing he did like his career was like over right after this movie came out so i would think so kind of weird and he's still to this day he's still in the fucking still in the pen so but yeah not a great thing but man i'm glad that he got me to watch this because i otherwise probably would have never watched it so, yeah, not good. Now we two out of ten. Terrible. All right. Uh, next up for me is from one of two picks from Mikey Fisher. He gave me sort of an indie one and like a big budget mainstream one. Um, and the first one is the indie one. Uh, Adam Chaplin from 2011. See, why this can't is... I get Adam Chaplin? I don't know. Why do I have to get fucking because much respects me the story of the legendary bat boy from oklahoma or some stupid <laughs> shit like that. My, mikey respects me bro that's fucking hilarious um so uh this is a film that was produced by necrostorm i believe that's that yeah uh, production company out of italy yeah moods hates <laughs> moods loves their they, films they fucked them over though didn't they moods no uh, well yeah necrostorm as a company is they're pretty shady but they make pretty entertaining films yeah they do. remember we talked about it a long time ago I on know, the show about where they were pulling down people's reviews yeah, yeah. like flag it false flag in their videos their negative reviews i knew i knew we talked about them i just couldn't remember it actually what. happened to people within our circle back in the day you know around this time that these movies were getting especially adam chaplin was actually the movie and yeah. you know some of those reviews and then a couple of later ones and all of a sudden these reviews were taken down it's like what the fuck just happened man but so uh yeah this film 2011 uh it's set in a fictional town where a man adam adam i don't know i think his last name i don't think his last name is chaplain i just think it's like religious chaplain um and his wife is murdered and basically he you know figures out that it's done by the local mob uh and he can't trust the police because they're controlled by the mob so he basically summons a demon and i didn't get this from watching the film i got this from reading the synopsis i must have missed that part where his wife died um or i don't even know if it showed it or not uh or i, I don't know I, I don't know but anyway he summons a demon and this demon like hangs out in his shoulder blade like the back of it in a upside down cross hole hole in his arm <laughs> and uh it basically gives him like super strength and he goes around fucking up all the mob people and the police that are in his way and his the demon comes out and talks to him and stuff and talks to other people basically promises him that he's gonna get to the guy who killed his wife if he just you know acts for the demon um and when he's like controlled by it's almost like he's it's like a damn parasite because like when he's controlled by the demon like the eyes roll back in his head and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and that's basically your story um so first of all the director of this film um mr emmanuel desanti he actually plays adam chaplin and I gotta say, man, pretty good casting on that dude. <laughs> if I look like that dude, I'd be like, yeah, I'm starring in all my movies. <laughs> like, he's mm-hmm. just this ripped, like, you know, good-looking, long-haired, like, what you would think, like, uh, a good-looking Italian dude would look like, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and he's just like you know he wears his leather jacket where his abs are showing the whole fucking time and these leather pants and he's got this long hair that's always in front of his eyes and shit and i'm like okay i could see why this guy wanted to put himself in the film <laughs> front and center um but it's fun this movie's weird because like it, it you don't get it doesn't feel like it's set in like earth or anything it's like i don't know it's it's like a post-apocalyptic or like just a weird fantasy world i don't know exactly what it's where it's supposed to be set but um it's pretty cool looking um and then like the gore is all done in i don't know what it is it's like almost it's like an overlay like cg with like practicals and like a weird like um like i don't know if it's like green screen it's like a weird it's not like a normal effect that you see often i don't know exactly what it is but isn't it fucking awesome like you can't stop looking away at how gory it is yeah it 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 is every time you see it kill or it's not realistic gore at all you know all of all of his films are like that though like hotel inferno tater city you know all those shit man like it's just it's that same effect it's that necrostorm effect and that's why i said necrostorm is is one of the most unique production companies out there because no one does effects or films movies like they do yeah. super interesting yeah but they yeah. haven't released uh, anything in a while right they're well, working uh, on hotel inferno 3 and another film i think they're working on tater city 2 actually um the director here uh desante has like six or seven movies on the go right now so but um no jokes. yeah I, I i was watching you know i, I was just like it is fascinating to look at. Like it's, it's not realistic gore, but it is cool looking. It's almost like if you and your friends were outside and you had a bunch of watermelons and you're like, let's just see how, like, let's throw one off of this like roof. Oh, let's run it over with the car. Oh, I got a baseball bat inside. Let's see what would happen if we do that. That's what the gore reminds me of. Just like a bunch of little experiments. Like, Oh, look at it splat, you know, or something like it. It's just fun. Gore. Um, so I, I, I actually, and the end, the end is so ridiculous. It, it gets really gory at the end, but like, he's just like, break. It, it's shot funny. I don't know. He's just like breaking people's arms and shit. He got this guy up on like a damn pole and he's like holding him above his head. <laughs> it's just weird. It's a weird movie, man. It, it is pretty unique. Like I did like it. Um, I feel like my subs were a little off though. I'm not, I, I, I had to watch, I couldn't, I I couldn't find it to rent or anything. I watched it online. And by the way, fucking took me like two hours to watch an hour and 26 minute movie. Cause it kept freezing. Well, <laughs> it's um, the only way to watch it. I was going to postpone it and just buy it, but I didn't really want to spend 15 on the DVD. Um, but I might, I might look for it for used one day. Cause I, I, I would like to own this. I and I honestly, I haven't been to the Necrostone store. Like, did they release Adam Chaplin on Blu-ray yet? Because I know they started releasing Blu-rays. I don't know. But yeah, I'd, li- I'd actually like to know. But. They got a pretty cool website because I did visit their website because I wanted. Mm-hmm. To well, see what's what the extended? Is. I have the extended edition, so I wonder what the difference is. I don't know. I think that's the version I watched, though. Oh yeah, I remember uh, the Tattoo Doorman actually direct or directed actually reviewed um, the extended version one time. And he said he didn't like it as much. Tattoo Doorman. Man, I haven't heard that name in a long yeah, time. Yeah, like he, because he was the guy that man. championed that film to me. And he's like, dude, you got to fucking see Adam Chaplin. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, he was seen... all about those weird indie Yeah, he's cat, like, you've man. never fucking seen anything like this. And I was like, holy shit, checked it out. And I was like, damn, you're right, dude. That's pretty unique. 
But then I remember when the extended version came out, and he's like, "Dude, I didn't really care for it." He's like, "I like the the the, the first version better." I wonder like, what the fuck it. he's doing. I don't know, man. Fuck he you. made a brief little comeback and then he disappeared again. Yeah. Now that you get me thinking about him, <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's weird how that happens, right? We have yeah. people that are. He was like I a, think he's, I'm he looking, was I can't burial. find his channel. I think he's gone. Burial Grounds, right? He was on Burial Grounds. He was on Fright Tube. Fright Tube. And, and Body Bag. He, he was an original member of Body Bags. No, he wasn't on Burial Grounds. He wasn't. He was original Body Bags member, original Fright Tube member, and original, original Fright Tube member, the one that was before me in Moods. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know if this is his channel. I think this is his channel. His channel's still up, but there's no videos on it. Yeah, he he uh, deleted them all. It was brutal. I was like, are you kidding me? All that work. Oh, yeah. he's, he still has videos on body bags, though. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Body bags is a historical. I can't believe it's still going. Yeah. Rob's what week is doing it at? great with it. Uh, two something. Damn. So every once yeah. in a while, I'll click on someone, you know, one of the new host videos and shit. And I'm just like, <laughs> I know. and, and I, I click on it and it's like a two minute review. And I'm like, oh, like, how could this, like, what? And that I'm was just, me. I'm I, like, yes. Yeah. Well, that you got to the point because you, you had both feet out the fucking door for like a long time on that channel. <laughs> I'm just so thinking about all of those, all the old school people. Like, where the hell did Laura go, man? Like she was around I on see her her page for a while. On Facebook every once in a while. Yeah. yeah, I don't go on Facebook much, so like general Facebook. Yeah. So I don't. I miss all that type of shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, she stayed on Body Bags for a while because she was on there when Carly was still on there. So like there was a little crossover. Uh, That's crazy. That that channel was very weird hi- history wise though because um, there have been so many people on there and and so many people that I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's weird. It's it's gotten to the point now there. where people that are on that show or on that channel don't even know who we are. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty fucking or, crazy. Or like people who watch it might not even know who we are. Yeah, it's I think the biggest problem with that channel and why it never took off is because of how honestly, like the format kills it. It's too many videos. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I think people get more annoyed at them than they actually click on them. Well, you know, because I mean? they pop up in your feed so much. Yeah, because every single day. I don't know. It's yeah. weird though. It's weird because you know it's seven different hosts. It's seven different. I know. I love the concept of it. I wish it would have worked better. Because honestly, like the views for the subs are awful they always have been even when we was on it like we would have you know like 600 subs and get like 30 views views on a video (laughs) or something you know i got views on the Um, channel yeah because we're famous yeah you got more than anybody (laughs) but i'm saying like i mean some videos actually are the biggest the the like if you type in a film body bags comes up with the review that's what's cool about it too is that it is very like historical in terms of like a lot of, it has a review for everything you know like mm. there's you type in a film and there's probably a body bags review for it by this point it's gotten uh, to the point now where i i you know I, i'm obviously still subscribed to it so i get the videos and stuff and i'm like 
wow, that video got reviewed like seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, because uh, my rule was always no repeats, but they I know they changed it where they said if it wasn't reviewed by a current host, you can review it. Yeah. Um, so that's their – I guess it got a little annoying trying to figure out what was reviewed. And, well, it uh, comes to a point. There's, there's like what? There's got to be close to 15 to 2,000 videos on that channel now. Easy. Yeah, I would right. Like say. you would think a couple thousand reviews yeah. at least. So I mean, trying to go through those archives, like we tried to archive it, we tried and tried to keep up on it and shit, and it was like breaking fucking JP's leg every fucking time. But it is. Let's see. God, there must be a lot of videos because I did. You know, I did 150 reviews myself, and so did Derek. Yeah, that's that's like three, who's Corey's that's three hundred. That that's he's on the fi- our You know page. the weird thing is when I or left something. Body Bags and I had done one hundred and fifty reviews. I think I had done something like forty percent of the view, reviews at that point. <laughs> it was weird, man. I was like, "How's the going to work out?" Place There's the almost two thousand videos. What was the first review on Body Bags, and who was it done by? The first Danny. review, Danny. Danny, Danny was the first one. Yep. Because he did, um, what it, did he do? It was though? a black and white movie. Yep. It was Danny, and I don't remember what the movie. Oh, I do. It was fucking Spider Baby. Correct. Oh and my god, my memory's amazing. From outer space, I believe. You know what's Is fucked up? You know what's fucked up? I anchored yep. that first week because I was on Sunday, and I don't even remember what movie I did. But I and do... I did, and I was in week two. And I covered I, for somebody. I do remember that I wrote a poem in the, for the intro. And I dissed the shit out of Tim. I highlighted the word yeah. Tim in the word intimidated. And nobody <laughs> caught it. And I pointed out to Danny. He's like, dude. He's like, that shit was beyond brilliant. <laughs> he's like, I don't, it was so hey, brilliant. You know I didn't so even funny? catch it. I don't even remember what happened. Like why we got that big beef. It had a lot to do with me because I kind of fucking got, I called him out and shit and you but yeah but for what what was he was mad i remember he was mad about something and we didn't know we thought it was bullshit but i can't remember even what it was it was because we were having one of those burial ground sessions or whatever and someone clicked into it that was part of the crew and we didn't acknowledge them and then he fucking started tripping and he was doing one of those he was doing one of those oh it was that bones dude remember he was actually kind of cool at the time but he and he he hopped into the chat and we're on video, so and he did only the texting, and we didn't so we know. didn't notice messages right away and didn't yeah. respond to him. That's exactly so he it. went and told Tim like those guys are assholes or something. Yep, that they're like big time in me. And then Tim got shitty with us, and we we're like, "Fuck this, I quit." It was. Man, I, was on, I called I was Tim. I was like, "Dude, you, I'm like, dude, you have nothing. To, it was a fucking honest mistake, dude." And I was like, I, I got into a huge fucking battle with him, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. So, so and hey, everybody left everybody you. left the fright tube and we created body bags which I named that was a name that I came up with and that was a name that I came up with but no, okay no that was me and I came up burial grounds too because you'd never seen the fucking movie remember I never was even part of the burial grounds conversation yeah. naming that but the yeah, body I was on here no, I, I thought but that the was body crazy. bags thing wait was... a minute no here's the thing i know that i came up with body bags because mm-hmm. my idea was toe tags and body bags and y'all were like it's too long and then maybe you said just call it body bags 
Because my original. Well, I don't remember that conversation, but I'm definitely a lot more creative than you, so I'm pretty sure I came up with body bags. I just stole it from (laughs) John Garfield. No, because I remember because my game, my when I played Call of Duty, my team's name was Toe Tags and Body Bags, and I was like, let's just call it that. Like I didn't tell you guys that, but I was like Toe Tags and Body Bags. You know, (laughs) I remember remember being on that often, but But, I was on there a lot. I remember that. But anyways, man, it was it was trippy because everybody left the fright tube and came over to body bags. And except for him, six out of the seven members came over. Except for, so we had six, and then the seventh person that we incorporated was holy Clive. shit! It was Clive. That because remember Clive was supposed to go onto the fright tube, and then he never got a chance to do his first review because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we fucking left. That was the weirdest. Oh my god, this history lesson! Wow. So who was who was the original lineup? It was Danny. Was Monday. I think I was Thursday. Danny, Danny, it was Danny on Monday. Then it was uh, Clive on Tuesday. Laura, uh, Laura on Wednesday. Oh, wow. Tat on Thursday. JP on Friday. Friday. Steve on Saturday. Steve on Saturday. Moods on Sunday, oh, and I was the fill-in. So, and I ended up doing 150 reviews in 143 weeks. We so Steve, it. Steve missed the first two weeks. It looks like. Yep. So you filled in in the first two weeks. Who fi- in the third him. week? Who did the first? Where's Steve? Review? I don't even see a single review from Steve. Steve doesn't show up until week number seven. Yeah, I think something might have been going on with him or something. That's right. <laughs> <But I was, laughs> he's week there. number five. He's week number five. I was on there. I was an OG member. Dude, sometimes I'll That's think right. about a film that I reviewed on um, my channel and I'll look back like thinking, oh, did I review that on uh, 31 Days of Horror? And I won't find it and it'll be on Body Bags. Look, yeah, it's six years happened, ago. That's happened to me too, man. Six years ago and I still wear the same shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I definitely wear the same, a few of the same shirts. God damn. Yeah. Man, I reviewed some interesting stuff. It's that was fun. Anyway. Back to what we watched. <laughs> History lesson. History lesson. I don't even remember whose review it is. It was me. Okay. I'm was, trying to see who came in after the original lineup, though. Oh, it was Dubby so Doubles. So many changes. Oh, my God. Like, it was ridiculous. It was Dubby Doubles and then Austin. That was his name, right? The kid oh, yeah. Stand-up. The mortuary. Dude. Yeah, Austin's yeah. a fucking. Yeah, he's a. Mortuary I still dude. see him on Instagram, but. Uh, and then who was the. Who's Macabre Crazy Reviewer? Who yeah, is that? that? <laughs> That was fucking Philip. That was Philip. Who the hell's Philip? He was some Canadian dude that actually was cool at first, but became a total fucking loser. Yeah. Yeah, I know that one dude came in for a little bit who was on. um, He used to have a YouTube channel, Tyler. He was really cool. Or Macabre Crazy. He's on here. Oh, that's (laughs) that's who I was thinking. That's Philip. There's another guy with Macabre? What the fuck? I don't know. Wait, you were thinking of Tyler? That Tyler dude? No, I was thinking of that Philip guy. Hormacob Crazy. Oh. You remember the Tyler dude that came in for a little bit? He was like Tattoo Doorman's friend? No. Oh, didn't he used to be a filling guy for the Fright Tube? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or no, he, I, I don't know. Yeah, he did. He used to, I think he was involved with the Fright Tube at one time. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Oh, and then we had Chris Critterbuster on there. Yeah, he was on there. <laughs> Shit, Chris was on there. Holy fuck, dude! I don't yeah, remember, Chris man. was on there for a bit, and none of us talk to each other anymore. 
Well, Danny came back around. Yeah, Danny came back around. Yeah, there's not really too many people. Like, Chris is around still. Yeah, yeah Chris, Chris is, around. is around. He just has a kid and is busy now. Yeah. Steve's still around. Steve's Steve, still around. Steve messaged me every once in a while. He just messaged me actually last week. Yeah, he messages me all the time. Yeah. There was one dude who asked me to take his reviews down. Who? Um, he was his. He was what the hell was his name? Um, Jesus, look at this one. The woman in black. Dipstick from JP. plus one or some shit. It looks like it was shot with a potato. Who? It was shot with my phone. I think. Which guy? Something plus his, one. His like name was Dipstick or something like that. He oh. was on the freight tube originally. Oh, dude, that guy was. His name was worst. like Peter he, or something. He was the worst. Yeah, he was the guy from the UK, right? Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah, actually, terrible. years later, like he years later, terrible. he asked me to take the reviews down. That guy was fucking awful. He was worse than Jeremy. Thanks. I'm <laughs> just fucking with you, dude. I'm fucking with you. And Dubby Double's first appearance was in week number 65. Wow. Dubby was cool. He Dubby, has, Dubby, Dubby has the craziest career in the history of YouTube. Like, he doesn't say anything. He does his podcast, and that's it. Yeah. He peers and back into oblivion. Matt was on there. Matt. But, Dubby, yeah. But Dubby, still were. Dubby was cool. <laughs> Dubby just still. looks cool, man. Like, he, he just looks cool in his, all his reviews. Who's this guy? Week number 80, Outsider 365. That's a dude from the UK. He used to review vape stuff. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. He, he still posts on Instagram, but he actually just recently posted that he doesn't he doesn't do the vape shit anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of cool. He, he was he was a cool guy, man. He used to talk. Oh no, to him. here's Kyle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Kyle. Oh fucking skinny jeans boy. Yeah. Oh man, he was on here a lot. Yeah, he did a while. He did it. He was on there for a while. Man, they're, they're, I bet you they're. I bet you there's close to like 70, 80 different hosts on that fucking channel. No, not that much. I'd Dude, say like there were, with all the people that came and went since we've left, there was there was people that lasted like fucking like weeks. <laughs> yeah, weird. we even had like fill in guys who left eventually. You know, who just did like one or two. Oh fuck! I bet you there at least sixty different hosts. At least no, there can't. No, I it's like twenty. You. You're in. Dude, there was fucking there was like close to thirty before we even left. I don't know about that. We just named off fucking how many There was yeah, like fifteen or Man something. Man Hysteric, week one eighteen, his first review. Honestly, the quality of the channel wasn't that good. Like the no. quality of the reviews, honestly. They were too long winded, some of them. But yeah, that's okay. that. that's that. Okay. Next up from <laughs> twenty two shots of tangent, man. I tell you, fan of Eli. We have Mr. Brooks from the year two thousand and seven, starring Kevin Costner and Demi Moore's wait, hot wait, as wait. shit. Which one? Who's that? What, what did we review before that? You reviewed uh, Adam Chaplin. Oh. Oh, I didn't finish rating it. <laughs> um, I give Adam Chaplin Jesus Christ. A six and a half out of ten. It was pretty six cool. and a half. Like, it's not that good, dude. It's entertaining, but it's not really that good. It is fucking good, dude. Like, when have you ever seen a movie like that? That's good. 
What, a, a basic revenge story? I don't think you no. question his rating, but I get yelled at when I... Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> no, I am trying to figure this out because it's such a fucking unique look and... Yeah, it's the a story... basic revenge tale, dude. Yeah, the narrative, but, of with course. The narrative in most it's movies like Spawn. that we... The narrative in most movies we review is not top-notch. I'm talking about, you know, effects and aesthetic-wise and shit. I mean, the thing is pretty damn unique. The, the effects are unique. I wouldn't necessarily call them great or anything. They're cool. They're good. I wouldn't say they're, like, the thing or something, you know. And then the story's kind of basic. I like the, uh, the, the casting, but I didn't think it was that good. Didn't knock my socks off or anything. Uh, I'm gonna butt to knock your fucking socks off myself. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just fucking with you. But yeah, anyways, six and a half. Me too. Really? Six and a half. I'm just fucking with you, man. No. I'm 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 not gonna go there. Anyway, Mr. Brooks of the Year 2007, starring Kevin Costner, Demi Moore, Dane Cook, who's supposedly supposed to be making a comeback. And um yeah. This movie feels so fucking hollywood like it's insane it's just it just oozes hollywood thriller from the cinematography and the narrative and everything along the line the aesthetic it just feels like a fucking hollywood film but we basically follow kevin costner's character mr brooks he is a uh, businessman very successful businessman and um you know very wealthy, but he has a little bit of a dark secret. And he is a uh, serial killer who is addicted to serial killing. And he had a past life where he was murdering all the time. And he ultimately got the nickname of the Thumbprint Murderer. And, um, you know, he, go- <laughs> he goes to AA meetings and stuff like that. And he doesn't say what he's addicted to, but one night he decides to relapse and he murders this couple in this room as they have sexual intercourse. And um, the window is open and Dane Cook's character is uh, living across the street and he's a little bit of a peeping Tom. So he's taking photos and he ultimately snapped a photo of Kevin Costner's character, and he decides to blackmail Kevin Costner to take him along on one of his killings. And Demi Moore plays a cop, and she's going through the forest, and she's basically basically just trying to catch this serial killer. And that's basically the story. It's fine. It's a big budget Hollywood film with famous actors and you know well done cinematography. Uh, it, it is what it is. It's pretty generic and it's written like you would expect it to be written. It's all right. I know this film has a pretty solid fan base. I know a lot of people like it and a lot of people seem to enjoy it and talk about it. But to me, it's just a little bit above average. I gave it a six out of 10. It's nothing amazing or anything like that. And it's not a horror film, but it's, it, it is what it is. It's a thriller, Hollywood thriller. So I remember actually really liking that movie, surprisingly. Yep. But it's kind of shocking, I guess, to see Kevin Costner in something that uh, wasn't a baseball movie, I guess. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, moving along here, man. Uh, f- who gave me this one? 
Jesus, who was the asshole that gave me this movie? Oh, e- Jelly Band? Ethan Mitchell. Oh, no. <clears throat> Ethan Mitchell, thank you for making <laughs> me rewatch this. You probably didn't know I'd seen this or even. And he gave it. it to you two months in a row. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he probably didn't know that I even own this movie. He's probably laughing right now. He's like, yeah, you had to fucking watch it again. <laughs> but yeah, this is a movie from 2006 called Slaughtered Vomit Dolls, directed by Lucifer Valentine, um, which I believe is a Canadian disaster. Yes, it's actually credited as being Canadian. I didn't realize this guy was even Canadian. It's kind of disturbing to me a little bit. Um, <laughs> but Slaughtered Vomit Dolls. This is the first film in the, in the Vomit Gore trilogy. There's now a fourth film, which I have not seen yet. Um, my buddy Danny just sent me that one, but I still need to get around to checking it out. What is it? It's like Black Mass of the Nazi something. Isn't that the name of it? Uh, I think it's just uh, VG4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Slaughter Vomitals. Now, this is a really odd film to review because there's actually no coherent narrative at all to the movie. Basically, what you can kind of gather from the movie is that it's about a stripper. And she apparently has kind of sold her soul, I think, to the devil in a sense. And then starts to suffer all these crazy visions and manifestations of murder and all this type of stuff. And I think the point that Lucer Valentine is trying to make is that, you know, is the shit that she's seen, is it real or not? That's it. That's kind of that's kind of what you get from this. This movie runs just over 70 minutes and it is a it's pretty much the longest 70 minutes you could possibly ever witness in cinema history. Because without no word of a lie. This movie is the most disgusting motherfucking thing ever put on screen. It's so disgusting because there's real vomiting going on in the movie. It's so disgusting. Like there isn't one second of this movie that wasn't derived from straight artistic an artistic um, vision. Um, it's shot very strange. It's edited very fastly, pasted, um, paced. Uh, it's there's a lot of slow down scenes where you know the dialogue ends up being very slowed down. Um, so essentially, there's very little normal normalness going on in the movie. You know, it, it's just a compilation of fucked up scenes so we have this girl who i will say rest in peace to now amira levy she actually passed away a couple years ago uh who stars in this movie and it's like gratuitous nudity nudity i'm talking like she's naked through the whole film she's a stripper um so as this the narrative tries to progress in this movie (laughs) exactly tries to progress you know we get these we get these hints of story, but it's all a, the, the whole movie's up to interpretation of what's really going on here. She's obviously bulimic. She struggles with that type of shit. There's so many fucking scenes in this movie with her just puking 
putting her fingers down her throat and puking, real puke. There's scenes where this dude is literally making himself puke into a beer mug. And he pukes in the mug and he drinks it and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't cut away and he'll puke again into it. And, and it does, it goes on three or four times. There's no cuts in it. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's fucking disgusting. Um, there is scenes of gore. So there is murders and shit that are happening that kind of is trying to tie in this whole narrative with all this gross shit that you're seeing. People do get murdered in this film. There's actually some pretty decent gore. I will say the gore is actually pretty realistic. It seems pretty good. Um, but then again, when you see these gore scenes, there's a scene where this person has their head kind of, you know, lopped off on the top. There's a brain exposed and this dude's like puking on his brain and he's like eating. Oh fuck dude. It even thinking about it is the grossest shit in the fucking world. It's so gross. It's so gross. But you know, long story short, the entire movie doesn't have like a normal moment in it. There's like no scenes of like normal interaction of dialogue and shit. It's it's just completely fucked up through the whole thing. It's being artsy for the sake of being artsy. Uh, it doesn't really you can't really take anything from it besides the fact that it is the grossest thing you've ever fucking seen in your entire life. It's worse than crazy murder. It is a hundred times worse than that Damn. because the fact that. You know, this shit that they're really doing in here, it's just fucked, man. It's just so gross. So much puking. Like, I don't I don't understand how... It, it, like, I, the way I envisioned when I was watching this movie, I'm like, man, the director, Lucifer, Lucifer Valentine, must have a fetish when it comes to this because yeah. you can't necessarily do a movie like this if you don't have this type of fetish yourself. Like, I wouldn't just commit to doing a movie like this and not be into it you know like it's just that it's that disturbing it's that gross so i'm thinking it's like it's almost like a his fascination his vision of what his fetishes are on screen this is what we're seeing what his visions are really gross oh man it is fucked it's very nauseating and now i will give lucifer valentine one thing about this movie the visions or the 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 vision the the visuals that you see in this movie are accompanied by this fucking eraser head type industrial score you know it's meant to fucking drown out shit it's meant to fucking add that kind of nauseating feel to the film and shit well he does a great job man the music is very low toned it's very low based you know, all the mids are gone, everything, treble, it's just, it kind of resides through the whole fucking movie. For the whole 70 minutes you're, you're watching this shit, it kind of goes, it's nauseating to the point where you actually want to puke yourself. Not just from visuals, but from the fucking goddamn sound that's affecting your equilibrium. I swear to God, this shit is supposed to make you puke on so many levels. And it, I had to look away a couple times, I'm not going to lie, it's disgusting. It's really, really, it's, you know, the the end result of something like this is somebody that thinks they're, they think they're artistic, but essentially they're just making the grossest movie of all time. The only fucking thing I can take away from this is the editing style. It takes a little bit to actually accomplish what he did in this because it's just so fucked up. 
Otherwise, it's basically not a movie. It's people puking with nasty gore. That's it. <laughs> That's all it is. You know, one and a half out of ten. I'll give them for the uh, the gore and some of the editing <clears throat> styles. But this is one of the hardest fucking movies to ever watch. I I I made Dylan watch this movie one time. I was out of town. He used to babysit. He used to watch my house. Babysit. <laughs> he used to house Baby, it. He used to babysit my collection. He used, he used to babysit my collection. Yeah, he used to house in my house, and he was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> I'm like, I know, right? It's crazy. I didn't. I think... remember when those were coming out. Oh, yep, that was during that. Out. That was during the YouTube era. Oh, yeah. it's bad, man. It is fucked. Everybody, man. Was, man, I miss how community based the YouTube community used to be. Yep. Everybody was talking about those movies back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. like not even ten minutes in the movie, you're so nauseated from the sound and the way it's shot and the way it's edited. You're just like, oh my god! But I always just thought they were like August Underground type movies, but they sound way worse. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah, it's not exactly that type of found footage type style that uh, you know the August Underground films use. It's it's a little more artistic, I guess, than that. Yeah, but man, dude, it is a tough watch man when the shit gets going and they start puking, it gets it, going oh fuck it never lets up dude like the last like 30 40 minutes of the movie is just non-stop puking and discussing it. it's fucking it's hard. like i was eating chips and i was like fuck this i couldn't eat it i was like fuck why was i even doing this again i, I didn't think it, i i didn't remember remember it being that because bad, you so. had to god it was bad uh, <clears throat> Uh, uh, next up for me is the second of the Mikey Fish double feature, uh, and we have a more mainstream modern film, and that is 2003's Identity, kind of a thriller more so than a horror film. Um, have, let me ask you guys this: Have either of you seen this? I assume Moods has. No, I've never seen it. I've been wanting to. Which one? Identity, John Cusack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I had never seen this. I well, okay, I never heard of it before but i had seen it but not seen it i'd seen the beginning where they all start coming into the motel i'd seen it on tv or something i remember that but uh it basically follows a group of like 10 or so different people who are driving along like a desert road in like nevada or california or something i don't know one of the one of the roads uh in like the back area and it starts storming really bad and the roads get flooded so they have to stop at this motel uh one of the characters his wife gets hit by another one of the characters all these characters are kind of connected together like they're all running into each other and stuff and uh basically at the motel you know there's an actress there's her limousine driver who used to be a cop uh there is a cop and a convict who he was transporting uh, there's a couple who are about to be engaged or married or something. There's a family with a, a wife and a son, a husband, a wife, and a son. Um, so all these different people. And they're all there at this motel, and they start dying one by one. And it's basically uh, they realize that the killer is killing them based on which room number they which room number and which key they had so they'll find the room key next to their body like one two three you know so on and so on and you're like okay this is kind of weird i, I kind of like this what, what's going on with this 
Um, what I'll say about this is this movie is actually extremely smart. Like it, it's actually kind of genius in in the reveals and like what's going on and like how it all works and stuff. And I was actually very impressed with the concept of the movie because it's smart as hell. Like <laughs> it's kind of hard to predict and it's it's unique. Um, the way that it's the setting of this motel is really cool. And, uh, the like rain, it's like raining the whole time. And like, just the mystery of it is really fun. Um, the one chick from the faculty is in it. Um, the Stokely character who I liked in the faculty. Yeah. Um, and John Cusack's in it. And then there's that other guy. He's a dick. Who John Cusack? Oh, he's notoriously a dick. He seems like he might be a dick. I know a P, one of my I know somebody who was telling me a story that he was working on this movie with him and uh, he was a PA and he was in the elevator and uh, the elevator opened and John Cusack got in and the PA said, "Oh, good morning, Mr. Cusack," and that's it. And then the, the later on in the day, he got fired because he talked to John Cusack and uh you're not like, allowed to talk to john cusack. i guess john cusack said something to the producer that this pa was talking to me and it's like all he did was say good morning so <laughs> the tourist like, asshole that's like um you know the legend of fucking the yeah. the what you hear about hollywood yeah. that's like realized <laughs> yeah it's like the worst case scenario but, Fuck, um, what the hell man if that's yeah. true that's it is true that's i believe well, I mean, yeah. you don't know that it's true. Sure. But um I've heard other stories too from him about him being a jerk. Yeah, he probably is. You know, yeah. there there's a lot of them. Um but yeah, uh so I, I thought this movie was super cool, man. I, I don't know. It just it worked for me. Um like once you find out what's actually going on, it's pretty bizarre and, and kind of weird for a mainstream movie that they would do this. Um, I really just don't want to spoil anything, but it's kind of like the most interesting thing about this movie is like the reveals and, and what's going on in it. So it's like, you can't really talk about it. I'll just say that I thought it was super smart and I, I, I loved it. I thought, it, I thought it was super good. Um, I'll give it a 8.5 out of 10. You know man, what, going man? high with the Hollywood films this week. Yeah, I yeah. remember really liking that one. Too. Yeah, you guys get these Hollywood ones, I, and I get fluttered was... vomit dolls. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck you, man! I'm like that every fucking month. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, but bad I movies love... compared to this is oh man, dude. Dude, I love the movies that I got this time. Be you know that I got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of cool stuff, next up for me from Rob Henkins, the best film that i watched this month from the year 1992 it's the belgium film man bites dog uh this was released by criterion collection what a fantastic amazing fucking movie um this is like a a mockumentary kind of dark comedy film where we follow this uh, documentary group as they go around uh and they document the serial killer and it's totally it's totally non-realistic this guy's fucking crazy. He's just going around and he kills people, whoever he, pretty much whoever he wants, whenever he wants. Dumps their bodies over the uh, over this ledge into this ravine. It's super, super unrealistic. I mean, this guy would get caught right away, but it's not about that. 
it's just this 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 time that we spend with this. Just, hey, watch watch a watch a movie called Abducted or a, a documentary yeah. called Abducted in Plain Sight. You'd be surprised yeah. if people get a fucking way with. Watch, <laughs> I watched it last night, man. I watched it last Dude, night. Dude, it is shockingly dumb in terms of like how just awful everybody is. Yeah. But continue. But yeah, this we, movie. We is, could is, probably talk about that for like two hours because me and the wife talked about it for like an hour after we watched it, man. It's shocking. Yeah, so this movie um, feels a lot older than it does. It was made in 1992, but it feels way, way, way older than that. Um, a lot of French New Wave kind of influence going on with this movie with uh, shooting on location and, and things like that. German neorealism, too. But um, it's just such a fantastic fucking movie. Um, and this character, this main character that we spend with, he's such a charismatic son of a bitch that you love him and you and you root for him and, and things like that. But he's such a bastard, too. And the things that he does and, 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 the, and his mindset about the murders that he does. And as the film goes on, some of the film crew gets murdered. And the fact that he, he seems that he cares, but he really doesn't deep down inside. And you can just tell but he's still such as a fucking amazing charismatic bastard. This movie is fucking fantastic. It's so goddamn good. Uh, Criterion put this out uh, back in the day, early DVDs, uh, early DVD Criterion days. But, um, you know, NC-17 when it came out here in the U.S., uh, probably well-deserved. It's a pretty mean-spirited, mean-heartless movie, but uh, a lot of, you know, nihilistic kind of violence going on in this movie but it's really really one i think you should search out and check out it's a like i said a fantastic fucking movie i really really dug it i dug the uh the the mockumentary documentary kind of foot style it's very similar to a found footage kind of movie but uh you know obviously in a documentary kind of style but um check it out if you haven't from 1992 pick up the criterion i hope Later on down the line, Criterion puts this out on Blu-ray. Probably doesn't need it, but it would be nice to have that option. Um, nine out of ten, just a fantastic fucking movie. Really, really good. Did you mention? Major- did you mention it was in black and white? Or- yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, like I said, it it feels a lot like an a lot older of a movie than what it is. You watch it and it feels like it would be made in the, you know, the late sixties. <laughs> early 60s but it's made you know in the early 90s and you wouldn't know that unless you fucking read it's, something about it but it's, it's amazing pro- film it's probably because they didn't colorize it yeah probably has something to do with it yeah but it is man it's like such an amazing movie it's ridiculous yeah. it's like i love it it's like hyper fantasy in certain parts yeah, like what the fuck totally dude? non-realistic like it is, over man. the top yeah. and uh you know but don't not re- not but real <laughs> but you're right though the guy is like so likable <laughs> It's yeah, amazing. so likable. Like yeah. you don't want to see anything happen to him, and when he gets, yeah. when shit goes down, you're like, oh man, I don't want to see him go away to jail or anything like that. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'm going to be picking this up pretty soon. Pick up that Criterion because you know, I actually I really have this slated. Like I have this slated to come out. You know, my 1990s series, and this is one of the films I wanted to talk about on it because I never yeah. hear anyone talk about it. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's directed by these three guys. They act in it. They produce it. They wrote it. Everything like that. All directed by these three. All done by these three guys. And um, 
If you've never seen this movie, do yourself a favor, check it out. It's good, good shit. 9 out of 10. I agree, man. Really, really good film. Yeah. Man, you are really getting good picks this week. Crazy. For once. All right. Next up here. Uh, who gave me this? Actually, it was Rob Hankins also. Nice. So, from Jeremy's review to mine. 2009, a French-Canadian film called 5150 Elms Way. Uh, this is a film I had never seen before. In fact, didn't really know much about it at all. Yeah, didn't know about this one. Um, so this movie right here is actually quite interesting. Uh, it follows our main character, Yannick, who is a... He's a little bit of an independent filmmaker. Um, he's making his way back home one day on his bike, and he's riding down this street, uh, you know, Elm's Way. When something happens, you know, he ends up falling off his bike, and he gets all fucked up. You know, he gets scraped up, his bike breaks, his cell phone shatters, shit like that. And he's kind of left, you know, to hang dry right in front of this house. And he kind of looks over, and he sees, a, you know, there's a cab in the, in the driveway of this house. And so he walks up the driveway and he sees the guy standing there and he's like, Hey man, he's like, dude, I just, you know, kind of fucked up my, my bike and shit like that. Can I get a ride home? You know, kind of thing. And the guy goes, no, I'm off duty. And he's like, Oh shit. Well, do you have a cell? Do you have a phone I can use to call a cab? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I do. Uh, so the guy goes inside the house and he's kind of taking forever. So our character Gannick is kind of getting impatient. So he kind of walks in the house Helps himself to the the house phone and you know calls somebody or tries to go call, but before or as he's calling, he hears something upstairs and he's like, "What the fuck is that shit?" So he goes upstairs and he sees a dude that's bound and gagged in this room, and uh, yeah, not good for Yannick at all. So the dude that he was talking to basically captures this kid and throws him into this room and. Because, you know, he saw some shit he shouldn't have saw. And um, that's kind of the, the setup to the film. So what he ends up learning later learning is that uh, the father of the house here, he ends up killing this guy. But he doesn't know what to do with Yannick. Because what the story is behind this serial killer is that he's one of those religious nuts that feels like he's doing God's work. And the guy that he has murdered, that he had bound and gagged in his house, was a sinner. He was selling drugs to kids in the neighborhood. So he's one of these characters where, you know, he feels like he's doing God's work. You know, he's cleaning up the, you know, society and things like that. The problem is now, with this whole scenario, is that Yannick hasn't done anything wrong except for see this. So he doesn't know what to do with him. My thoughts on the movie, man, this is a really interesting character study in so many different ways. We have a great character study of our main character, Yannick. We have the serial killer uh, character study. We have a character study of the whole entire family. There's a great scene in the beginning of this movie where Yannick is at this candy store and has this, um, has this kind of situation with this mother and her daughter, which turns out to be the mother and daughter of this serial killer. So he ends up in this house with the same family. Uh, she is told, you know, her husband that, you know, he is obviously a good guy. He did the right thing, you know, gave her daughter some candy, blah, blah, blah. So 
it's very conflicting to this cab driver slash serial killer on what to do with Yannick because he can't just kill him because it's going against his religious morals. So he's got him trapped up there and shit like that. And of course, Yannick is trying to escape. He's doing everything possible. And you learn halfway through the film that this guy is a chess nut. He's a chess champion. He's a cab driver slash chess champion. And so it kind of goes down to where, you know, Yannick has to essentially beat this guy in chess to save his life. Because a serial killer, he can't kill this guy because, again, he's done nothing wrong except for see some shit that he shouldn't have. Man, dude, this one is such a great film. There's so many great emotions that are going on in this movie. Uh, the father has this daughter who is tr- in training to become the next him. And so she has this battle with Yannick and she's super abusive towards him, but she's kind of on the wrong path. And, you know, the father's like, no, you can't be like this kind of thing. Really, really interesting stuff. You have this battered mom who's morally kind of against what's going on because she knows that shit's not right. I've never seen a film develop so many different type of characters and so many emotions at the same time, you know, and, and actually do it properly. It's really, it's really fucking effective, man. It's really damn effective. Lots of great scenes. The acting's really cool. My only problem with the movie is that there is a couple scenes in the film where Yannick quite obviously could escape, but his convictions and his morals have come into play, and he's been so fucking beat down by the idealism of the serial killer that even though there is a fact in the, there's a point in the film where he could actually escape. He becomes so damn obsessed with the fact of beating him in chess that he actually doesn't escape. And, you know, without giving anything else away from the film, because I feel like I've given too much, but it's a hard one to talk about without talking about that type of stuff. It's got a really great third act, really fucked up. It really kind of shows how crazy people can be and, and how... What the fuck is going on on the other end here? Anyways. I think he didn't mute his mic. Exactly. Exactly. It's typical fucking Jeremy. Typical fucking Jeremy. God, I get so many messages about this. Anyways. um, But yeah, this one goes into a really damn dark place. And the whole outcome of the film is actually pretty fucking compelling. Jeremy, can you stop fucking around over there? Sorry. God. <laughs> fucking just killing me. What are you fucking doing over there? Jerking off. No, seriously, what are you doing? It sounds like you're moving furniture. <laughs> I was moving my bed. Why? <laughs> he literally was moving furniture. Dude, mute your fucking mic if you're going to do some shit, man. I'm trying to talk and all I can hear is fucking effect. It's sound effects in the background. <laughs> it's so distracting, man. Come Ooh, I'm talking for seven hours. Cut me a break. Seven hours. Dude, cut me a break. Mute the fucking mic. Right. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Fuck. How many people mention this, man? Like, dude, you have to mute your mic if you're going to do something, man. Fuck. Anyways, yeah, I haven't done it in a long time. Fuck off. That was Every really fucking. Every show fu- you do it. That was really fucking distracting. No, dude. 
a couple shows ago, you actually got up. I heard you talking to your mom. You slammed the door, opened it, came back. You were fucking. I was like, "What the fuck, man? Really? It went on for like five minutes." I'm like, "Dude, dude, that was six weeks ago. How the fuck do you remember that shit?" Because I edit the show, dude. I pick up on these things, man. And sometimes I put some funny ass shit in there that you'll never hear because you don't listen to it. So. Exactly. I don't. What care. the hell are you talking about? You don't even listen to the ones that you weren't on. Yeah, but if I'm, if why the I, hell would we listen back to ones we're on? Well, I don't expect you to. I'm just saying. But the the yeah. final product, I'm 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 just trying to say, is not what we're recording here, right? I know. I wish that I. Did. <laughs> so, I wish that I did hear all the fun stuff because yeah. I do know that sometimes you point it out. But anyways, uh, fifty one fifty Elm Street or Elm Street Elmsway is uh, a quite compelling character study. Um, it's very psychologically draining to watch this movie because there's so many things that are happening. You just want to go fuck man. Like, Oh, you just want to fucking just, there's so many emotions that are in this. I love it. It was a really damn good film man, and, um, very disturbing. You know, it's kind of at the end of this French wave type thing. I mean, I wouldn't lump it in there. Actually, the rating on this is 14 is insane. I guess it doesn't really have the, the graphic gore and all the shit that would probably give it that real hard R and shit like that. But, uh, otherwise, fantastic movie. It's more than just a captive type film. It, there's so many more things that are happening. Lots of social commentary happening in this too. Um, I recommend this film a lot. Actually, I really enjoyed the shit out of it. I'm going to come in about uh, an eight and a half out of ten. Good stuff. Really, really good stuff, man. Disturbing. And I will say, there's a scene in this film toward or in the third act that just absolutely floored me they had the balls to do what they did thank god for these filmmakers man that's some crazy shit crazy shit that's all i'm gonna say all right uh next up for me coming from dave uh Eraserhead. one of the films that i had mentioned that i'd never seen and the, the, the listeners are pay attention to that shit. They're like, you never seen this? Yeah, okay, fine. well, you are now. Just brought that up. Yep. Eraserhead. Um, yep. So um, Eraserhead, another Lynch film, which th- this is now two Lynch films that I've seen. Um, and I might be going to see Blue, Ve- Blue Velvet in the theater, too. So that's something. Uh, but yeah, Eraserhead. I mean, it, it has a notorious, you know, it's what like I've heard a lot about it over the years. You know, it's it's one that you hear a lot about. It's got quite the reputation, is what I was trying to say earlier. The notorious rep- re- reputation amongst the horror community and you know cult film fans and stuff like that. Uh, I I I had said I'd never seen it, but I have seen a lot of it. I remember when years ago when I was just like starting to find out about movies on YouTube and stuff like. I had like found it on YouTube and started watching a little bit of it. I don't know if I ever finished it or not, but I don't think I did. Uh, so it basically falls this dude um, who it opens up very weird. Like it <laughs> opens up super weird. There's like a, I assume a planet, but it just looks like it's covered in dirt. And then some dude in the window who's like pulling a lever. And then we have like a weird shot of our lead, like, laying down but like it's like overlapping the space and stuff and it's really weird and then this little sperm looking thing comes out of his mouth 
Um, and then, you know, we're more into the actual movie after that. Uh, and we follow this dude and he's kind of like going around and, and stuff. And then he uh, goes to his like girlfriend's parents' house and they're like, yo, did you have sexual intercourse with our daughter? And he's like, uh, why? And then they're like, because she's pregnant and you have to marry her now. And then, but we're not sure. It actually says this in the movie, which is interesting. It says, um, we're not, they're not sure if it's human or something or a baby or like what it is. But you gave birth, she gave birth to it and now it's yours. So they move in together in his little apartment and the baby's like on the nightstand and it looks like a snake baby. Like it has a big head and elongated body. And fuck, man. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the reputation of this movie definitely is deserving. Because it is a weird movie, dude. It's like... It's just so out there. And at first, you're like, okay, to me, the way I'm taking this is like, this is not Earth. This is another planet where we're, where like it's, we're just not accustomed to it. So like, it's just different culturally or like planetarian-wise. You know, it's just a different planet. And different things happen and it's the realities are different and the you know dimensions are different or something it's just different so that's kind of how i was just taking it and then um it's it's fun (laughs) there's one thing that literally i cracked up over and over and over about in this movie that i'm not sure anybody i've never listened to anybody review this or anything but i don't know if anybody laughs at this but in the guy's room, next to his bed is a nightstand with a pile of dirt and a stick sticking out of it. It's like on the nightstand. It's not in like a pot or anything. It's just a pile of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it literally just kept making me crack up. I'd be like, it's just this mountain of dirt. And like there's like a little plant sticking out of it. But it's like not in a pot or anything. It's just on his nightstand. It's a pile of dirt. And I just kept laughing at that because I was like, it's just so weird. It's like, why is there a pile of dirt there? <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's just who, th- who would think that? Who would put that there? Like, who would be like, oh, I'm going to put a pile of dirt over here with a stick sticking out of it. <laughs> it's just a weird <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, there's like a weird scene with this little chicken that's like alive that they're about to eat and stuff. And the baby's really weird. Um the wife like leaves for a minute and then the baby like won't stop crying or like eat anything. It's like, can't breathe really well. So they put like a vaporizer next to it. Um, he like has like visions of his head getting chopped off and some kid takes it to an eraser factory, which is funny cause it's eraser head. His head kind of looks like an eraser. Looks like a kid from kid and play. <laughs> Um, it's a weird and the music is really good like that whole industrial thing i get it even the setting is like this industrial like thing i I know isn't this the one where you say that lynch says it means nothing yeah it's like the funniest thing lynch loves when people try to review the film and try to make fucking sense of it and like try to bring some like oh it's got social commentary you know it's this and that and lynch is like no you're fucking wrong it means nothing he, he, I don't believe him. He filmed the movie over five or six years while he was in film school, blah, blah, blah. Built all the sets himself, filmed all the shit. So essentially what he did is he filmed all these scenes and pieced a movie together with no cohesive narrative at all. I mean, there is a, <laughs> there's a narrative. Like, it's about this dude struggling with his baby. Well, I mean, well, you, 
It's not really cohesive. Yeah, I mean, there's not really I a whole lot there. Flows, it's not as random as. Like, what as about the little the, the little midget girl inside the fucking fire or inside the furnace thing? <laughs> She's singing songs. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I believe that he me- that it means nothing. Well, like, I mean, that's I, I don't that's know. out of his own mouth, though. He's literally said that in interviews. Yeah, but he, just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's true. He right. Well, he's the fucking director. He is the bro. director of it. Like it, all he his, says he, yeah, but dude, that does not mean shit. Doesn't mean anything. You could, I would, if, I, I, why not keep it going? Why not say, yeah, it means nothing. Little do you know, it means a bunch. I, th- I think <laughs> it means that I mean? he was like, on a lot of LSD when he was fucking filming this shit, man. I mean, that's maybe, a very maybe subconsciously shit. it meant something when he was coming up with the ideas, but he thinks that it means nothing. Art, art is not always determined by the what the filmmakers intentions were um and that's that's i've heard somebody break it down really well no you're right but i mean at the end of the day i mean if it's not meant to have meaning it's not meant and not everybody that paints a picture look at abstract art does that but not everybody that paints a picture knows why they painted the picture either but but if you're if we're talking about subconsciously subconscious narratives that's bizarre yeah. I mean, but then but it's just open for interpretation. But then it's just open for interpretation because look anybody at Lost can interpret it. Yeah. Well, that's the point of interpretation and the point of art anyway. It, most filmmakers are like, here's my art, interpret it well, how you I'm will. I'm just saying that David Lynch personally has said the movie has absolutely yeah. no deeper But I don't believe him. I don't value. know if I believe him, is what I'm saying. Um, he can say it, but I don't know. It just seems like. It just seems like it, it has something to do with, like. Uh, Fucking strange shit, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't even know what it means. Yeah. I mean, like, the, it, like the baby's weird. I feel like it has something to do with maybe radio, like the, the industrial. How how uh, good are the effects on that cat? The cat. The cat where they the, he, he kind of picks up. I it's, can't remember. Yeah, that, that that was a real dead. That was a real dead cat that they found when they were filming. And they just decided oh. to film that and throw it in the movie. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. No. Is there a longer version of this? No. No, I think there's only one cut. I think it's in the it's beginning of. I think it might be in the beginning of the film. Mm. I'm sure it is. I can't. I, it's, it's been, been a, a few years since I've seen. Yeah, it. it's been a while so, since I've seen the film too. But I. Just, I don't I know. Maybe it has something to do with the effects of like toxic waste and and the in, industrial thing. You know what I mean? Like well, that's. It's funny. I've actually heard. I've actually heard that theory before. Yeah, because that's like what I was thinking first, and yeah. and also like it seems very alien, like not yeah. human, like yeah. another planet maybe, especially because it opens with a planet well, that doesn't industrial, look like in uh, deformed baby, uh, mutated <coughs> chickens, or is it very very futuristic? Cats, and that weird is shit. yeah, like in, yeah, the effects of because you see a planet at the beginning, and it doesn't look like Earth, but maybe the effects of years and years of planetary abuse. You get this crazy shit. I love the fact that there's like barely any people in the movie. It's like this yep. industrial yeah. type okay. weird it's area, just, but there's like Henry, nobody it's around. Henry, Henry, <laughs> his wife, his futuristic dream wife, and the parents, and the kids in the eraser head yeah. factory thing. That's it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really uh, it's really bizarre, man. It's a cool movie, dude. I, I, I'm I'm definitely gonna pick up the Criterion when I get a shot. I really wish Boy. Jack Nance hadn't died, man. I think that guy would have been fucking. I think he would have been huge now. 
You know, it would have been super motherfucking old, but like, you know, in the age where everybody seems to get a part in films now and kind of do shit and stuff. But I mean, if you're going to take anything away from it, I think like the industrial complex and, uh, you know, uh, deformities and stuff like that and abuse of uh, the earth is is kind of uh, there for you to maybe grasp at. And then also maybe something to do with like abortions, like how he keeps pulling those little sperm fucks out of his wife and smashing him against the wall (laughs) you know i think the last thing that jack nance actually appeared in was fucking lost highway before he died Uh, yeah 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 this this was a this was a i really like this movie man it's it's super cool like whether it doesn't mean anything or not it still doesn't take away from just how unique and art housey it is and it, it does, the reputation yep. completely deserves it because it, it is super cool, man. Um, but I give it an eight out of ten. I mean, I I guess if there was more to pull pull from it, I could go higher. It's the first time watch. That's that feels like a rating that could easily fluctuate. Yeah, the the little girl in that movie is actually his daughter, eh? Mm. Jennifer, who became a director herself, who did Chained, which is a really underrated movie in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Movies, the movie's fantastic. All right, next up. Isn't Eraserhead one of those movies that like you watch and then you kind of wanna, you, you just kind of want to watch it again? You, <laughs> you know, know what? It's, no, it's, it's a movie that I want to get other people to watch who hasn't seen it. Just like yo, you gotta check this thing oh, out. Oh man, I, tell Carly to watch dude, it, dude. I I remember I getting, I used to I get super to. baked and watch Eraserhead. I'm like, this movie's the best. Like it's a, you don't even have to be baked or fucking on anything. That movie's just a trip in general. It just oozes creativity, creative thought. That's why I like it. Yeah, so many cool scenes. Yeah. All right, next up for me comes from Tyler, don't have his last name. From the year 2002, we have Ghost Ship, directed, not directed, released by Dark Castle Entertainment. Now, growing up, uh, this movie's very nostalgic for me, (laughs) not in Andrew Schroyer kind of a way, because I've seen it back in the day, and I remember I really, really liked it quite a bit, and I never watched it again. But I had the nostalgic of that first memory of watching it. And that's what I think about this movie now when I think about it. So now I'm watching it again for a second time. And this movie's fucking god awful, awful bad. It sucks. <laughs> I know. I was. Movie. Listen, I remember when we were doing the O2 show and I had seen parts of it. And I remember the marketing and stuff when it came out. And I was looking forward to that one. And I started watching it. I was like, okay, this starts off good enough. Yeah. And then I was like, man, this movie sucks. It really does just suck. It, another one is Queen of the Damned. That movie sucks too. Yeah. And uh, they they both came out in O two. There's a, and another one, Fear.com. That movie sucks. See, I remember liking that one. Maybe it's just because I'm. It sucks. It's sad because I was like, Tyler. that was like the last thing Aaliyah did. You know. I know. Before I know. she died, too. That sucked. But yeah. But uh, Ghost Ship. Now this movie, I have to say, has some really really fantastic lighting it's really fucking good like major major props to the cinematographer and the grips and electric department in this movie because the light <laughs> the li- it is it's true if you like yeah, if you really watch it yeah yeah like if you really watch it like the way that the light comes through the windows and it bounces off the water and it bounces off the 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 rusted walls and everything like that 
it looks really, really fucking nice. It's really, really well done. Really, really good stuff in that department. And and the art department, the production design, really, really great. Uh, they really made this rusted-looking, uh, you know, interior of the ship look really real and, and realistic. And everything in that sense is really, really well done, too. So I have to give the film... Uh, credit in the technical merit sense that it's it's really really well done in that sense what it's not really well done is 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 the narrative because it's fucking just stupid boringness the entire fucking movie you start the movie off with this really awesome memorable scene that most people think about when they think about this film is the way that the film opens and um you know when people talk about this movie that's what they talk about and then the movie just fucking goes nowhere, and it turns into a Hollywood-feeling, semi-big-budget, early 2000s horror film. And it just it just shits the bed as the narrative goes on. And it's just not good. It sucks, and it's boring. The acting is pretty horrendously bad. It's not, like, horribly bad, but it's pretty bad. Um and uh it's just unfortunately now my mind's going to be not remembering the good old early 2000s vhs days when i first remember watching this movie and i was going to be filled with remembering that the movie fucking sucks but that girl does have nice titties i have to say um that's another good part of that movie but um ghost ship yeah kind of disappointed now but i'm still happy to have it in the collection and um, if you're going to watch it, watch it for its technical merits because it's pretty well made in that sense. And it's a Dark Castle Entertainment film, a label that I miss now that Warner Brothers doesn't release horror films anymore besides nothing. Everything's new line these days. So what what have they do- what have they done? What's Dark Castle? Uh, they did House of Wax, Ghost Ship, uh, Splice was one of their um last films like the vincenzo uh, natale film yeah hmm. um what else did they do um don't type well um, i have to let's see they did um ghost ship 13 ghosts house on haunted hill house of wax remakes I, I really remakes like ghosts and house on haunted hill i like both of them 13 ghosts is the best one though oh that's, out of all yeah, that's the worst one no, dude, that movie's so fucking cool, dude. Nah, the remake is terrible. No, it's not. I, that, I feel like is. people need to rewatch that. House dude. of Wax what's, is better. What's than that bad show. about it? The effects, man. They're they're shitty. They're ghosts. They're not. They're not fucking real things. They're spirits. They can look not real. Real. It looks cheesy and shitty. No, I like it, man. I don't I, get this, I man. Ghost shit, man. Filmed in Australia and Canada, Vancouver. Did you say you like Ghost Ship? Halifax, but then no, the country, I, I like the country, I'm moods. the country, fucking credited for this is USA slash Australia. <laughs> That's bizarre. Do you did you, do you did he? It wasn't on his top ten. I know that, but did What's you that? like Ghost Ship at all? You know what, man? I wasn't the biggest fan of it before. I think I said on the the O2 show, I said I liked it a lot more than I did previously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was okay. You know, it's a I, fun I was... era. That's why I would love to get another late '90s or any '90s, really, or early 2000s, because I like revisiting. But that you know era me, I feel like I'm kind of biased when it comes to to boat horror films. 
kind of like him. Yeah, it's kind of hard to fuck up a good boat horror film sometimes. But he is right, though, man. The, the aesthetic and the visuals in that film. Are yeah, really, I do remember really, that. Being really good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, they're really, really fantastic. Like, yeah, it is good. Top-notch stuff. But um, four and a half for Ghost Ship. It's not good. It's unfortunate. Ghost Dicks is sucky. Still a four and a half, though, right? Wow. So the narrative, man, that, oof. Yeah, it sucks. It's yeah, it boring. Does. But it I think I think I might have said that too. I was like, man, but the movie itself is kind of shitty. <laughs> I it's, think we're pretty it's, much it's, on the same pre- page. it's predictable and it's and the Somebody give is... him fear.com cuz no. you should you should everybody just needs to give him O2 films so he could prep for an O2 show and then give his list that he never gave. <laughs> that would be fun. No. <laughs> you might as well, man. <laughs> uh, you should go back and give lists for all the top tens you missed. There wasn't many. I think 2015, uh, 02, and 96, I think. Fuck you, I can barely prep for the ones that I have to do now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he never did disclose how many 72 films I said lost. nothing. Not one? Well, what I think the We had all this time off. Not even one movie? Holy shit, dude. That's fucked. That's uh, all right. That's crazy. All right. So next up here, man, another Patreon pick coming from Rob Henkins again. Film from 1988, originally released, well, not originally, a release by Droma called Rabbit Grannies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we all know about this insanely shitty ass Blu-ray that Troma put out a few years ago. It's pretty much worse looking than the than the DVD and shit. I always find that super comical to talk about because that's crazy. How do you do that? How do you make a Blu-ray worse looking than the than the DVD? If you know anything about trauma DVDs, that's crazy. But very simple premise, man. This is a Belgian film that's actually in English. And I believe this was the very first Belgian film ever uh, released that wasn't subsidized by the government which is kind of a weird thing because a lot of films from this era were all, you know, basically covered by the government and shit. And this one wasn't. So they kind of had creative control over it because that was the thing, you know, back in those days was if the government's paying for your shit, man, they got a little bit of saying your shit too, but they didn't on this one. Rabbit grannies, very simple story. And it is about <laughs> two grannies. Actually, they're aunties, they're sisters. Uh, who essentially end up getting um, possessed by demonic forces from a box that they open up on their birthday uh, that was a gift from their their kind of black sheep nephew that was written out of the wills and shit like that of the family. And so they get possessed, they turn into demons, and they start killing off all the family members that are there to you know celebrate uh, you know the holiday. Very simple premise. The, you know, this is a fun film. If you can get through the first, like, 30, 35 minutes of the movie. The first 30 minutes of the film is basically... And I will give him props for doing this, too. At least you get to know the characters a tiny bit. But it kind of goes through everybody that's going to show up at the uh, the auntie's houses uh, in their vehicles. It shows like these couples and, and kids and stuff in their vehicles. You get introduced that way. You know, they just kind of keep editing like that and shit. So it goes on for like a half an hour, introducing all these fucking potential victims. 
get to the house, they get possessed and shit. <laughs> I think one of the funniest things about this movie is, uh, you know, this is not a straight-up horror film. It, you know, it's definitely got its comedy to it. You can tell by the effects and, and what the grannies turn into. They turn into the, the, the funniest-looking fucking demons ever. They have these, like, massive kind of alien heads and shit, and they're just super demonic, and they're, you know, out for, you know, straight blood. Um, The funny thing that always... <laughs> The funny thing about this movie that always makes you laugh is that the grannies slash aunties, they, they, they still talk normal. You know, in most demonic possession films, like if you get possessed by somebody or by a demon and shit, you ultimately talk all fucked up and you know, you know, you talk in fucking tongues and all that type of shit. No, just their form changed. They still talk completely normal. So you have like these old granny voices coming out of these super demonic demon looking creatures and shit. It's like totally bizarre to me. The movie has a little bit of balls. It's got a little bit of balls. There's a scene where they actually kill one of the kids by like tearing her apart and they show it. I was like, fuck yeah. You know, rewatching shit. I was like, that's amazing. Good stuff. Um, ultimately the movie is, you know, set in one location, super low budget, you know, it's set in this house and it's literally just these grannies terrorizing everybody that showed up for this, uh, this high class dinner, lobster dinner. And it's fun as hell. There's a lot of funny ass dialogue. I'm not sure if a lot of the funny or a lot of the jokes are actually stemming from the ridiculous dub on it. It's oddly enough. I'm pretty fucking sure that they're speaking English. They dubbed the voices over, obviously. And a lot of the dubbing does not match the characters at all. So that kind of adds to it, too. I don't know if that was part of the plan, part of the comedy or not. But essentially, it's pretty damn fucking funny. Um, Pretty entertaining damn film. I wish this one, and I actually don't wish because I fucking know... The Vinegar Syndrome is eventually going to release this on Blu-ray because, you know, they release a lot of the trauma titles because they have this deal with them. You know for a fucking fact this is going to get re-released by Vinegar Syndrome. So, if you're liking what you're hearing and you want to check out Rabbit Grannies, yeah, the DVD is super cheap. You can you can check it out, but in my opinion... Don't buy that Blu-ray, right? Don't buy the Blu-ray. Wait for the Vinegar Syndrome that's eventually going to happen. Because the Blu-ray is supposed to be ass, right? It's literally the worst Blu-ray ever released. Apparently, the Blu-ray looks worse than the DVD. And I'm pretty sure on even Blu-ray.com it has a 0.5 out of 5. Or it's crazy low. So yeah. uh, another little thing about Rabbit Grannies. Um, you know, everyone was so pissed off when the Blu-ray came out. They're like, wow, the PQ is terrible. You know, they, you know, they incorporated all this footage and it looks like shit and stuff. You know, the odd thing is about this movie is that when the director shot this film, you know, he shot the movie and they decided to shoot some gorier scenes and stuff. And then he wanted, he was going to put them in there, but he didn't really care for the gore and stuff. He thought it kind of took away from the film. So he decided to keep it off the film. So the version that you see on the, on the trauma DVD is actually the director's cut. That's the version that he wants you to see. He doesn't want the gorier version. He doesn't want those extended scenes. He doesn't want all that bullshit that they had thrown into the Blu-ray and stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting because like I said, I know vinegar syndrome eventually is going to release this Blu-ray just a hunch. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I hope that they do two cuts of the film. They do this version and then they incorporate the other shit. So people can kind of decide what they want to do with it. But, 
Um, Rabbit Granny's super, super fun fucking movie. It's entertaining from top to bottom. 7 out of 10. Fun-ass Belgian film. Check it out if you never checked it out before. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Um, next up for me is not a Patreon pick, actually, because I've exhausted almost all of those besides the co-review. Uh, so I just decided to go back and look at my letterbox, and which double shot J, you can follow me on there. Um, you can see all the American Pie movies I'm watching. Read my thoughts on that. Uh, but no, um, I looked back and I was like, oh, let's do this one. So I got uh, 1988's The Uninvited from Vinegar Syndrome. This is, <laughs> this is the new Blu-ray that came out last month end of last month and i was looking this shit is 30 32.98 on amazon right now what's going that, on with that that's ridiculous yeah i don't know it was just like 20 bucks the other day too I don't, rich I don't for know my blood happened. yeah i don't know what happened um so uninvited uh opens up in a science lab where they're doing experiments and essentially a mutated cat escapes and gets uh basically like it's like a parasite almost and it, it gets a regular house cat and it lives inside its body um and then it escapes and meanwhile there's like these two hot chicks and these two like college kids who are going on a boat and I, i'm not i don't remember what the reason was that they were going on the boat uh like a big yacht and the, they basically pick up the cat and they're like oh we can't leave this thing here like let's bring it aboard and uh, also on this boat is uh, criminals who are trying to escape something with money or some other stuff. And they're trying to get to these Cayman Islands so that they can escape the police. They or just kind of slime their way onto the boat because they were hot chicks and shit. And that was it. Is that how they did it? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know how they got on there because yeah. the chicks seem to know one of the dudes that are on the boat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> What's his name on there? The dude from Melrose Place. Um, I don't know. He was part of it too. He was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're all on there. You know, they're having fun and get old time and stuff. But this this mutant killer cat thing is up to no good. It kills the boat captain. <laughs> and the, they like the next morning, they're like, oh, shit. The boat captains go- must have fell overboard. And they're all like, well, we can't really go back to get him because we're on the run from the law. But the other person's like, we want no. I got to report this, and she's she's all like, this is this is da- this is bad. I got to report to them, and blah blah. And they're like, well, we'll give you this yacht if you don't. <laughs> and she's like, okay, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> and then um, the cat's just picking off people, and then the criminals and the teen, the the hot girls. Which, by the way, the bikinis and stuff are really popping in this movie. Um, they're like bright colored and they make these chicks look really smoking. The dude's really lame, but I think all eighties dudes look lame. So <laughs> yeah, it's fucking Rob Estes in that film, man. Jesus Christ. Fuck. He's such a dork in that one. Clue Gulliger is also in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the, it's a mutant killer cat film on a boat <laughs> is what it is. Um, dude, my God, like I, I like I never even heard of this movie. I know that other people have. Some people seen it growing up and stuff, but I never even heard of this movie. But man, I, I like Vinegar Syndrome is so fucking cool, dude. They release the funnest, most bizarre stuff, and they make it look so good. 
like because the blu-ray it is really grainy i will say that but it, especially in certain scenes but it still looks very crystal clear besides the grain like it, it still pops very well um not their best transfer for sure but uh it's pretty good um what did you think of the transfer well, considering what I'd seen it before on, it's like a masterpiece. <laughs> so, yeah. Like I was blown yeah, away. They... I was blown away at some of the scenes. I was like, "Holy shit, man. Like what the fuck? I don't know how they do it." It's yeah, I do. it's but... it's insane. They have the best restoration game yeah. in the game. It's insane. Um and man, one of my favorite parts of this movie is just anytime you see this stupid cat. Like it <laughs> it oh its body like opens wide and then another cat that to me looks like a little dog comes out yeah, and attacks yeah. people it's like instead of just doing a kill like a killer cat would have been fine killer cat on a boat that's pretty crazy but it's like no it got to be a mutant cat within a regular cat yeah. on a boat <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous and then like the best scene is the end where they're like oh, the cat's just jumping out of water onto him and it's like Rah! And it's like jumping at them and, you know, attacking them and they throw it back in the water. It's like jumping back at them and stuff. And they're like, it's going to keep coming after us. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, the, oh, the, the ADR on the cat is so bad. Cause like when it's regular, just a regular house cat chilling around for whatever reason, the filmmaker decided, well, it can't just be a regular cat chilling. It has to make noise. So it makes it meow a lot. Like it'll just be like chilling in the background and be like, meow. And it's like, but the cat's mouth doesn't move or anything. And it's like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's like random cat noises just for the sake of yeah. like, we can't just have the cat quietly sitting there. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, this movie was really fun. It's not, it's not spectacularly great, but at the same time, it's actually better than you would expect for a mutant killer cat on a boat film. Um, and honestly, like pretty high budget feeling considering it's a damn yacht <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i mean so uh i kind of give it props and i came in at a six out of ten but the experience is much higher than a six but the quality of the film isn't the greatest <laughs> but I, I man i love some vinegar syndrome dude i'm i was watching your shelf video and i just i gotta pick up more like i i, I bought a few before these ones i got from vinegar syndrome but i've bought i I own like i buy them every once in a while but i just gotta buy more Mm -hmm. because they they put out such fun stuff they really do man one of the coolest companies out there you know i'm cheap it's crazy too in all aspects man i mean you know transfers presentations slip covers features like they just kind of they're a plusing every aspect of a release it's pretty cool um, one of the things that I didn't check out is apparently there's a, a different cut of the movie on there that switches up the ending too and gives a little more backstory on the characters. Uh, I didn't check out that version. Yeah. But yeah, so that is the unin or it's not actually the uninvited. It's just uninvited. Yeah. All right. Next up for me, this is a film from Aaron. From the year 2018, 2019 release, it's called The Burning, South Korean film directed by Lee Chung Dung, and I've seen a few of his films. He's a pretty famous director from South Korea. He doesn't really do many horror films, and this isn't really a horror film. It's more of a drama kind of film, but um, it's nominated 
well, not nominated, but it was yeah, it was nominated for uh, best foreign language film from this year's Oscars for South Korea, and it played at Cannes and won a bunch of awards there too. But we follow our main character um, Lee. Lee is a very similar to me. I see him in, I see his character and uh, his traits in me. He's an introvert. He's very quiet. You know, he's a homebody kind of a character. And one day when he's working, he comes across this girl that he used to, that he knew that he grew up with at, in this village. And, um, you know, they started talking and things like that. And they ultimately become pretty much a couple. And one day she decides to go to Africa and she comes back with uh, this guy played by Steven Yoon from Mayhem and, of course, The Walking Dead. And he is a very, uh, the total opposite of Lee. Lee is, uh, like I said, an introvert, but this guy, he he has a lot of money. You know, he's successful, he's attractive, total opposite of Lee. And, um, you know, his relationship with this woman that Lee's interested in is, you know, it becomes very interwined kind of uh, character study, relationship study. And one day uh, she disappears and Lee doesn't, you know, she disappears out of thin air and Lee doesn't know where she went or anything like that. And of course he suspects that Steven Yoon's character is of course responsible for uh, her disappearance. And, you know, that's basically it. It's him trying to find out um, where she is and things like that. It's slow, slow, insanely slow burn kind of a film, like no pun intended. The title's called Burning. It is a, is a slow, slow burn film. The film runs, you know, uh, 165, 170 minutes long. So it's almost three hours long and um, not much happens you know, along the time, there's not much action or anything like that. It's basically just these three characters talking and and things being un- uncovered and things like that. The film's shot amazing. It's insanely beautiful, um, and I and the characters are really well done. Um, you don't you know lose hope that you're gonna lose interest or anything like that. They're they're amazing, well written well-acted and charismatic kind of characters that you enjoy spending pretty much three hours with. But like I said, it's way too long and it's it's way too slow of a burn. But if you like those kind of movies, you're really, really going to enjoy this movie. Um, like I said, it's not a horror film. It's uh, 100% a drama. Um, no kills or anything like that's in this movie. It's just, it's just solely a dialogue kind of a uh, narrative. So... I really didn't like it. I mean, I really did like it, though. It's it's really, really well made. And I can see why it won so many awards at Cannes and, and things like that. So I give it an 8. I, I don't love it as much as I've heard people talk about it in the past. I mean, it's basically three characters, and that's pretty much it in the entire film. So it is what it is. If you like those slow kind of burn uh korean kind of films then you're definitely going to dig this one um it's quite good check it out burning uh welcome usa 
we'll put out the Blu-ray in a couple of weeks, but you can watch it on VOD right now if you want. Yeah, man, they like their they do their Asian shit, man. Yep. Cool, cool. All right. Next up here from a man, Mikey Fisher, another film from 1988 called Death Row Diner. Uh, this is a shot on video film. So everyone already just turned the podcast off. Nobody wants to hear about shot on video films. Yep. Um, that's actually pretty damn cool, man. Pretty fun. I have to say this is probably one of the more higher budget shot on video films I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, basically what the storyline is, is that we've got this, uh, this guy that was running this Hollywood, uh, studio back in the forties who ultimately gets convicted of a crime that he didn't commit and sentenced to the electric chair. They execute him. And of course he dies 40 years later, 40 something years later, years present 1988. Um, the descendants of not only his family, but the people that have taken over the studio are now filming in the same jail that he was executed in. And somehow he has come back for revenge. Yeah. Um, (laughs) dude, it's basically, it's basically a spoof of, these type of films, it's kind of funny. It's, it's put out by camp pictures, not camp motion, but the camp pictures back in the day. And they actually put out uh, Hollywood chainsaw hookers. And there's like tons of Hollywood chainsaw hooker jokes in the film. There's posters, Michelle Bowers, even in the film, she even stars in this one too. It's like so self-aware of what they're doing. It's like ridiculous. (laughs) You know, it's like the whole fucking movie feels like a promotional piece for Hollywood chainsaw hookers. It's like really fucking bizarre. Um, but so many bizarre characters, man. There's this cater, this Elvis impersonator character, uh, cater character that shows up in this film. And it's like, you can't help, but just die laughing. The performance is out to lunch for lack of a better pun. You know, he's actually delivering food. It's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, so we've got this tycoon that's basically killing off all the members of this production crew and essentially eating them. Hence death row diner. It's ridiculous. The The makeup on the killer is so fucking ridiculous. Like, it makes no sense. He got electrocuted. I don't know why the makeup is the way it is. It makes no sense. It doesn't really look like burn marks. It looks like, it looks like a typhoon on the side of his face. It's strange. I don't even know how to even how to describe it. It's very strange, but, but it's a shot on video film. And I will say the production value for this shot on video film is probably one of the higher I've ever seen. They actually have sets, like decent sets. And honestly, the acting isn't bad. The worst actor in the film is probably the star of the movie, Michelle Bauer. She's an 80s scream queen. Everybody knows who she is. We've all seen her naked a thousand times. Have you seen any of her films? But she's probably the worst actor in the entire film. It's funny. Like so many of the other people that they use in this are pretty fun and actually are doing a pretty decent job. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a satire, you know, that kind of works uh, a lot of the jokes are actually making me chuckle i wasn't pissing myself or nothing but it's kind of fun uh death row diner man shot on video level scale seven out of ten it's honestly one of the better shot on video films i've actually ever seen before and um if you're into that shit check it out it's kind of fun it's kind of fun 
think JP fell asleep like I did. No, I didn't fall asleep. <clears throat> um, all right. Uh, shoot, I was just trying to figure out what to review. So I either have Abducted in Plain Sight or Friday the 13th 09. What do you guys want to hear? I don't care. You have to do balls, so... Never mind. There's still one more. No, I don't, I don't care. I just have one. I don't care. Okay. Friday um, 09. Okay. Friday 09. So... Uh, Friday the 13th, 2009, I already told the story last show about how I went and seen this in the theater thanks to a nice couple who pretended that I was related to them or their son or something. And one was black. Both were black. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love this in the theater. It was like one of my favorite theatrical experiences. To this day, the most attendance attended movie i've ever seen it was completely sold out there wasn't a seat left none of my friends even sat next to each other there was like nine of us too um and it was so awesome seeing it in the theater 10 year anniversary rolled around um i think the day before valentine's day february 13th i believe of uh 2009 so 10 years and i was like wow man reflecting it's my favorite franchise i'm like i should watch it because it's been 10 years and we haven't had a Jason film. And uh, I wanted to kind of see where my head was at with this film because it's been a while. It's been a while. I've seen it a couple times since the theater. Uh, I, I watched it when it came on DVD first day by for me, obviously. I was a massive fan. Uh, revisited it. Liked it less, but still was pretty high on it. And then seeing it again a few times, I'd probably seen it four, four or five times. I'd always kind of got further and further down each time I watched it. Watching it this time, I definitely, I feel like it, where it's at now, finally like sank in where I put it in the franchise. It, it, it finally like I finally know exactly what I feel about it. Um, and it basically, it's basically the first three films loosely in one film. So it shows a clip at the beginning of Jason's mom being beheaded. Then it shows uh, Jason in the sack mask. And then it shows him get the hockey mask. And uh, the the cold open in this movie is the best or one of the best sequences in Friday the 13th history. In the history of the series, it ha- the, one of the best sequences is the opening of this film. Um, you have a group of teenagers, young adults, looking for some marijuana out in the woods by Crystal Lake. Uh, so they go camping. Too bad it's close to Jason's old stomping grounds. And he basically fucks them up, you know. And uh, it's like Friday the 13th. It's fucking badass. The sleeping bag burning above the fire. It's just, it's so good. He looks so good in the sack mask too, Derek Mears. Awesome. That's exactly encapsulates what you want out of a Friday the 13th remake in that scene. Unfortunately, it does take a major step down. It peaks right there. And then not only does it peak there it actually takes a big step down throughout the rest of the film. I think that the characters are pretty weak, honestly. And that's not saying, you know, that Friday the 13th films don't have weak characters. It's just, I don't feel like they fit. They didn't feel right. They, 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 especially the douchey guy, like it's okay to have a douchey guy, but it's just, he was lame. He was lame douchey. It was annoying. Um, Why do the cliche characters of the eighties, seem way more cool than the cliche characters of the fucking 2000s 2000s yeah i know that is the case yeah everybody kind of sucks in this movie i hated that jason kidnapped a girl 
Although I understand where it's coming from. I think it's she a looked like thing Pamela. Yeah, I hate that too. Well, the, it's kind of a nod to part two where Amy still puts on the Pamela clothes and sort of because she looks like Pamela, yeah. he doesn't kill her. But, you know, so um, Dave Z has a theory that he was just confused, which makes sense. I mean, that it, it's not necessarily like he wasn't going to kill her in part two. It's just he was stalled because he was confused. Um, in this, I don't like it. I don't like how, to me, Jason would not do that. No. Um, I know it's a different no. film. It's a different, it's different Jason, but I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, I don't like the underground layers. Thought that was pretty lame. And then, uh, other than that though, it's pretty cool. It has some cool kills. Um, Jason actually looks pretty badass. Like Derek Mears is a good Jason. I think he's top half of the series in terms of Jason's. And um, he he has a presence to him. He's violent. I like that. Uh, the nudity is fantastic in this one. Um, probably the best in the series, maybe. Um, I mean, Debbie C. Voorhees has the best nude scene, but the best nudity throughout. Uh, a lot. It's actually pretty vulgar nudity in this one too, more so than the old Friday films. Because um, those cut that those, the douchebag and that girl have sex forever. <laughs> like they have sex for a really long time on screen. Um, I just wanted a little bit more out of it, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. It's a good Friday. It's not a bad Friday. It just isn't what I wanted out of a remake. Um, it's just another Jason film. It's not in the mid. It's, it's like lower tier, I would say um, Jason film, but it's good. I like them all, so you know that except for X, which I I kind of like, but so it's it's not it's not bad. I'm I like it. It's just out of a remake, I wanted something more grand, um, like the beginning of this film. The beginning is so good, and then it just never gets back to that point. And another thing I noticed for the very first time watching, whoa, Jesus, is that, that real? <laughs> wow, that, that had some push on it. <laughs> Dude, you're we're really, not talking about the Elm Street remake. You're really oh, pushed. You're really Friday. pushed on that one. Jesus. Yeah, that one's um, something I noticed about something I noticed about this film this time I never noticed before, but subconsciously I think I didn't like all the time, but just finally put it into thoughts this time. The look of the film has a very dreary look to it. It's like um, like overcast, like it's cloudy out or something. I didn't like that. Because to me, Crystal Lake is more like summerish, and uh, this one felt like more like like early spring or like you know late fall or something. Um, I don't know. It, it just it, the only scene is the boat scene seems a little bit more vibrant, but for the most part, it, it, it doesn't have a vibrant look to it, and I don't like that. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty much it. I, I I like the mythology and stuff. That was cool. I just want to know. I would love to see a winter one. That would be cool. Um, I'm at a 7 out of 10 on it. It's not bad. Really? Wow, crazy. What? Did you expect higher? No, I actually... Uh, lower. Yeah? Would yeah. you be lower? Yeah, dude. You know, honestly, man, I think the first 25... Like, you know, up until the where the credits run is really mm -hmm. good so good it's it, like i said it's one of the best scenes in friday like it, one of the best sequences it actually is like legitimate but i think the whole film just takes a dramatic nosedive from that point on 
Yeah, but it's still just another Friday. Like, it's not like, yeah, the kidnapping thing is lame. The, and the whole London thing. Yeah, but the, all that shit is like unforgivable. It's like, I understand it's like a new vision kind of thing, but it's it's kind of lame. Well, they were dude. trying to explain how Jason got around so quickly. Yeah. It's just wasn't buying it. You buy that shit? No, I don't buy it. There's, yeah. I don't believe in the underground tunnel system. No, it's it's. But at the same time, other people will be like, "Well, fuck! Did you believe D- Jason could get struck by lightning and come back to life?" And I'm like, "Fair point." Yeah, but <laughs> you it, think it's he not... could survive underwater for all that time? Yeah. Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, we'll get to that eventually. We got to make ours. 19 hours just the spike oh lordy there's no way there's, we're not <laughs> listen, we're not reviewing we hypothetical and fucking not shot scenes it's also, listen, that's not happening what if we did the elm street and friday franchise together and we did them in chronological order of the time they came out because they're technically linked together so you do like you know two four episodes or something and uh you know, you're the first four films in one, second four film. You know, like that. That wouldn't be too bad of an idea. No. Okay. What yeah, I mean that. Because <laughs> it puts a different perspective into it. Because you would review like Friday one through four. Yeah. And then you get to Elm Street one, and then it'd be like <laughs> Friday five, Elm Street two. It would be. I, I never watched them in that order, but that would be kind of a fun order to watch them because they are linked. I mean, Fra- Fra- Freddy versus Jason. Where do you put that? Which franchise will we put that in? If we do it regular. Well, what do you yeah. consider that movie to be more of? A Freddy film or an Elm Street? Or, I mean, a Jason film. I've always felt like it felt more of like an Elm Street film to me. Yeah. I guess it does feel Elm Street-y. It, I don't know. It, it kind of has kind of both in there. Oh, it should. <laughs> that, it really <laughs> does, but like, I mean, to me, it does. We kinda, spend more time uh, on Elm Street. That's why I don't you just spend have, almost uh, all the time on Elm Street. Yeah, I'd have to revisit that shit. But I, I mean, I always kind of thought of it as more of an Elm Street film, even though sometimes I don't. I don't know. It's weird. I have to rewatch it. Am I not? Yeah. All right, last Patreon pick from this month is from good old Derek. We had the 2010 Australian film El Monstro Del Mar, directed by Stuart Simpson, who also did uh, Chocolate, Strawberry, and Vanilla, which we've all talked about here on the show. Um, This is a lower... Well, not a lower, super low budget kind of monster film, uh, grindhouse exploitation inspired kind of film where we follow these three sexy fix on killers as they are, um, you know, driving around, causing trouble, doing their thing. They have a fascination with murdering all the men. They're, you know, that kind of feminist kind of uh, character. And they go to the seaside cabin and there's something strange going on in the sea. And there's uh, these old man and his granddaughter living in one of these shanties on the sea. 
And the old man is a little bit nutty about not going into the water because there's something weird going on. And these three ladies, of course, come and splash around in the water and swim around. And that uh, makes the old man a little bit uh, paranoid that this monster is eventually going to return. And ultimately, in the last 10 minutes or so, the monster does show up and starts to wreak havoc. And it's all CGI green screen kind of stuff uh, with the monster. There's a little bit of a practical monster every once in a while, but it's pretty much the CG. It's low budget, so I understand what it's getting at. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I know Moods really loves this movie. I, I, I can understand why he likes it. It's his kind of film. I just didn't think it was as solid as Chocolate Strawberry and Vanilla. I think all the characters are are likable, but they're super uh, not generic. I want to say, but they're super. You know, they fit those kind of characters that they're trying to play, and they they look like that. It kind of reminded me of a uh, Dead Hooker in the Trunk. It has a similar kind of lower budget kind of feel to it as that film does. And same kind of character uh, character traits and things like that between those girls in that film as well. But, you know, it is what it is. It's good. It's short. It's 75 minutes long. But it's not too much monster. It's more dialogue with these girls than monster battling. But, you know, it's a little budget. So I give it a 6 out of 10. It's above average for sure. But... I didn't like love it like Moods did. I feel like I feel like this movie is like a low budget version of a a Tarantino movie meets a monster film. Yeah, it's but, not too much a monster film though. But that's but that's I what mean, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's it's more yeah. it's it's kind of like that from Dust Till Dawn thing. You know, where yeah. the majority of the film is this crime film, and it turns yeah. into a vampire film. That's what I feel like this is on a different scale, obviously, budget-wise, you know? Yeah. But it's cool. You have to admit, the opening scene yeah, starts it's out... black and white. It's nice. Black and white, and then they have this... Kill, and then it goes to color and shit. It's yeah. really fucking cool. It's well done and shit. I love the women. They're super... Like, that fixing sexiness to them, and... I love the dialogue and just the way this thing's kind of progresses and stuff. I would like to see a little bit more of the, you know, the monsters and shit, but you know, but again, it is what it is. Super low budget, but uh, yeah. I love the feel of it, man. I love that feel, you know, like it has this where it's kind of set in the fifties, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of set in this fifties. They don't really even explain that or tell you that, but like, you can kind of tell the way they're dressed, the cars are driving, the way they're talking, things like that. I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Stuart Simpson's a director that I would, I want to see a lot more work from because in my he's opinion, a nice guy. I've talked to him on Twitter. Oh yeah, we talked about uh, chocolate strawberry vanilla, and uh, when we talked about it on the show, he's a nice guy. He's yeah, a, well, everyone yeah. knows how much I love that movie. But his yeah. very first movie, The Demons Among Us, was actually uh, released by Troma, and hmm. it's a, it's actually a pretty damn good film too. And the cool thing about Stuart Simpson is that all his movies are so different. Like, this guy's, you know, he's a filmmaker. He's making completely different type of films, and I, I respect the shit out of that, man. Really cool yeah. stuff. So um, I, I just can't wait to see what he does next. You know, I think he did one, he did a segment in ABC's A Death or something, or what did he 2. do? 2.5. Okay, that's what it he was. Did, he did, like, that one that didn't make the cut. That's right, yeah. <laughs> he did the M for me. That's right, yeah. So I've never yeah. seen that thing, but, uh, yeah, 
he needs to do more films. They're so spread out. Six, ten, yeah. and fourteen. You know, fuck. One of those directors, man. I just, you know, yeah. can't get the from. money. Yeah, exactly. That sucks, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, the shitty one. <laughs> next up, man. The uh, the time. Is, who gave me this one? Who again? What was his name? Jelly Bane. Jelly Bane 801. Give me a film called The Time Machine from 2011. I think it's from 2011. Yeah. The Time Machine, brackets, I found at a yard sale. (laughs) So it's basically about this fucking dude that finds this box at a yard sale. He purchases it. He goes home to ultimately find out that it's a time machine. So he decides to to use it. You know, he goes into the fucking future where he finds this group of women. He ends up, these group of women that are slaves. And he ends up saving one of them because I guess he's kind of selfish. He picked out the one that he wanted. I don't know. And so he takes her and then they continue on into the future. But they hear this, they have this, uh, not this like revelation, but they end up hearing this voice from this recording inside the spaceship or inside. Yeah. Inside the spaceship that they ultimately find within, in the future and stuff. And it has this recording of this resistance. So they go on this mission to save basically the world. <laughs> so, Oh Lordy. Wow. You know, I will give it to him. This movie had a narrative to it. But holy flying fuck. This is a bad movie. It's pretty much done on a green screen. With straight up static shots. You know, it's that type of filmmaking. Green screen, static shots. Really piss poor acting. And I shit you not, I can literally see the actor's eyes reading the cue cards. (laughs) <laughs> it's that type of it's that type of filmmaking. It's so fucking bad. There's there's no redeemable qualities, man. Like the effects. Oh my god, the spaceship effects. You have to see this shit. It's it's fucking hilarious, man. Done on Commodore Commodore sixty four for sure. Um, acting dialogue is so piss poor. I I, I think they were kind of winging it at times too. Like in the in the scenes where you couldn't see them reading the cue cards, I think they were just making up shit and like. The director's like, yeah, that's good. We'll roll with that. And I'm like, holy fuck, dude, it's so bad. So bad. Facts, terrible. There's like literally no people in this film. There's like one or maybe four people in the entire film. Um, The other odd thing is that (laughs) when he saves this girl from, you know, the slavery and shit, he picks the one that's like the weirdest and odd looking chick ever. (laughs) I just, it actually made me laugh a lot. I'm like, why would you fucking make her? That's ridiculous. Um, this might even be one of the worst movies ever made. Hands down. Really? I'm not even joking. This is on, like, I know I've done a top 10 worst films of all time. This is definitely in there now. Is it horror at all? It's pretty much like sci-fi. It's straight up sci-fi. It's time travel. But, you know, the the fucked up thing is, like, you know, when you have a time travel film, you know, you would probably try to... Like, even Bill and Ted does it so much better. 
you know, they go to different eras. They do shit, you know. But, like, once they find out about this resistance and they try to solve this mystery, it's like it's like the worst shit ever. It doesn't even make any fucking sense. <laughs> like, nothing is cohesive at this point. Oh, man. Like, man, dude. I was like, what in the fuck is going on in this film? It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, even for me somebody that likes bad movies and I was kind of hoping this was going to be one of those films that was going to end up being so bad. It's kind of entertaining. It's kind of good. You know, you have to see this type of shit once to kind of laugh at it. Tell your friends about, tell your family, you know, tell your unborn, you know, write letters about the shit. No, this is one of those films where you say, Holy fuck. What am I doing with my life? Why am I watching (laughs) this shit right now? This is insanely bad. And the crazy thing is, they are legitimately trying to make a decent film. It's not it's not that goofy. You know, they're, they're definitely trying to take shit serious in this. And it's like, what the fuck? Birdemic is a masterpiece compared to this. And that's some of the worst shit I've ever seen on, on, on screen. The Time Machine. I found it a yard sale. 0.5 out of 10. I only give it 0.5 because, again, we don't give zeros on the show. This movie got made. It is, it was, it was actually viewed by me in my house. I will give him the credit that it got this far. How it got this far, I have no fucking idea. This is Dude. the worst possible, and this has to be a joke. This Dude. has to be a fucking don't joke that someone gave me this movie. Shut? Don't you see how I'm keeping my mouth shut this hoping that he gets be... all the bad movies now? Dude, <laughs> Jellybane801, I am sorry, dude. If this is something that you actually like, I am <laughs> it's totally... It's probably his film. <laughs> it is... Oh, man. It's... it's. I wouldn't even put you guys through the misery of watching this shit. That's how much I was despising thank, this movie. Thank God. I, it's I don't so want goddamn what? bad. The green, like, the green screen... Like, I've even seen better green screen than this. It was even bad green screen. <laughs> maybe fuck. it was made in their basement fuck me man the, have you ever seen um santa claus no not what is it called slaughter claus yeah <laughs> that that one has some shitty green screen oh yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah 0.5 out of 10 man that's um the tide tide for the i think that might be the lowest rating or the tie for the lowest rating i've ever given on this show my God, dude! You know what, man? Oh, is it God. worse than Howling Seven? It's way worse. But I, the Whoa. thing is, I can't go any lower. At least yeah. the Howling <laughs> Seven doesn't have like ridiculous attempts at effects and time travel. Like you can't make a, that type of movie with no, like literally no budget. This movie was made on a computer and a fucking twenty-five dollar camera. My favorite part of this review is your letterbox review. By the way, follow me on it, letterbox double shot J. Sloppy shark. <laughs> yep, that's your two word review. What happened if it is? Is what happened if it is his film? <laughs> Sloppy shark. It's true, man. Like this is like, you know, sometimes when you shard, it's like you know, you, you can still kind of maneuver and get through the day. I don't know why you want to do that with poop in your pants, but. But this is everywhere, man. It's so th- there's no redeemable shit at all. It's insane. Dude, it's th- 
Hey, there's a guy who gave it a three on Letterboxd. Jesus Christ. What the, what, like a three? Yeah, there's a guy who gave it a four. What the? Loses steam towards the end, but I think the way this is kind of slow cinema is interesting, I guess. <laughs> also, I guess it's a escapism, although in a different way. Loses steam star. at the end? It never had steam. <laughs> Another one. This thing I took was never traveled. I went up to the dealer and said, "My name is San Z. I'm here to buy 1,000 time machines covered in diamonds." What That's, the fuck does that mean? I don't know. Th- this guy gave it a two and a half. Get some pals, get some drinks, and have a blast. No, dude. You honestly, <laughs> no drinks, no drugs, no nothing makes the experience of watching this movie better. It is that fucking bad remember it's coming from me okay it's horrible horrible good lord what did i do to deserve this? there's a couple there is a lot of half stars that this guy says i feel like jeremy like fuck i got the shit got pushed onto me right now because this is like what the third or fourth this, review this, that i've this given guy, a dude, terrible this guy does a two-word review too cinematic diarrhea yeah, well, there you, <laughs> see half star See, he was on the same level as me. This guy, this guy says, "Min Nix, uh, half star." Is this even a real movie? Question <laughs> mark. Exactly. <laughs> this guy says, it "Half feels, star." It feels from like a Jurassic really bad Griffin. YouTube video. Garbage, complete garbage. No, 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 no. Do not watch this ever. Yeah. It, it oh wait, like here's it, a review from Andrew Schroyer. One of the best movies I've ever seen. Ten out of ten. <laughs> And his fucking, his brother's like, yeah, man, fucking nine out of ten. I back him up. (sighs) You know what? Austin doesn't. What? You always have his sigh whenever we talk shit about Andrew. No, it it literally was a completely different sigh. It was was just a sigh of being tired. But Austin has a lot different taste than Andrew. Andrew's retarded with his shit. Austin Austin's retarded with some stuff, but most of the stuff he's pretty normal. Well, that's good, dude. That movie sounds awful, dude. He Please. posted he posted his top ten films not too long ago, and Burial Grounds is on there, like top top ten worst films of all time. Yeah, he hated that, and I'm like, dude, Burial Grounds is like, yeah, we can all agree it's not a great movie, but entertainment value and rewatchability, it's there. That's not one of those films. I, I just can't believe that's one of the worst films that he's ever seen. It's crazy to me. Yeah, that's that blows my mind. I I, I do want to add top ten list to the Patreon, and top ten worst is one that I wanted to put on there. Well, I got a new candidate. <laughs> I'm not even that mean. I want to know if it's as worse as Beyond the Mississippi. That's the question. You know, I, I got to watch it one of these days. the Mississippi. Whatever. I got to watch it one of these days because I honestly don't think that anything's as bad as this. It's just ridiculous, man. I don't know. Beneath the Mississippi's pretty bad. You haven't seen any of the movies I've had to watch this past year, so. I don't know. Watch, I'm watch telling you, man. I've seen, a, I've seen a few. I've seen a couple. Well, I've seen that. I own that. But I've seen a it's couple horrible. films. I've seen a couple films that you've done. Some I haven't. But none. I, I don't of even them wish. I don't even wish this on my worst enemies to watch the Time Machine. I found at a fucking yard sale. <laughs> 
you know, the funniest thing about the movie, though, is what, like, when he goes into the future and <laughs> he finds this fucking spaceship and all of a sudden he can just fly the spaceship. Like, he's literally pressing buttons and he's like, yeah, he's reaching up here, pressing. He's like, I'm going to do this cortex and the diverse of the inner And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, dude, this guy doesn't know this shit. Come on. <laughs> Ridiculous. It's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. Even the ugly chick in the film, man, is looking at him going, Motherfucker, you don't know this shit. Shut up. Dude, I have a pretty good top ten worst, I bet. I, I def, I did I'm looking a, I did at mine a top right ten. Now. I did a top ten Tuesday on it, and this one, this film is definitely have to re, gonna, you know, definitely replacing one of those films for sure. But didn't you All watch right. that though? Because the Howling Seven topped out that shit. That's like I like that. I hate that movie more than anything in the world. That's like the worst shit I've ever. I don't mind the Howling Seven that much. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, you're spiting me on some weird fucking odd level or something i don't even know where this is going no i just didn't find it that painful to sit through it was just it was just a bad you mean movie. to tell me some shitty ass country western fucking music video for 85 minutes wasn't bad there's no narrative no, i said it was there's bad no narrative. it just was that bad to Dude, sit through we could have shot that film way better i didn't hate it it sucks but i didn't hate it like I hate Beneath the Mississippi. I'd never watch that again. Jeremy, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? Well, no, no, no. Hold up. Don't give that away because that might be that. Literally, probably will be a show. Have, have you not posted that yet? The top. No, we were waiting show? to catch up because I didn't want people it's probably to be like, the one I mentioned. Asking for more money when you haven't even done everything. It's probably the one I mentioned a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, well, we're catching up here, man. We're catching up. Two shows in February. We're good. Yeah, this was a huge catch-up right here. It is, it, it is, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. The one that I mentioned a few minutes ago. That's probably the worst movie All ever. All right. Is it my turn again? Uh, well, there's one left, so you guys have to do it. It yeah. is yours. All right. Well, it's me and yours. It is oh, Elizabeth yeah. Harvest from last year. Yeah. From Vinny gave it to me. I don't know who gave it to you. Vinny. 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 Okay. Vinny gave it to no, both of us. No. What the fuck? No. Muscle yes. dude. Muscle, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Muscle, dude. Excuse my... Fuck, I, every time uh, I look at this shit, it kills me, man. Rod Hemkins, Tyler, Aaron, Muscle, dude, Ethan Mitchell. <laughs> dude, Muscle, dude, is the shit. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so, Muscle, dude, gave us Elizabeth Harvest, which is a film that I actually didn't get to last year for the end of the year show, but just... Well, you know what, man? Alert. It came out in, in December, though. So like, yeah, really late. Yeah. Like right um, at the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I seen people, I seen it on lists actually. So I'm surprised that I didn't actually make myself watch it, but, um, I, spoiler alert, it would not have affected my list. I'll just tell you that right now. Well, for, I, I think for, well, at least for one obvious reason, Elizabeth Harvest is not a horror film. Not really. It's a sci-fi. Sci it's a sci-fi. It's a sci-fi movie. Straight elements. up, it has horror it, elements but because this is there's not a, a kit because there's kills. Yeah, and actually kind of vicious. But I mean, yeah. let's face it. This is straight up a sci-fi narrative yeah. with horror elements. So yeah, um, it, it, so it basically follows this girl named Elizabeth, and she is marrying this guy, and she you know, is living at his house. He seems all wealthy and stuff. 
And basically, she finds out a secret about him because she says he tells her not to go in this room in the basement. And she does. And she sees something. So then she's like, oh, fuck. And then he kills her. Yep. But then she didn't. She. But then there's another one of her. I don't think it's a big deal to spoil that. I feel like it's in the... You, well, I have to say, man, when I was watching the movie and, you know, it's playing up to that point, he's like, yeah, you know, this is my area. You do not go into this area. Well, when you tell somebody that stern not to go into an area, what the fuck do they do? They go okay, into... So, one, so I had one, a problem with that. I, so I was having so a problem I. with this. By the end of the movie, it, I thought back problem, on it. Another problem? Yeah. Why even have it there? Exactly. Like, there's, there's definitely... Why not put a fucking hidden... Why not put a fucking wall there that opens up or something you know yeah you're rich enough to have this fucking lab well that's the thing this guy's like a multi-billionaire genius and he doesn't have the technology to keep his fucking specimen out the fucking room what yeah yeah so it even says it in the synopsis that it's about cloning so i don't feel bad for giving that away well no no Uh, it literally does yeah i think that's yeah so uh basically he's cloning her over and over again. And the only explanation I have for why he's doing that is that he wants to kill her over and over again, which I believe they do allude to in the film. Um, well, th- there is there is a whole fucking monologue in the film to why he wanted to create her. I mean, there, there's definitely different underlies of why he's doing this. He does state one thing about his marriage. And he also... Well, it's not stated, but the way I perceived it is that this guy is literally wanting to play God because he's a fucking narcissist, right? This guy is crazy. Nar- and it kind of it kind of leads into where the twist goes, too, right? Yeah. If, if you put that into perspective about him being this narcissist God kind of player, kind of wannabe dude, um, the twist in the film is actually quite interesting if you if you put in that lines there and... I kind of like that. I thought it was kind of interesting. Caught me off guard for sure. I don't know if you saw that coming, but um, you saw it as he wanted to kill her off, like just as like a, yeah. He just he like he wasn't hiding it because he was cool with her finding it and then killing her and then bringing her back again. It was kind of his thing because he he did, you know. Well, he wasn't necessarily bringing her back. Yeah, so he definitely did that. But he already had he had like four or five of them on the go anyways. So yeah, when he had what, more clones, he, he's not necessarily bringing her back. He just has other vert. Exactly. Other so once he would of- kill one off, another one would grow to the point. I mean, there was a point, you know, of trying to, um, it, it, it's essentially one of those kind of fountain of youth type stories, you know, eternity type stories. It's kind of falling into that area where he's trying to create the perfect being, in a sense, yeah. by playing God. Yeah, I didn't love it, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. It was a little like it was a little too long for my liking. Uh, maybe it's just because I didn't care that much. It was already from last year. I. Like I, I always have the biggest problem with wanting to watch movies from the last year that we did, mm-hmm. um, because if I didn't get to it, it's just I, I just there's no it feels like it's, there's no point to check it out right now. It's like I need a few years to go by before I start looking at the films that I missed. Yeah. 
I, I thought the casting was great, man. I thought that. Uh, oh yeah, she's from Neon Demon, my number two of 2016. Oh, Abby um, Lee, yeah, Abby Lee's fucking. Yeah. She's sexy, man. But um, I mean, to be honest, man, uh, Carlo Gu- uh, Guano, she's still like to me one of the sexiest women alive. Like she is so fucking goddamn hot. I love her. And to see her in this film, I was like, damn, dude, amazing. I wish she was in a little bit more, but, you know, she's in there enough. She was in, of course, Gerald's Game from last year, if you guys aren't familiar with who she is. Um, she's done a ton Three, of movies. She, what's that? Two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's been in a ton of movies. She's been in a ton of TV and shit. She was in California. She's just a beautiful late 40s. Like, she fucking is so so damn mm-hmm. sexy. So And again, in this film, showing her ass and shit, you know? Because she's so damn sexy. Um, so that was really cool, man. But I, honestly, man, I really liked... I liked the twist in the film. I thought it was kind of fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty pretty neat little sci-fi flick, cloning flick. I like those. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a seven. It's, it's open for interpretation of exactly what his true ambitions were with what he was doing. But I think it's, I think it's a play on narcissism, really. You know, this guy just had the ability to do that because he was so fucking smart. And, I mean, why else would you create multiple, multiple clones, kill them off? And I understand that he was trying to perfect the clones, yeah. too. Well, at first, it wasn't really working where it didn't have any memory. It would yeah. just, like, keep which, saying which it would I forget thought, what it did. I, th- I personally thought that was actually one of the coolest things about the film is how they incorporated the memories into Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. You know, because... Just think of the possibilities. You could create something from anything out of your creative mind. You just you could basically slip it in there. Mm-hmm. Kind of fucking cool. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I liked it. I really enjoyed the film a lot, actually. To be honest, um, I give it an eight, eight out of ten. There was I did definitely had a little bit of problems with it. But nothing too major. But I thought it was uh, a pretty damn good sci-fi film. Definitely not a horror film. Definitely worth checking out. I am going to pick this up, though. It's released by IFC slash Screen Factory. It's not an IFC Midnight, though. It's not? Nope. It's it does just... not say IFC Midnight on the spine. Does it say Screen Factory? Yes. Oh. Weird. It oh. is an IFC oh, Midnight. Oh, okay. So it's one of the... It's one it doesn't of the... say IFC Midnight. Oh, shit. Because it was... Yeah, the way I saw it, it was dubbed as a ifc midnight but okay whatever but it's worthy i i thought it was pretty damn cool and yeah i gave it a seven i liked it i didn't like it that much but yeah i just i i thought like the you know the house of you know the location of the use and the cryogenic chambers and shit that they had and that whole shit like it was there were some pretty brutal parts when he kills her for the first time i was like holy fuck dude like, I had one of those yeah. moments I was like, God damn, dude, that was vicious. You know what's funny? Vicious. I thought it was a clone film before I even knew anything about it, just based on the title and the cover. You know what, dude? I had no idea because I watched the movie without even reading a synopsis or anything. I had no, no idea no. what to expect. I didn't, I didn't read the synopsis. I'm oh. saying just from the cover and the title of the movie. Elizabeth Harvest. You know, remi- like, Harvest reminded me of, like, harvesting bodies or something. Like, and it rem- I just thought of, like, cloning I honestly thought it was going to be like some type of weird children of the corn shit. I don't know. Har- I, when I think of harvest, I think of like corn and. It was just the way her har- body was on the table. It looked like not human or something. Yeah. But, but all in yeah. all, good film. I'm glad that uh, that we that muscle man, muscle dude, 
<laughs> pick that for us because it was fucking. It was cool. It was cool. You know, yeah. and you know, again, it, it wouldn't do anything. I know that he said it was like his favorite film from last year, but that's cool. That is totally. Somebody cool. pick Suspiria for moods next month because I'm curious since he missed it. I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I got the, I got PM'd on that one. It's like, is it? They asked me, is it cool that we pick Suspiria? And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. I oh, really? That. Somebody already asked that. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, that's cool. I well, because they were wondering if they could do, you know, do it this month, and I said, well, it's kind of late. It has to be done next month. So yeah. But uh, yeah, that kind of forces me to pick it up. I'm pretty sure I don't want to pay the price it's at right now, <laughs> but uh, that sucks. But I am looking for. What's forward the to point of me sending the message if they just fucking message you? What do you mean? We still have to send the message. Relax. I mean, I, I no, Relax, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying, JP. I'm saying I send the message. Why don't they send the message to the Patreon? Why are they asking moods? Because they, they wanted to ask if him directly a question. But they clearly didn't pick a movie for this month. Well, so they, they probably just... they might not be pa- Patreon members or something yet, and they're like, "Hey, I was thinking yeah. about this." Yeah, no, he asked me if I'd watched the movie yet, and he was just curious on it. And then he's like, "Is it?" He literally says, "Is it all right if I Patreon the pick for you this month?" And I said, "Yeah, that's cool, but it's gonna have well, to be reviewed next month." Well, he can't because there's no more spots. That's so... what I, I already told him. Then I said, "No, it, it, that's fine. You can do it, but you can put it in the Patreon, but it'll be reviewed in March." He's like, no, I'm saying if he's not a Patreon member, he's not going to get the spot because there's no spots open. I don't know. I just stop complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying if he says if he says I'm going to Patreon it and he's not a Patreon, he can't. I'm saying I'm saying why why are you asking why people are messaging moods when you send a message? Because that's a douchey thing to say. It bothers moods. Then it bothers you moods when people ask you stuff. No, he's, he, he's some, the last show. Honestly, he is somebody that never ever messages me. I've talked to him before in the past, but he doesn't doesn't bother me at all. So I'm cool with that. Jeremy. Oh, I have to do another one. It's your last one. You don't have to. If you want to be uneven and cause mids as OCD to go through the roof. <laughs> It's already fucked up because I forgot about the we had a dual one. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about the prodigy. That's fine. I just want to complain about these motherfuckers on the Facebook page with the prodigy, fucking assuming what this movie is before they even watch it. That shit pissed me the fuck off last week, bro. Like people are saying, like, oh, I know it's going to be bad because it's going to be a possession, a, another possession kid film and it's like it's not even a fucking possession film and you're already fucking well, it, it is a possession film it's just a different kind of possession yeah but they're they're going in like it's going to be a, a generic possession film but it's not yeah, like they're that. thinking like demonic possession like a like an evil killer it, kid yeah they're but making dude, up but dude these people might be like 15 years old and that's just how they talk. no it's it's luke and luke is clearly not 15 years old so, yeah, well, he's kind of retarded, though, man. Have you seen some of the posts lately? Like, dude, come on, you can't take that guy serious. I don't. Even, I I thought for the longest time he was like an act. He was a troll. Really? Like, yeah, because he would he he'd always post these, you know, kind of left wing fucking. I don't know, man. He always had these straight up odd views on shit, and I was like, what is this guy for real? But he's really not that bad. But you know, yeah. sometimes people just. That's what they do. Anyway, that's just what I don't think anybody's that bad. The only the one dude, uh, that Michael dude or whatever, 
man, that fucking dude types up a storm whenever you say something. I never even read it half the time. It oh, is like that the guy who said something about let the right one in? Yeah. That, are you talking that, about Jay, are you talking about Jason Price? Jason, that Jason. Jason. He wrote yeah, that guy. Well, he, somebody, I, dude, I click on his message and yeah. it's a fucking par- it's dude. it's a fucking novel and I'm like yeah. I'm not dude, reading that. And I'm, I just I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. So this went on in that in that thread and he he had basically posted about four or five Stephen King novels worth of comments. <laughs> and so somebody commented underneath there like what did they say to like so uh are you gonna wh- when's your next novel coming out or some shit and i was like Bleh. dude i i, I so don't want to be a dick but i literally stop reading about like three sentences in i scroll down and see how long it is and i'm like nope and then i just go down and comment something yeah and just hope it's relevant He's insanely <laughs> passionate if you bring up list that guy will go off on a fucking like just every emotion in his body put into that comment man i'm like holy well, he gets, shit he gets there. almost like offended where he's like you guys are big shots and i'm well, not gonna stand i'm well, not dude, i'm not you, gonna be like everybody fucking, else you I'm totally offended you. him you're like i see like you're one of those guys that just uh goes against oh, I, the dude, grain I totally basically what you said so hard on yeah. purpose because i knew he was gonna freak i was like i was like uh you seem like one of those guys who um you know <laughs> the movie's too cool for you or something yeah yeah you went you you, you did the against the grain comment and he just fucking yeah. he's kind of lost he seems <laughs> so upset about oh three chainsaw like he he must really hate that movie you like do realize, he's like genuinely mad that i like it that you much. do realize that's about the fourth or fifth time that's been brought up right i know oh three chainsaw yeah. is fucking threads. amazing yeah. And even if it's not amazing, it made list because of other factors, like but, it's fucking power in the remake genre. But again, going back to which we don't have to do, and I'm not going to sit here and defend our top hundred list. It's not a best. It's a it's a list based off our criteria. Yeah. People are still getting this twisted. They're like, "How the fuck is this one of the it's best not movies?" It's not purely ranked by quality. No, it's not. Yeah, there, well, there, it's greatest. Greatest means a lot of things, and my my explanation for it was when you talk about rappers, who's the goat? Who's the best baseball player ever? It doesn't just well. All you have to do is look at stats. Well, who has the most home runs? They're the best. No, it has to do with more than that. Yeah. Who was clutch in key moments? Who had you know uh, done well on bad teams? You know stuff like that. It all factor. It's when you're talking greatest, it's more than just pure statistical which is the best yeah. when you're talking when you're talking music and shit and people are like oh well that guy had like eight platinum records i'm like sales don't mean that you're great it means that you fucking sold it means that you were popular doesn't mean that you're good you know there, there's like a totally different thing there um yeah well there's a lot that factors into it like i would when i'm talking go i would factor in how well they did commercially because that that matters to me when I say greatest. Well, it, it's funny, man. It's funny because I was listening to uh, Take It Personal the other day, and actually, I even messaged Phil a Flavor about this too, and I was like, "Dude, what the fuck, man?" So I'm listening to the show, and they literally were doing the year end show, and they they were talking about, well, you know, we're doing the year end show, and blah blah blah, and led into you know, oh no, they were talking about the Baseball Hall of Fame, and like it got me thinking. If you were to compile some MCs and groups and stuff that would be in the actual hip hop hall of fame, like how would you break it down? Like what qualifies for somebody to actually make the hall of fame? Because 
let's face it, some guys that get into the Hall of Fame in sports, you're kind of questioning sometimes. You're like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't really well, make sense, Well, that's because right? they – they make it to where like they have to have a minimum amount of guys every year or else like they don't have enough people and it won't yeah. sell as well yeah. or whatever. But so, so anyways, yeah. they, they got talking about this and, and people were kind of breaking down their criteria for like, well, this person should be in there because of this and, and this and that. And someone's like, no man, you know, like somebody they named off a couple names, like DOC fucking too short. And, and as soon as two shorts name got brought up, someone said, fuck that. He should not be in the hall of fame. And I was like, and I was like, what? I was like, are you fucking kidding me, man? I'm like, okay, just because you don't like him doesn't mean he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because in my, like, I'm a huge fucking fan, but what he has done, he is the guy that invented the word bitch that everybody uses. He put Oakland on the map. You have to remember this. He's also the first West Coast rapper. He also had, uh, what was it, seven, eight consecutive gold and platinum records in a row without radio play. Never had a song on the fucking radio, and he sold that many records. Isn't that fucked up? See, so that's what no you're doing commercial right there. play. You're breaking down reasons why yeah. somebody deserves it yeah. in different things, different categories. Exactly. Like, and, but when some they person said, might not be, might not have gold, a streak of eight gold and platinum records in a row, but maybe they have like some of the best wordplay of all time or yeah. something. You know what I mean? So dude, that person might, should be considered dude, based I'm, on other I'm factors. I'm a massive, massive short dog fan, and he is not the greatest rapper in the world. He has style. He has charisma. He sold it. But the the craziest thing about him, though, not only that he put the whole West Coast on the map, is the fact that he sold that many records without any airplay. Like, no commercial singles, nothing. He sold millions and millions and millions of records without any airplay. So he's like insane clown posse then. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, in a sense, <laughs> right? But like, it's fucking insane. And the, but just to go, no, he's not making the fucking Hall of Fame. Just blew my shitter out, dude. I was like, what? You're not. You're not. You have to factor in some other things here. God, there's <clears> guys <throat> that are so much better at emceeing. We know this, but they had shit careers. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. Fuck that. You ask anybody from that this whole side, like everybody, would be like, no. Definitely Hall of Famer. That's insane. So, and now we're gonna take a break from disposable arts. Back to twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have that card. I go on forever. I just was blown. Anyways, so the point is, I, I, you know, messaged Phil. I was like, dude, what the fuck, man? Seriously, he's like, yeah, but it wasn't him that said it. it was somebody else on the show, and he's like, yeah, I kind of, you know, didn't really say much there. So didn't want to start a fucking twenty-minute argument, but I get it. I get it. So the prodigy, you thought that it was annoying that people were prejudging what the actual film was. Yeah, and I, I understand it because it is marketed as just. I thought going in, it was just going to be a killer kid film. It's not though. It's a lot different than just a killer kid film. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it's not even a killer kid. I mean, it's a little bit of a killer kid film, but it's like there's a lot of stuff going on. It's a it's a human child's play kind of scenario. That's what I said. I in. said that. I said that. It's more reminiscent of Child's Play than, say, The Omen yeah. or something you know, like that. It's very similar with Child's Play, actually, which yeah. is kind of interesting. But I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it, too. It was well made. It's well done. The kid does a, a pretty good job. Uh, there's one part that I know Mood's going to just crack up laughing at. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, the best mainstream film from this year so far two months in so yeah it's it, currently at my number one spot of 2019 
it bombed, made no money, which I expected, like most Orion films do, but it's probably one of the better ones that they've released so far since they've relaunched the brand. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, there's some... I didn't really like the end. I wasn't a huge fan of the ending, but... See, I did like the end. Yeah, but besides that, it's like a pretty well-made, good movie, so... My, I gave it a seven and a half. It's pretty good. I think most people's complaint that I saw was that the rules, they never really established like how that happened, why it happened, how it works. So, yeah, I guess I could see that. But I didn't really have a problem with that. I just was like, fuck it. It just works in this world of the film. You know, it's just that's just like part of this, the world they live in. Yeah. I gave it a eight, um, eight. Yeah. yeah so it's better yeah. than happy death day to my shitty well dog i gave happy that. death day to a five and a half so is yes. that what you gave it yeah wow what yeah. about you jeremy i um, gave the first one a seven so jeremy gave this one a seven i gave the first one a seven what? And this one a five and a half wow you guys are really wow so you actually really like the second one jeremy seven is i mean high it's, for you. it's it's pretty good, yeah. It's not really that much of a horror film. No. Is it straight up comedy or what? No, it's, it's like sci fi comedy, yeah. drama, yeah. romance. Yeah. One of the most infuriating things about Happy Death Day to You is that the character of Tree is written so poorly in this one when she was actually likable in the first one. She makes the dumbest fucking decisions. Like, I understand the message, true love conquers all. But, dude, this is somebody you've known for how, a, a couple days? You know, maybe a week in your head, but, you know, versus someone who is one of the most important human beings on the planet. Come on, man. Yeah. Hmm. But, and there was an easy solution, but they... Oh, that part's more yeah. infuriating yeah. to me. Yeah. Huge plot hole. Yeah. You could have had both. Yep, yep, but they just have this throwaway scene that doesn't go anywhere for some stupid reason. I don't know. I might go and waste fucking ninety minutes tomorrow and just go watch it by myself. Well, you're probably gonna hate it, so <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, whatever. Maybe Dylan. I don't know. We'll see if Dylan's available. We'll go fucking. Watch it, watch it, and fucking throw popcorn at people or something. I don't know. Just act <laughs> obnoxious for no reason. But I don't know. I just don't get. To, if there's something playing in the in the cinema that I, you know, I don't need to see, but I, you know, I probably should. I just at don't this get the point, movies like you guys do. Man. Everything. That's the thing, man. Like I just don't get all the films you guys do. So if there's a horror film in there, I'm like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> you know. I just, I don't, I'm not blessed like you guys, so it sucks. I just like going to the movies. <laughs> I wish I could, man. If if I had your abilities, man, oh my God, I would be broke. I'd be there all the time. I love <laughs> yeah. watching movies in cinemas. It's like amazing me to me. That's why I go to every horror film now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pretty much do here. You know, it's just, it's half as many as you guys go to because you get so many more. So it sucks. It's so interesting. I think back and it's like, one of my favorite experiences of the past like three years that I've been going to everything was fucking Annabelle too, man. So fucking fun and scary. Hmm. 
No comment. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like light years apart on that shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't even really. have an opinion on it, so. But that is going to conclude uh, what we watched, the dub-dub portion. Jeremy, why don't you take us out of here? Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 154 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. So if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods616. So you can follow the man JP on his channel at youtube.com slash doubleshotj. Follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash nesruler22. If you have any questions, you can leave us a voicemail, but please don't leave us 50 messages, 724-426-6665. can leave us an email at 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. It's 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast. And join us on the Facebook page, facebook.com. Search bar 22shotsofmoodsandhorrorpodcast. Please join the Discord link down below. And please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22ShotsPodcast. So that should do it, everybody, for episode 154 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week with a Sonny Sono, whatever the hell his first name is, trio retrospective. Siam from, Sono. From Mr. Sam Edwards. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm.